In 2012, a group of leftovers decided they should make a podcast with the hopes that someone would listen to their stupid conversations with one another. These men promptly started a podcast, and to no one's surprise, it's absolute shit. Today, not wanted by anyone, they survive as podcasters of mediocrity. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the leftovers. Episode 77. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's, it's, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, it's Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. <laughs> <laughs> And Jake's not here, but I am the leftover. <laughs> Stop! Hammer time! Oh, come on. You can give me better than that, my man. I know you can, dude. I need to, like, practice in front of a mirror or something. The practice in front of a mirror? Like, stop! Hammer time! <laughs> or should it be like a... It's hammer time. <laughs> oh, dude, that's swap. That's like that's like if James Bond was like uh, that's like Frank uh, slash hybrid of James Bond. Oh, there's no suave to me, man. Hammer time, I'm- shaken, not stirred. <laughs> you know what I mean? The name's Hammer, and then you Frank like Hammer. Yeah, exactly. Then you you try to toss your hat onto like a coat rack, and it fucking falls. Or not only does it fall, but it trips up the waitress bringing out the glass of drinks, and she trips and spills the whole fucking thing on a group of people. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Nobody gets a martini that day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all fucking shaking. It's shaking. <laughs> Did you like yours with glass? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man. I feel sorry for her. 
Yeah. She's just doing her job, you know what I mean? And I'm the ass that was all being yeah. all cool and Trying shit. Trying to be all suave and shit. You fucked it up. Oh, fuck yeah. That's the story of my life, man. Tell me some <laughs> stories where you fucked shit up, dude. Are you oh, trying to be God. all suave and shit and you fucked it up? Uh, like the first one that comes to my mind, um, not long after the I got my divorce from my first marriage. Yeah. My cousin and I were at uh, Hooters. In Peoria. Okay, this makes sense. And I got a... Nothing out of the ordinary here. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> shit. It's all about tits and balls. Uh, the Hooters, I the hope Hooters. not. <laughs> what, what, what Hooters well, are you tits. going to? There's the tits. Yeah, but I haven't seen any balls oh, or well, Adam's apples well, on these women. Oh, fuck. No, yeah, that'd be good. I'm sorry if any of our listeners out there are like Hooters girls, you know? They're like, oh. what are they doing? Are they doing the tuck? The, 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 the uh, Ooh, duck take no. tuck? No, I've never seen anybody at our Hooters. Hooters that's suspect. Right. But right. Um, welcome to the first and only transgender Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> Hooters. Okay, Who so me? you you and your cousin, you're at Hooters. Yeah, and I got a tattoo on my arm mm-hmm. and it, it's of a hammer like Mjolnir. Right. And um a hammer like Mjolnir or is it is it Mjolnir? It's not Mjolnir, it's just okay. you know, like the same kind of design. Okay, gotcha. Um and I we were talking to the waitress that came and sat down with us and stuff, and we got to, on the topic of tattoos. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking I'm all, like, you know, cool and shit. And you know what she's thinking? Oh, God. These fuckers <laughs> better give me a good tip. Yeah, That's no all shit. she's thinking. Oh, well, the, the, I think this is probably better than any tip we could have given her. I, uh, I'm <laughs> sitting there. Don't work at Hooters. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, uh, I was wearing a – it was, like, wintertime or something, and I was yeah. wearing a sweater. You know, the right way mm-hmm. with the, my arms in the armhole. Right. <laughs> Not like I tried to wear the hoodie. <laughs> right. But uh, It's laundry night, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to roll up yeah, my Yeah, Frank walks into Hooters. <laughs> and the girls are like, oh, it must be laundry night, Hammer. <laughs> you just put the food in my pouch. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, <laughs> Frank's like, got a spoon in the pouch. <laughs> Eating out of like it's a fucking trough. Oh my god! This went south so fast. It's Fifty cent wings, right, ladies? Holy shit! Fill up the hoodie. Fill it up. So anyway, I'm trying to roll up my sleeve. To Later show- on that night, I'm getting a blowjob, and it smells like a <laughs> bucket of wings. And next thing you know, there's a trip to the ER. Obviously, so. you've never seen me at my finest because if you think I'm ever getting laid after any of these stories, you're fucking nuts. Oh man, okay. <laughs> you got you to get laid beforehand. That way, they don't hold it against you. Hold after. on, now is 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 your intent to go to Hooters to pick up on these ladies? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. We were, but like we were just eating lunch. Or- okay, I didn't know. You know, like after a guy gets a divorce, you know, like a lot of guys are just like, dude, I got to find myself a slump buster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Just to get your confidence back. Yeah, I ha- I had that, but I wouldn't. I would. I would have never looked for her at Hooters. Okay. I mean, that's a, okay. that's a bit out of my league, man. Oh, okay. Okay. So- we'll talk about. We'll talk about that. Are strippers out of your league? Uh. Well. My wallet's pretty fat, so probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, so like we're there and I got this sweater on. We get to talk about tattoos and shit. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, I got this one. I started describing it to her. She's like, oh, cool. Let me see. So instead of doing the smart thing and pulling my arm out of the sleeve from the inside, right. I try to roll up my fucking sleeve from the outside and my hands slip. Where's this tattoo? Where's this tattoo? It's located? on my right arm on the, on my upper part, like the bicep. Okay, so you're trying to roll your sleeve all the way up to that. Yeah, but it's a really loose fit and sweater, so I thought I could do it, but yeah. I mean, 
you know, the girl was cute and we started talking about tattoos and you know where my mind's heading. So I'm like, okay, well, I wasn't thinking when I started this process, you know, and about halfway up my bicep, it starts getting pretty tight. And I start pulling really hard, and my finger slips off the fucking sweater. Yeah. And I literally punch myself in the fucking mouth. Oh, man. <laughs> right in front of this chick. I mean, I hit myself so hard, I fucking cut my lip open. Oh, my God. So you're bleeding? Yeah. <laughs> yep, I fucking punched myself in the face. Wow. <laughs> you know, my cousin said that uh, it was like a poor man's Ed Norton from Fight Club. Oh, God. <laughs> Kicked my own ass. <laughs> oh, man. Hammer time to the face. <laughs> yep. did, did she ever see the... Did, did, after that, were you just like... I fucking gave up. <laughs> you were just like, you know what? Fuck it. You don't need to see this. Pretty, yep. Just give me my goddamn wings. I was so fucking embarrassed, right. man. I didn't even do like what I should have the first time and pulled it out from the inside. I'm just did, like, nope. <laughs> did she get a good tip? Oh, I'm sure. I always tip real good. Oh, nice. 20%? Are you a 20% you know, guy? I, I never really go off of like a percentage. Mm-hmm. I mean, every once in a while I'll calculate it just to see where I'm at. And I'm always tipping higher. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm around like the 25% range. Yeah. The, uh, actually one of the first real fancy dates, uh, my wife, uh, me and Kelly went on, right. uh, was to a place in Peoria Heights called Noir. Yeah. And it's a tapas restaurant. Okay. And I went in and I expected this place. I mean, you said you know, tapas. You didn't say topless restaurant. Tapas. Okay. Yeah, no L. No okay. L in there. All right. I didn't know. <laughs> Frank's like, I got to show this tattoo. I'm, fuck it. I'm just not wearing a sweater. I'm just going in topless. Right. Got, the, got this new got, lady I'm trying to court here. not going to be punching myself in the face tonight. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Might want to try to suck in the gut and flex a little bit yeah, on the way to the door. There you go. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I go in and it's a real nice place, right? And uh, for those that don't know, tapas is, I think it's like a Brazilian type where they bring you like a uh dish you yeah. know and it, it's all a bunch of small dishes and it's really just like a bunch of samples that's good that they give you you know a dish just to like slapping it down on the table well no i mean it's not like a whole meal you know like you don't order the steak with this side and that side you literally right. have this menu and you're like constantly ordering off it oh right. bring me this and this and this yeah you know all real little and it's real interesting stuff like little cornbread cakes and stuff or what yeah. have you Anyway, I mean, this place is real fancy, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm expecting to drop a hundred bucks on dinner. Yeah. And I don't know what. I mean, the dude was real nice to server. Yeah. Uh, and when he brought the bill, uh, it was sixty bucks. So I went ahead and fucking paid the whole hundred that I was planning on spending. So right. I got a forty dollar tip. Yeah. Because I mean, to me, it was fucking worth it. Right. It was awesome. It was a good time. Have you gone so. back? You no, know, that's and, probably a smart thing because, like, that night you set a precedent with that guy. You know what I mean? Oh, like, sure. He sees you. He's like, "Oh fuck, this is the this is the high roller, right?" And but like, it'd be some AAA fucking service. Yeah. But now and I know what you're meaning, though. Like, because now I know how much it costs, and I will go and be like, "Well, I don't really have the hundred this time." Right. It would just progressively get worse. Have you ever been to do a? Uh, it's called that Texas Day Brazil. Mm-mm. Dude, fucking amazing. What's that? Dude, Texas Day Brazil is like, uh, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's a restaurant that you go to. And what they do is, uh, it's all like steaks and shit. And they bring them out on like these long kebabs. Ooh. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and like you've got this, it's kind of like, uh, as soon as you put up like, I don't, I I forget what it is. It's like a, a red, like a red thing means stop and a green means go. Oh, like a stone or something. Uh, kind of like that or like, have you ever been to like a Bubba Gump's? 
where it's like they've got it where you can flip it and it says like uh, run forest run or stop forest stop. <laughs> no, but and as soon as it's run forest run, they'll come over and start bringing you food and shit. I, I've been at the type before where I mean it's all sorts of different food and you have a stone and they go through like a whole menu and then right. it rolls back over and starts from the beginning. Yeah, and like if you want food, you hold the stone out in front of you. If you don't, you hold it back because certain things you might not want. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was up in Chicago, but I didn't know what they called it. Okay, this is a Texas Day Brazil, and you put something out there, and then they come out and they start bringing you shit. And like I, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like and the people that I went with, they had been there before, and they were telling me, dude, once you put this thing out there, once it starts, they get the ball rolling, dude, and it's right. insane because mm-hmm. like they'll come out with their like filet mignon, Ooh. you know what I mean? And yeah. you get the filet mignon. They got the chicken. The chicken, you know, if I'm going to a steak place, I want steak, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like they come out there and they're like, uh, would you like the, the filet? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So they slap filet on there. They got like a salad bar that you can go to first and get all that crap out of the way. Yeah. Who's going to eat a, I don't fucking fill up on salad and shit. I don't know if they're all like this, but the, um, oh, fuck, Alexander's in Peoria. Mm-hmm. Now their salad bar is the fucking shit. I mean, it, they got great fucking steaks, but I I go there just for the salad bar. It's good stuff, right? I mean, I, that that you wouldn't think so, and I'm not really a salad guy, but it's a good one. Do there. you fill up on the rolls, or do you feel like the rolls are just like, uh, yeah, they, you know how everything the rolls are free most places you go, and they just start filling you up with rolls. Yeah, I say the rolls are a joke. So get the fucking rolls out of my fucking face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bring me the beef. Bring me the beef. <laughs> I, I want to fill up on that, dude. I don't want to spend. You know, if I'm going to spend sixty bucks on a meal, yeah, I'm not. I'm not spending sixty bucks on a fucking you know a bunch of bread and shit. You know, right? I guess it kind of depends on where you go because there's a uh, motherfucker. There's a place in East Peoria, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Yeah. That uh, the rolls there are really good. They're, like, real buttery and soft, and they're hot when they come out. Yeah. And that's not so bad because, I mean, it's a treat for your mouth. Right. And I don't think it affects the size of the steak I get. The rolls are real big, but they're real airy. Yeah. You know, so, like, when you bite it so soft on the inside, it's not right. really all that filling. Yeah. So you have, like, two of those, and you didn't really put that much on your stomach. But I feel but like the rolls good. and, like, stuff like rice, it just expands in your stomach. Yeah. To the point where it's like, man, I, I really want to finish this steak, especially if you're eating seafood. Have you ever tried to eat leftover seafood? No. Oh, my God. If you try to eat, like, seafood the next day, it tastes like garbage. Right. It's disgusting. Yeah. Like, shrimp the next day or anything. Like, ooh, tilapia or, you know what I mean? Ew, it's yeah. disgusting the next day. You got to eat it fresh. See, I can handle shrimp fresh, uh, but, like, I'm not, like, a big lobster guy or anything like that. I'll Neither do some crab meat, though. Really? That's some good stuff. Yeah. I can't do – I'm not a big uh, – I like shrimp and tilapia and stuff like that. I'm – not a huge fish guy. Yeah. I, not I don't never been into lobster. It's not really that uh, I'm allergic to it. I it, some of it for whatever reason if you eat it like makes yeah. my stomach go into knots. Well, and like they bring it out to you and it's almost like lobster just doesn't want to be eaten. You know what I mean? It's got like <laughs> right. it's like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like its whole purpose for its body is like, "Hey, don't fucking eat me." <laughs> Exactly. You know what I mean? You right. gotta get like this fucking the outer shell. Yeah, the outer shell, like this nutcracker. You gotta crack your way through it. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking work. Yeah, I mean that whole lobster bodies are just saying fuck you, leave me alone. I don't want to be eaten. They've even got claws. Yes, claws might as well. It's the equivalent of a middle finger coming from a crab or a lobster. 
Mm-hmm. It's just like, fucking don't try to eat me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And you know what? I have a problem with this. I do. Like, I love animals. You know, it's it's not like I'd have a pet lobster or something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, here comes that crazy guy with, like, his pet lobsters. I got him on a leash and I'm walking him on. You know what right. I mean? Right. No, but I know. I, I love animals. They cook the things in boiling water while they're still alive. Right. Do you remember um, One Crazy Summer, I think it is? It's an old uh, Cusack movie. From the mm. 80s. I think Bobcat Goldthwaite and Demi Moore are in it. Really? No, I don't remember yeah, this one. Yeah, and the bad guy, like the dude's dad, uh, cooks a lobster in a pot of boiling water. Yeah. And he put a stethoscope in it and then put the lobster in tail first. Yeah. So he could hear it scream. Oh, that's sickening. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I remember seeing that as a kid. Yeah. And, you know, ever since, like, every time I go to the fucking store and you walk past the tank, because every fucking one's got them. Right. And uh, and you always feel bad for them. But I'm kind of wondering, like, who in the fucking podunk 10,000 population Washington, Illinois, is coming by and buying these fuckers out of this tank? Yeah. Who's got that kind of fucking money around here? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Take home a lobster. Right. You know, uh, Edward Furlong, remember him from Terminator yeah. 2? The kid, and he, mm-hmm. he grew up, and now he's like a big animal rights activist. Okay. Okay? I believe in animal welfare, but, like, activists can kind of be a little crazy. You know what I mean? They can yeah. do some crazy shit. You know, stuff like throwing the blood on the fur coats and stuff uh, like that. yeah. Taking a little bit too far, you know? Right. But, like, what he did is, like, I think he went to, like, a, like a, I don't know, like a, like a market. You know what I mean? And they had like the like the lobster on display, the live ones in the aquarium and shit. You know, and you yeah. could pick out which one. Oh, that's the one I want to murder tonight. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. It's kind of fucked up, right? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so he went there, and what he did was he freed the lobsters. Freed the lobsters. Yeah, dude, he got kicked out of the place and shit. I think he got like arrested, and shit. Holy shit! For freeing the lobsters. I don't know, like, with the whole situation. Like, if he, I don't know, but he, like, he didn't like buy them and then like go back and throw them in the ocean or something. He Holy just like shit. freed the lobsters. Like, what is that gonna do? What is that gonna do? They're just walking around the fucking store at this point, <laughs> right? Like, you know, I think that's worse. I'm open land. Did he? Did he? Okay, so did he just let them loose, or did he bother to cut the tape off of their claws so they could use them? <laughs> Does it matter? I mean, they're they're walking basically around like the the aisles. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like they're in the natural habitat, you know. First thing you take them out, they're listening to that horrible Muzak shit. Or like, oh, you know what I mean? Elevator and shit. Like, you know, this is not like their natural habitat. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. When, like, there needs to be a movie. Some brilliant producer out there needs to put all these super crazy motherfuckers in it. You get Edward Furlong. Yeah. And Shia LaBeouf. And, yeah. um, oh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I'm trying to remember her name. The blonde chick that went nuts. Ah, oh, shit. Britney Spears? Well, no, she, she kind of regained her sanity. This, uh, this, oh, <laughs> talking about fuck. one that's still crazy. Yes. God damn it. I can't remember who it is. What's now. she in, Jen? Uh, what's she, she famous for? She was in the remake of Hairspray. Amanda Bynes. Amanda, Amanda Bynes? Bynes. I don't know too much about her, but yeah, talk to me. She fucking lost her shit, man. What on for? Twitter. Oh, I, I like, they actually checked her into like, a hospital for mental health yeah uh because she was tweeting i mean it was her verified account and everything right. she was tweeting drake like murder my vagina yeah that's no joke she really did she, tr- she no she, okay so she tweeted that drake had murdered no she was wanting him to murder 
her oh, vagina. Like oh. she was telling him on Twitter, at Drake, murder my vagina. What possessed her to do that? I have no idea. I mean, hers is deeper than any kind of like substance abuse, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think once you're saying murder my vagina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, she was making comments after she was having her, uh, like, third, I think, nose surgery. Right. Plastic surgery done about how ugly people aren't worth her time. Like, she only talks to you if she thinks you're pretty and stuff. Yeah, it was bad. So, yeah, like, that leads to, I want you to mutilate my vagina. Is that what it came down to? Or, like, did she want him to, like, murder her vagina with, like, with his penis? I don't know. With his penis. Okay. Yeah, because she was, like, tweeting at him after that. Saying that this he's is not, slang he's that I'm not ugly. Okay, <laughs> see, this is slang that I'm not picking up on. I didn't know that that was like code for like I want, I want. You <laughs> gotcha, know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Right. Murder my membrane. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. She fucking lost. I'm seeing like a really sick and twisted like version no. of like misery. Ew, I'm thinking of seven. Seven. Remember the uh, sword dildo she made that he, he made that dude wear to kill the prostitute? Oh, that's just yeah, that yeah, was awful. That yeah, I think that was like the beginning of the torture porn shit. Yeah, th- yeah, it was. But I, th- I loved Seven. That was a great movie. Yeah, the and fucked with me hardcore. Did it really? The head in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nuts. <laughs> head yeah. in the box. In yeah. the box, Amanda Bynes murdered I'm just, ha- I, I'm just happy that, uh, what's his name, Sandberg came out with Dick in a Box, because that made it all better for you, didn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we've been talking about nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're doing a show this week. Jake is sick. That sucks. So it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, but it's me and you, man. Yep. We got this. We got this shit locked down. Oh, yeah. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> On a Saturday night, um, Wednesday, my grandmother died. Um, she was 88 years old, and uh, you know uh, she's uh, she left us. Um, she was in the hospital for about a week, and didn't think anything. You know, I just thought you know she's healthy, man. You know, and I thought you know she'd be she'd pull through or whatever. I didn't. We didn't think that this was going to be anything big, and then. Next thing you know, I mean, they're saying that uh, she's, uh, you know, in critical condition. She went into cardiac arrest. Uh, they had to use a defibrillator at one point. They brought her back. And so I'm, like, waiting to hear, like, a text from my mom. Like, do I need to get in the car? We go to the hospital, you know, every, so I can say goodbye. You know, probably an hour later, my mom tells me that she had passed away at 730 that morning. Ah, shit. So, you know. So, Sorry, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. Um but uh, I wanted to come here and do the show this week regardless. Right. I wanted to kind of get my mind off everything and, and talk to you. And and uh, so thank you for doing the show with me this week. I really yeah. needed it. So yeah, no problem, man. Here on a Saturday night recording, not on a Sunday. It's supposed to be getting a lot of snow. And then I've got the visitation tomorrow and then the funeral's on Monday. Right. So, um, you know. But uh, thank you for doing the show with me, and uh, rest in peace, uh, Grandma Frederick. So, um, and then uh, another thing, my dad retired. Okay. After forty-two years, forty-two years at the same place, dude. Holy shit! Forty-two years at working a caterpillar. That's a long time. Long time. Yeah. And uh, he deserves it. And uh, his last day, sixty to seventy-five people that worked at Cat showed up for my dad's retirement party. That's cool. Uh, some of the people that he hasn't seen in years that he worked that, you know, transferred to the Mossville 
cat mm-hmm. came out and saw him. And <clears throat> so my dad's starting another chapter in his life, you know, retirement. I'm, I'm telling him, dude, what are you going to do to keep busy? You know, stay busy. My dad's talking about like, you know, working out more. And then, then he's talking about, he wants to fly helicopters, like little, little, you know, those remote control helicopters. Like the, um, the gas powered ones? Or are you talking like the little, uh, electronic drone types. That, see, that's what I was telling my mom. I was like, Mom, get him a drone with like a GoPro camera on it or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can go out there and record stuff. I mean... That'd be a neat way for an older person to be able to go out and experience nature. Like if they had yeah. some problems where they couldn't get around, like hiking stuff. But um, I've seen some of the gas-powered uh, yeah. helicopters. And they're, yeah. they're good size. I mean, they're actually about like four feet long. Yeah. And those are pretty fun. Um, dude down in uh, Alabama I used to talk to, went down, visit him a weekend, and uh, he was pretty good with that thing, man. He was doing, like, flips and shit. Yeah. And um, he almost crashed it once, and he said, oh, I can't do that. That last time it cost me 600 bucks to fix it. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. That, those RC things, man, those get fucking expensive. Yeah, they do. Well, I think he's going to start out in, like, the regular helicopter and yeah. then move up to a drone if he likes it. Gotcha. So... Yeah. So, yeah, I'm uh, happy retirement for my dad. I think that's pretty awesome. 42 years at the same place. And uh, I hope him and my mom have years of enjoyment after that. So, um, did we talk about your week? I mean, what did you do this week? Anything uh, Um, amazing? Not really. Uh, Did some boring fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not bankrupt this week. I got some good pop, bad pop stuff for later. Yeah. yeah, I mean, an average week. Stuff slowed down a little bit for me because wintertime. My, yeah. my end of things slowed down, and uh, I was able to get some of my equipment cleaned up, and I got to do taxes, but uh, that's that's coming up next week. So it's like a different different aspect of my job, and it's not the one I'm so thrilled about. Yeah. <laughs> so Is I'm this your first year doing taxes? Oh, no. For uh, the business? No. No? Uh-uh, no, this is our third. Oh, uh, okay. But we did a lot more revenue this year, and there was also a whole bunch of shit with uh, me doing contract work for people with extremely large material amounts, which, uh, you know, all, like... If I buy $5,000 worth of wood or something, that doesn't count for revenue for me. So I got to make sure I got all my receipts for all that shit. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, it's not money I really made. It's money I had to spend to do work. Yeah. So there was a lot of that this year. And also I had some contract people that I ah, contracted some stuff out to. So so just a little bit more tricky ins and outs. I don't do the actual, like, tax filing myself. There's no way. I mean... I mean, I've got an associate's degree in business, but fucking accounting was my worst class. I hated that shit. You ever take one of those fucking accounting classes? No. Oh, my God, dude. Numbers don't equal numbers in that shit. I mean, I know there's going to be some listeners that know what I'm talking about. Right. Because, like, when shit's balanced, it ain't balanced. And it's not like your checkbook where you have an amount and you subtract an amount and that works. Fuck right. all that. No way. All that ex- existential thought? Nope. <laughs> Uh, that's just that's making my brain hurt right now thinking Sorry. about it. No, it's okay. People wonder why I'm so like fucking crazy, just like talking because I got to have myself so put together for the other shit. Right. Um, I wanted to shout out a listener. Are you friends with uh, Jacob Harmon? I think so. On Facebook, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we've had him on the show. Big Ghostbusters fan. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Twilight Zone, loves all that shit. Good uh-huh. guy, really cool guy. I'm not friend. I don't have my own personal Facebook. I, I do. It's a fake one. I just use it so I can fucking get on there and update our Facebook page, our pop culture leftovers Facebook yeah. page. Yeah. But every once in a while, you know how it asks you like uh, people you may know. Mm-hmm. And it wants you to like maybe you know you can add him as a friend. Yeah. Jacob Harmon's picture popped up recently. Have, oh, you seen, yeah? have you seen the new Jacob Harmon black and white picture? Not the black and white one. No He's thing. got like a new one up there. Pull it up. Pull it up. I'll pause it real quick. All right. All right. So you got it pulled up now. Yeah. My God, look at that beard. I know, man. Isn't that fucking amazing? It is. How that old's is, this dude? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm 36, and I got a good goatee, but I just recently tried to grow a beard. Right. And uh, Gafford would be fucking ashamed of me. Yeah? Yeah. No, th- like, Jacob Harmon's beard, that is the most glorious fucking beard I've ever seen in my life. Right, man. He should be looking into, like, some of that uh, wax. Yeah. For, like, the tips of that mustache, man. He Dude, be like- I bet he's got that shit on lockdown. <laughs> I don't know. I can't see him, like, stroking a kitty being, like, a- <laughs> You know what I mean? Some yeah. Evil mastermind, like Dr. a Bond evil. film or something. Yeah, but like that is a glorious fucking beard. I just, yeah. I'm not giving a shout out to Jacob Harmon. I'm just giving a shout out to his facial hair. That that shit's amazing. Yeah, dude. Like just slap a uh, cowboy hat on him, and he'd go right perfect into any western movie. He would. He would. No, I'm serious. Like if you threw him in, like, okay, let's say you throw him in a Thor movie. I think yep. I think Odin would just get off the fucking <laughs> he'd get off the fucking throne and just be like, "Oh shit. Look at that. Look at that. Okay, dude, you are now the king of Asgard. With great beard comes great responsibility." No shit. <laughs> like this guy must know everything. Right? <laughs> and like the dwarves in fucking the Hobbit? Oh, oh my yeah. god, those ratty ass beards. Look at that thing puts it to shame. No shit, cuz that's real. Theirs was garbage. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, it's a glorious fucking beard, Jacob. Yeah, it is. I feel your pain though, man, because I know how it is like with on the sides there whenever you go to drink something out of your cup, you fucking lift your face up and you look like a cat that just stuck its face in the water bowl. So yeah. like you're constantly wiping moisture for like 5 minutes off I your face. I bet he puts like Rain-X on his shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? I bet it just beads off. <laughs> That's fucking great. You know? That'd be awesome if somebody could invent that. Yeah. Holy shit. Beard X. Yeah, Beard X. Yeah, and he just drinks it and it's, it, boom, it's gone. Right? Look at that fucking thing. Let me show you, let me show you that thing. <laughs> Look at that. Oh my god, that is so fucking awesome. That is like the perfect, and like this hair is all slicked back. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it's awesome. Suave motherfucker. He's a suave motherfucker. And you know what else? Like, okay, like, uh, if you were to cast him in, like, any movie as, like, any character, like, any, like, uh, movie character, like, uh, what would he be? I have to say, like, a wizard. A wizard? Yeah. Ah, so you're gonna give him, like, a staff, like, a cloak. He's got the wizard sleeves and everything. Yeah. I could do that. Is he is is he like a grand wizard? <clears throat> like the like oh that sounds really racist. I'm sorry. Was, <laughs> Holy shit. God damn it. <laughs> Jesus. I'm Wow. Sorry, he is well, not, that went there. <laughs> he is not associated with the KKK. Holy shit. <laughs> sorry, Harmon. God damn it. Sometimes I don't listen to like what I say. What the 
fuck, dude. I'm sorry. Holy shit. That came out of you. That came out of me, of what all the people. Fuck? I know. I fucking hate the KKK. They're a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah, no shit. So, uh, no, I, I see him as like, uh, you know, like in the background of like a movie where like, you know, it's like an Ocean's Eleven type fucking thing, right? Okay. And he's the, he's the computer guy. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he's the computer guy. He's like, you know, he's like, he's like the guy who's like, all right, guys, uh, I'm going to be doing this thing with the computer. Right. And, uh, for the next 30 seconds, the, uh, the monitors and the video cameras aren't going to work. Right. And then somebody questions him and then he pops off with a uh, witty remark about how, trust me, I got this or whatever. Yeah, trust me, I got this. Yeah. Everything's like boom, right down to the second clockwork, off and yeah. on. Like, like, uh, like he is like the tech guy in Die Hard. And Alan Rickman is like, you know, remember Alan Rickman and yeah, Die yeah. Hard? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he, he's, he's, he's like the tech guy for that, uh, Die Hard terrorist group. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude, I've spent probably five minutes talking about this fucking glorious beard. <laughs> I'm, I might have to post a picture. If, if Jacob will let me, I'm going to post a picture, that picture on our Facebook page because I think our listeners need to see this fucking thing. Like he should, he should enter one of those beard competitions. Yeah, man, that, that's, that's an amazing beard. It is. It's it a is. beautiful beard. And I don't admire beards. You know, it's not like I'm sitting around going to beard.com and shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, Go daddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But that is a beautiful beard. Yeah, it's a, it's a good looking beard. <laughs> good looking beard. Good looking beard. <laughs> How about them nips? Yep. How about them nips? <laughs> That's like a legit beard too. Yeah. Uh, like me, the only thing that I can really get going other than the goatee is like the neck beard. Right. And then that shit get that hurts after a while. Right. Dude, this is all coming right off his face, man. That's like a legit. I. You know, I, honestly, there's a confession. Like I can grow facial hair. Yeah. I've never like tried. Really? I've never tried. I've never let it grow out. Why? I don't know. Like, okay, every other, I think like every girlfriend I've had in the past is like, I don't like facial hair. I don't like facial hair. So I've never like grown it out. Like uh-huh. now that I'm not with somebody, I'm like thinking about, should I grow like a goatee? Should I do it? I'm thinking about, I want to rock like the Tony Stark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking that's, A, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I don't know, but I, dude, I, I couldn't pull off anything like that. Oh my God. Oh, hell no. Yeah, I was disappointed, man. I can't fucking do like it's like the cheek hair, yeah. you know, like yeah. on a tender part of your cheek. Yeah, and uh, I got lighter color hair anyway, but half of it's fucking gray already. Right. So even when it is coming out, you can't fucking see it because my skin's so pale that it doesn't stand out against it. I look like I ain't got any fucking eyebrows for the same reason. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I, I was a little disappointed with that. Gafford's always talking about beards and stuff all the time. And uh, that shit, he's like, what, 22, 23? He grows a better beard than I can. Yeah. You fucker. <laughs> You're trying, though. You'll get there. Well, the goatee part's thick enough, man. Yeah. But, but like the uh, full-grown beard. Yeah, man. Yeah. I want to be like, uh, uh, what's his name? Al from the Tool Time. Oh, uh, oh, the neighbor? No, uh, Al. Oh, the Al, the, uh, his, his uh, helper. His cohort. Yeah, his cohort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him or, and Bob Vila. Everybody always likes a guy with a beard. Oh, God. Uh, the, the guy that died, uh, the, uh, infomercial guy. Oh, fuck. I can see him in my Billy head. Billy Mays. Billy Mays, yep. Holy fuck. That was a beard and a half, yeah, wasn't man, it? Yeah, man. He had a face fro. Yeah. That shit was tight. You know, oh, God. I'd like to see him and, like, the brawny guy. 
You know what I mean? Both, like, one's a red ginger beard. Yeah. The other is, like, you know, this big manly, I don't know, Billy Mays beard. I'd like to see those guys arm wrestle, like a beard off arm wrestle. Yeah. Battle of the beards. Sure, there you go. I don't know. Battle of the beards. Yeah. Wouldn't that be more like if you took two four-by-four trucks and tied them together and see who could outpull who? Would you have to tie their beards together and be like, who could throw who out of the ring? I think Jacob Harmon could like do the officiating, and I also think he could take both of them on at the same time and yeah, kick their ass. Yeah, he's got enough beard, he could tie one off to each side. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he could, he, you know what, he'd do like, uh, he'd pull them both together, knock them out and shit. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? All of a sudden his beard starts taking on a life of its own. It turns into a hand and just grabs a hammer and bonks him on the head. Right. This has turned into a cartoon yeah. at this point. <laughs> like that, what, what was that, uh, like it, it would start turning, like, you know, remember like, uh, what was that Disney uh, cartoon where uh, Mickey Mouse was like, he was the wizard's apprentice and all the brooms. Started like walking. Fantasia. Or, yeah, dude. His his beard would turn into like one of those brooms from Fantasia, <laughs> and fucking bum, take bum, 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 exactly bum, bum, bum. take on a life of its own and just start kicking some ass. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, this is stupid. <laughs> what no are we shit. talking about? He could be sitting there and his like the next panel, his fucking beard could be playing <laughs> video games, have a controller in his <laughs> <Right>. grasp, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kicking back a beer into yep. his mouth. <laughs> That'd be really fucking efficient. That would be awesome. Hell yes. Oh man. I need fa- I need like sentient facial hair. Oh, sentient facial hair? Yeah. So yeah, like it can do it can take on like daily tasks and and shit. Right. That'd be kinda neat. And oh, then you could like oh, train my, it with my beard is writing its second novel. <laughs> well better yet, like you're, you're doing your taxes, your beard is writing a novel. Well if you're trying to lose weight. The other weight, one's cracking a fucking lobster open. If you're trying to lose weight, then your beard can like Block the bad shit. Like, no, no, you can't eat this. Smack oh, it yeah, away. Yeah. Rejected. Right, exactly. The, the Dennis Rodman series. <laughs> right. You, <laughs> you, get, you get that piece of cake up to your mouth, and your beard just slaps it and says, no. Right. Listen here, fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> starts belittling you in right. public. <laughs> right. Fuck, my beard's making me another goddamn salad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the bad thing is, is if it becomes self-aware, then it's just going to start taking over your life because something that lives on your face would fucking own you. Yeah. Be like, shut up, sit down, talk to this woman. So now your beard is like Skynet from Terminator. Yeah, but I see it more as being like a perverted thing like Ted, the teddy bear. Yeah? Yeah. Like where it's given commentary when you go down on a girl, be like, oh, yeah, let me get in this shit. Roll around in that. Yeah. Yeah. What if it knocks your tongue out of the way and (laughs) it starts doing all the work? You like that, baby? You want a little rug burn, do you? (laughs) Actually, I wouldn't mind that. to get my tongue a rest. Yeah. 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 Do the job. And then, like, if you got like, a, if we got enough electronics to where we have sentient sexual beards, yeah, we can have fucking like Google eyeglasses or something or yeah. uh, what do you call it? Um, fuck, contact lenses, right? To where like you can start reading a book while your fucking beard's eating her out, getting her ready. That way, you can only fucking pay attention when it's game time. Question for you, okay? All right, Japan. They're, yeah, they're trying to do these sex bots, right? Yeah. Okay, Frank, you're a single guy, and they get to the point, let's say, no, hypothetically, you're a single guy, and they're at the point where they can make these fucking sex robots. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They can make them, and they can look like, you know, you've got, like, uh, amazing looking, you know, and you can pick, like, oh, I want this one to look like so-and-so, blah, 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 I want her to have this personality, blah, 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 blah. 
would you have sex with a robot? No. And I'm going to go like really, really, really big, big picture here. Yeah. We've had real recently um, like Bill Gates and Stephen Hawking yeah. warn people about experimenting with all this AI shit. Well, I mean, you're going to end up having some of that and some of these things. And what we're heading towards, I think, is like we're living out a real-life sci-fi film where we're going to end up creating life, whether we know it or not. And at what point are you already oppressing it and taking advantage of it with all this weird shit? Right. uh, So you're saying like Avengers Age of Ultron, Tony Stark was just trying to make a robot he could fuck. (laughs) And, and then, and the next thing you know, it's trying to kill him and all the other Avengers. I, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> no. You would think that he's fucked enough women anyway in his lifetime that somebody would have been coming after him to kill him by now. Anyway, right, right. That'd be like a, that'd be your recurring plot. For would it a be weekly. prostitution? Like, would would like would, could they would they have to legalize that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, outright, it would be like sexual slavery. Yeah. I mean, depending on at what point you would consider it sentient. Yeah. It's a scary thought, man. I mean, I don't mean to, like, take it down that road, but it's something that's been on my mind lately. After all those big names came out about it. Right. Saying it's it's a bad thing because once a computer can think for itself and start answering its own questions. Yeah. Those things already do calculations at a rate way faster than what we do. Oh, sure. I mean, it would be like war games, literally, or like what, I mean, not the comic booky part, but yeah. like Age of Ultron, where something, I mean, it's going to get to the point where it understands that eventually down the road, we would be its biggest threat. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, that's why they're saying that, because we have morality, we have empathy, a computer has logic. That's true. That's true. And, like, it's not like, uh, yeah, not all computers are going to be like data. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, think about it, like, if, if you were ever a fan of the uh, Knight Rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, was, absolutely. And Kit's primary function was preservation of human life. And on the flip side, you had the evil version of Kit that was Carr. Right. Who his primary function was self-preservation. Yeah. And that that's it. Yeah. I think, like, okay, let's say they had these uh, prostitute fucking uh, AI robot sex fucking, I don't know. (laughs) Right. These sex female robots that you can have sex with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, like, the most embarrassing thing would be is, like, you know, you come into contact with one, and then you, like, you insert your debit card into her navel or whatever the fuck you do. And then it's declined. That would be... Oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. That would be kind of embarrassing, right? Well, yeah, it would. be like the equivalent of getting your pants off and, like, you just can't get it up. I guess. <laughs> you, in both situations, you're right. sitting there feeling yeah. sorry as fuck for yourself with nothing you can do. <laughs> I'm broke and I can't even get off. <laughs> you know? Well, it's time to go back to the days where you spit in your hand. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing at that point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me grab the Vaseline and the sock from the top drawer. Does she have like an ATM on her back or something? Oh, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) And then like are there different pricing tiers? Who thought – different pricing tiers? Yeah, like it's 25 for the mouth and then 50 for the uh, vagina and 75 for anal. Like you pay for a different entry point. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Could and I be think like most a- people, most guys would probably rate 
those in that order, I would think. Yeah. 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 Where the fuck did we get I don't know. I don't know. But who's the first guy that thought about, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I love robots. Can't wait to fuck one. <laughs> right. Was it like, did the guy like fuck a toaster one day and thought to himself, like, <laughs> oh wow, my God. I think oh. I'd enjoy this. They, uh, they explored a little bit of that on, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Fucking a toaster? No, no, no. A dude made a sex oh. robot. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was like back in 2000. Yeah. Something. That was all fucked up. Kind of a similar thing happened back then. Uh, chick went crazy and about killed people. Why'd she go crazy? Uh, because he was tried the, to. Was it the programming or was it like. Programming. He yeah. tried to program her to love him. Oh, and okay. then dude became an asshole and thought she was clingy, so tried to like get rid of her like a dog. Oh, because so this is like uh, fucking like uh, Steven Spielberg's AI, where they had the little kid and then they drop him out in the woods and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she went nuts and she was going like door to door. Hi, have you seen Warren? Hi, have you seen Warren? Hi, have you seen Warren? And then like if anybody would get in her way, I mean she's a fucking robot, yeah. so she had super strength and was like hurting people. Yeah. And then she came in contact with the dude's actual uh, ex girlfriend or whatever, and then tried to kill her because she thought that she was a threat. Dude, I personally I think I would rather put up with a robot than put up with sometimes like uh, ex girlfriends that I've had in the past. I might do like the <laughs> sex robot thing. <laughs> well, they got that eye flesh thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there you don't even have to fucking look at it or talk it, talk to it, or pretend that it's you know alive. Yeah, but you I think I, somewhere down the road, like the sex I robot put, thing, I could put the sex robot in like Helen Keller mode. You know what I mean? Yeah, and be like, yeah, here's my mute blind robot that I can just bang on the side. I just think and that would throw be throw her in the closet when I'm done. <laughs> I think that'd be incredibly awkward. Like I'd have to put like a uh, a. Uh, a bag over her head or something. <laughs> that way I wouldn't have to look at her. I mean, it's like, hi, how you doing? Hopefully I'm here that, to fuck you today. Okay, I'm gonna put you away now. Well, hopefully that wouldn't translate into like getting confused with like a real woman, you suffocator. Oh, no, not a bag like that. <laughs> oh, like shit, a sorry, bag. honey. I'm used to doing this. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say the safe word, yeah. damn it. <laughs> well, she had a fucking bag over her head. <laughs> Whoever said that the safe word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious uh. was a good idea was fucking wrong exactly <laughs> all right sex robots aside all sex right. robots <laughs> safe words we might hey we might come back to sex robots this episode who knows yeah, it's possible we got a gift we did yeah dude it's like uh you know what christmas is it comes around and it keeps coming back you yeah. can't get rid of christmas it's like herpes it's like herpes <laughs> exactly <laughs> it keeps coming back yeah frank just basically said <laughs> Then one of the most wonderful days out of the year that kids look forward to every year is like an STD. So, yeah, here's another herpes gift. This one comes from Evan Shelton, and he says, don't cut too deep. Cap so that. this is not a sex robot. So. <laughs> so let's see what we got here. So Evan Shelton, thank you for the gift. I don't know what it is. It's not ticking, is it? Nope. Not ticking, okay. Nope. And then I gotta try to. I can't tell if this is a letter or just shipping information in the front, so I don't want to tear it. Either. Yeah, I don't want to tear that either. I wonder what it is. Last week we got the cool walk in the tombstones video, which I'll talk about here in a second. We're also going to talk about the Fantastic Four trailer coming up later from Marvel News. 
Can't wait to talk about that. Really right. wish Jake could have been here to talk about that Fantastic Four trailer. I have to yeah. remember to bring that up next week. Hell yeah, because I was just listening to the uh, show from last week. Yeah. And uh, we talked so much about that. Oh, about the Fantastic... Did we? What did we say about Fantastic Four trailer? We were... It was... We were talking about how... Um, I made the comment about we don't really know the actors' names because we don't have anything to talk about with them. So we went uh, on and yeah. discussed that. And See, I'm I'm familiar with, you know, I'd say two of them very, very much so. Yeah. Jamie Bell a little bit for his work on Tintin and Kate Mara. I, I really am not familiar with that actress. But we'll be talking about that uh what do we got here? He sent a letter? <laughs> yep, yep. All right. Read the letter, Chief. All right. It says, hello, leftovers and Frank. D- it, okay, nice. It literally I, says that with I the commas it. and everything. I love it. I love it when people say and Frank. <laughs> I have been a listener for a long time now. He doesn't reveal like what the gift is in there, does he? Uh, well, I don't. I don't. I haven't read it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I Damn it, Frank! I thought you were like a soothsayer. You could read the future. No, it's, he's got it on top, so I'd imagine he wants us to read it first. Guys, I'm sending you a sex robot piece by <laughs> oh, piece. Fuck, man, that, that's a one user only, man. I like, it's like, <laughs> is it dishwasher safe? <laughs> oh shit! It'd be my luck. No, I'm not even gonna go there. Oh, clean up on those. I hope they're self cleaning. Yeah. You know, like those uh, ionized toothbrushes? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like an ionized vagina. It just kind of cleans itself. How long until somebody gets their dick ripped off by one of these things, though? Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. I mean, that and the eye flesh thing. I mean, can you imagine what the embarrassment of that's going to be like? You have to walk into the fucking emergency room, buck-ass naked, because you got a fucking iPad... With a vagina attachment hanging from your dong because it's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even really have to tell the nurse why you're there. Hey. <laughs> have a seat. On the on, <laughs> Hey, on a positive note, one million hits on YouTube. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're an instant celebrity. Right. Maybe I, for all the wrong reasons, but. Yeah, I'd have to totally take selfies of myself in which case. <laughs> Like, he would, there's nothing else you could Frank do in this would situation come back other Frank, than own it. That's true. Frank would come back and be like, hey, guys, you thought hoodie pants was a fucking crazy story? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Okay. Read, read his email. All right. I've been a listener for a long time now, and you guys read one of my emails on an episode. Of, oh, read. One of my emails on an episode a while back. That was really cool. I just want to show you guys my appreciation for providing the Leftover Army with countless hours of entertainment. You guys put in a lot of work every week, and I just want to give you guys something in return. I love listening to you guys talk about comic books. I've never gotten into reading comics, but when you guys talk about them, it really helps to understand the characters we see in the movies. A couple of episodes ago, you guys were talking about the new Star Wars comic. You guys are huge comic book fans, and you are huge fans of Star Wars, too. I couldn't believe it when you guys said you didn't buy any of the Star Wars variant covers. I got you guys three different variants, and I bought myself one, too. Oh, wow. They are the first comic books I have ever purchased. I hope you guys like the gift. Just do me a favor and don't go pawning them. Fuck no. (laughs) No Absolutely not. Right. I love the show, and I hope you guys keep it up for a long time. Evan Shelton. Thank you, Evan. Let's see these variant covers. All right. And we'll uh, take pictures of these and post them. Evan, thank you so much. This is—I haven't even seen the covers yet, and I'm really excited. 
Oh, that's a good one. Oh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Chewbacca in the front, followed by Han, Leia. Oh, this is awesome. Everybody's, oh, man, everybody's rocking a blaster. C-3PO, R2-D2. Oh, them too? Yeah, in the, in the back. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> R2 looks great. And then uh, this one here, we've got Han and Leia. Ah. And she looks, she's in a, like a white hood. Is that just from what she was wearing at the very beginning of A yes, New Hope? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Don't, do they, does she wear the hood up in that? Uh, she takes it <clears throat> off when she's talking to R2, doesn't gotcha. she? Gotcha. That's a nice one. I like that. It's just, oh. uh, it's kind of like a, it's a, uh, both are carrying blasters, which I think is awesome. And, uh, Leia's got her armor on Han. Han's kind of got like a smirk on his face, like he's the man. Dude, once, here's a true story. Here's a true story for you, Frank. Uh, I was, uh, kind of talking to a girl back in the day and we were both drunk at the time and kind of laying down on the on the floor you know kind of just talking and stuff like that she's staring deep into my eyes and stuff like that all of a sudden both you know both drunk and she looks at me and she's like we'd been friends for a while and she goes i love you dude without even fucking even thinking about star wars i looked at her and i gave her the han solo line i said i know Because I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I was ready to say, I did, I, I cared about her. Uh huh. But like, I, 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 it's like saying, I love you back was like such a huge fucking thing. Yeah. And I said, I know. Just like Han, dude. Right. And then like later on, I was watching, I totally had forgot about that line in the movie and I was watching it and I was like, holy shit, dude, I pulled, I pulled off a Han Solo line. You pulled it off. I pulled it off. Holy shit. Yeah. We ended up dating for quite a while. Wow. Yeah. What's the last one? Last one is Luke. Is that looking oh, at the suns? It, that's a photo. That's not even. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So he's looking at the at the at the two suns. Yeah. From yeah. Uh, New Hope when yeah. he's on Tatooine. Oh, dude, thank you so much. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Very Thanks. cool. So I think uh, each one of us will get a copy. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, you guys, uh, you like pick amongst them yeah. when Jake gets in, and then I'll take what's left because <laughs> uh, they're all awesome. They are all awesome. <clears throat> Evan Shelton, thank you so much. You have uh, just catapulted yourself into the leftover army. Go ahead and pick a rank for us. Pick a rank, and, and you have – don't you think promotion is uh, in order? Dude, I'm just the intern. <laughs> I'm asking. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm asking. Absolutely. So. And we got uh, – we can't open it because mm-hmm. Jake's not here. Mm-hmm. But we got the package uh, from Dan West. Oh, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, Dan West, one of our listeners from, uh, from over in the UK. Yeah. So awesome. And it's been uh, driving my wife nuts because it got here uh, midweek this week. And she's been staring at it. She wants to know what's in it more than uh, what I do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, it's going to kill her when I have to bring it back in the house and just let it look at her for another week. You got one more <laughs> week to look at this package. <laughs> and you're not talking. That you're, sounds so yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got one more week to look at Frank's bag. <laughs> oh, fuck. I hope there's more than that. <laughs> yeah. You bet. Yeah. I'll be living in my truck. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Real quick, I wanted to talk uh, about a listener that uh, sent me a Facebook message today. And uh, 
sent me a Facebook message and he said, Brian, check this out. And it, it was a, it was a video. And, um, I instantly thought that he was like calling me out on it. Basically it's about like giving your opinions on podcasts and giving your opinions on just anything with your friends. Yeah. And I thought he was like, cause I get pretty passionate about my opinions. Yeah. You know, probably to a fault. Like I always think I'm right and I'm not always right. And a lot of people know this, but I will like fight tooth and nail for my opinion. Right. So when he sent me this fucking uh, video to watch, I thought it was like a knock on me. Oh, right. And the reason I thought it was a knock on me was just probably my state of mind this week. You know, grandmother died, things like that. And so I just had a bad week and I instantly thought like it was a rude thing that he had sent. And he said, no, that's not how I meant it. And so I'm going to play the video here real quick, okay. if that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it's a good thing for our listeners to listen to because we do do a podcast where we do express our opinions. So I think this is a <coughs> good thing for for everybody to listen to, and uh, it's pretty awesome. It's called "In My Opinion." Um, it's from Bobby Burns. It's uh, "In My Opinion" on uh, how I learned to stop freaking out and love conversations about art. In my opinion, I think in my opinion is a superfluous statement. When I communicate how I feel about a topic, whether it's the best film of 2014 or the worst album by Green Day, I am simply stating my opinion. And that's all it is. Anytime you're speaking about a form of art, your opinion is all you can give. Art is extremely subjective. Although you can try, it is not possible to 100% objectively judge anything that has been created. Recently, I've had several conversations where each statement was prefaced by, in my opinion. Now, I understand what these people were doing. They wanted to challenge what I had to say without being rude. But honestly, I am so tired of hearing this phrase. I'm not going to get offended if you think Goodfellas is a shit movie, or if you don't like Tarantino's lengthy dialogue scenes. Now, I am a huge fan of both of those things, but I didn't direct that film, and I didn't write that dialogue. So why would I be personally offended that you didn't like the same thing that I did? I constantly get into discussions with people, especially on YouTube, who are personally offended that I didn't have the same thoughts as them about a film. What it really comes down to is the urge each one of us has to be accepted. We want to be a part of a group of people that enjoy the same things as us, so we surround ourselves with friends who have identical thoughts and beliefs. These groups of friends might be physical people, Twitter followers, or YouTube subscribers. If an outsider says something that conflicts with our group speculation, we are quick to jump on them and tear them down. Because of that, people People are forced to pad their statements with, in my opinion, so they aren't ripped to shreds. And that's bullshit. With that in mind, I have a few suggestions that would make conversations about movies, books, music, paintings, poems, photography, sculptures, sketches, and performance art much more agreeable. Stop taking opinions as facts. When someone you respect says that something isn't good, that doesn't automatically mean that that thing isn't good. As I said before, opinions are opinions. Just because Peter Travers rated King Kong 4 out of 4 stars does not mean that it's worth seeing. And just because Roger Ebert deemed Fight Club Macho Porn doesn't mean it isn't a beautifully constructed, deviously entertaining film. This one's a little hard to swallow, but not everyone has to agree with you. I know that can be hard to take in at first, but you really have to work on it yourself. It is essential for having good conversations. Have your own opinion. Don't go along with what other people say just because it's cool to do so. Don't say that Guardians of the Galaxy is the best Marvel film so far unless you actually believe that it is. Don't call Citizen Kane a masterful work of art unless you wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Be true to who you are. That is is the only way unique and interesting voices will arise. Now, don't be an asshole about it. But if you have something to say, 
Just say it. I really hope it's obvious by now that I'm not just talking about the words in my opinion. I'm talking about the entire attitude and mindset that makes those words necessary. Please don't take away from this that you should never say in my opinion again. Just think about it before you use it, and realize that if you're in a group of able-minded people, you're just stating the obvious. Okay guys, so these are just some thoughts I've had over the past several months, and I wanted to put them up here for you. I hope this video provoked you to think about some things that you don't normally think about, or at least entertain you. I'm just sick of people getting pissed because someone else doesn't like the same thing as them. It's up to us to rise above that and become better human beings. But of course, that's all just my opinion. Alright, so yeah, uh, I wanted to thank Justin Paris for that, because like, dude, like, sometimes I feel like... Yeah, like, you know, I'm passionate about certain things, but uh, just because uh, I give my opinion and not everybody agrees with it, art is subjective. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you can have a discussion about why something's good or why something sucks, but a lot of times those discussions are, you know, the best part of anything. Nobody wants to be like, that was great, yeah. And we're moving on. Yep, silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like everybody agrees with everything. Right. Like Man of Steel, like so divisive. Like some people love it, some people hate it. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, yeah, it's just interesting. But I like the the comparison. I mean, because it is movies as an art form, and yeah. there's so much that fits into that. Comics are an art form. Video even, games even castings, are an art form. even castings of different things. Right. You know what I mean? Uh huh. I mean, yeah. There's a talent and a skill and an art to that. Uh, yeah. So, like, when you have an opinion on that, I mean, that it's like the guy said, that's all you can give. Right. There's no tactile benefit, no definitive amount that comes out of such an effort. It's only what you can see in it. What you get out of it is its value. Right. And sometimes when you have those discussions about what you like about it, not even say one person likes it and the other one doesn't. Yeah. But maybe you like it for one thing and they like it for another and then boom, now you really love it because you like it for two things. Yeah. Because you didn't see what the other person saw. Exactly. Kind of like reading a book. You can miss something. Mm-hmm. And then read it a second time and then really enjoy it more. Like the first time I saw the movie The Crow. Yeah. I did not like that movie. Yeah. The second time I watched it, absolutely fell in love with the movie The yeah. Crow. Loved it. The original Brandon Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. City of Angels or the other one where Edward Furlong is freeing, <laughs> freeing the lobsters. <laughs> but, yeah, no, no uh, honest to God, Edward Furlong was in a Crow movie. Really? Yeah, he played The Crow, dude. Oh my! I think God. it was like the fourth one. I think there was there, there was, was that many. Yeah, dude. There was like City of Angels, which was the second one, not the shitty Nicolas Cage movie, but Crow City of Angels. Uh -huh. Then there was another one that came out, and then finally like an Edward Furlong one that I think had maybe Kirsten Dunst in it, or maybe she was in the third one. What? Yeah, dude. Dude, that sounds like a fucking train wreck. Dude, they are trying to capture the magic of the crow so much again because it, well, that first movie was great, but it's like they haven't had anybody in there yeah. to be as awesome as Brandon Lee was. Right. They're even trying to reboot it now and trying to get James O'Barr, the creator, behind it. And I think they were talking about uh, Luke Evans, who played uh, Bard. Yeah. In, mm -hmm. And he was in the new Dracula Untold or whatever, that actor being... You know, I don't think that they, even with that casting, I don't even think they've hit the nail on the head as to no. who should be, like, the next Crow. Bradley Cooper was attached to the Crow at one time. Mm. He dropped out. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I could see him doing it either. Yeah. Hmm. I'd have to see him in the makeup. Yeah. But I still, even then, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, I'm trying to think of somebody who, well, 
you know, I mean, it ain't going to happen, but Leto fucking crushed that. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, he's deep and brooding. Yeah. I can't think of anybody else right off the top of my head. Though. No, that's a good one, though. I like Leto. And you don't, it's not like, and the thing is, it's like people are like, well, you know, this is Brandon Lee, and like, he's a son of Bruce Lee, and the way he did it, but he, you don't have to, like, know martial arts. I mean, he didn't use, right. like, martial arts. Like, did he do rapid fire with, like, Doc Lundgren or something? Yeah. You know, he showed off a little bit of that, but, like, he didn't use martial arts in The Crow. No, it wasn't like a martial arts movie. I mean, there really wasn't anything in that that isn't in most of your standard action flicks. Yeah. So what I loved about that movie is like the last battle between that villain. It wasn't even like they had like this huge like fight or showdown. They they did on the rooftop, but like what killed him, what fucking killed that guy was like Ernie Hudson when he gave him all the memories of his wife dying. Right. And yeah. that's what he blasted him with like telepathically and shit. And that's what fucking killed him. And I love that. Dude. Right. Yeah. That, that was cool. Yeah. We're talking about the crow now. Yeah. Hey, that's worth it. That's yeah, worth it. <laughs> yeah. Great fucking movie. I love The Crow. I, I can understand, like, if you read all, like, the James O'Barr shit, maybe it didn't live up to, like, what you wanted. But for me, not reading, like, those Crow comics and stuff like that, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, we do have some emails. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Justin Paris, for sending me that. I got a lot out of it, and I thought it was really great. We got some emails this week. I wanted to give an update on uh, the email contest. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people... Mm-hmm. People, uh, you know, we do little different audio bumpers for like each segment and stuff like that. And one of the, one of the things is that we talked about was like, uh, and it was suggested by a listener that we have the leftover army submit their email bumpers to us because it is their emails. So yep. why not have them create the email bumper? Yeah. Makes it, sense. Makes sense. Yep. Um, we've got three or four submissions. Oh, nice. And some of them have two submissions and, uh, I'm just going to let let them keep adding up. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll just play them all on episode 80. So if you want to create an email bumper for us, you can do that. Just send me an email. Uh, the subject line should be, this show sucks. <laughs> and send it to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com. Um, right now, I mean, I've listened to some really good ones. I don't have a definitive winner picked out yet because I want to get your guys' opinions on them. Sure. And uh, you can send as many entries as you want. So, you know, get those done. Get them sent in to me, uh, a WAV file or an MP3, and uh, we'll be playing them on episode 80. This is 77, so you still got 78, 79. And even by the time we play 80, even if it's like a uh, game time decision, dude, get them sent in to me. Sure. That sounds good. I can't wait. Yeah. They're, they're a lot of fun, dude. So I've had a lot of fun listening to the ones that we've gotten. Um, here are the emails for the week. No bumper yet. So after 80, we'll have a bumper. Here are the emails. First email uh, comes. God dang it. I didn't even write. Oh, no. Okay. It's from Brian from Alaska. Ooh. And uh, he says, hey, Brian, it's Brian from Alaska. Just wanted to say awesome podcast. The podcast did not pop my podcast cherry, but the Pop Culture Leftovers podcast is like that girl that no matter how many other chicks you mess with, you always come back to. You guys rock. P.S. I loved Man of Steel. Yeah. Nice. What are your thoughts on Man of Steel? I like it, man. The only thing that I kind of didn't like was uh, the product placement stuff. 
What kind? You get that everywhere. You motherfuckers with your product placement bullshit. You get that everywhere, though. I just kind of accept it. It didn't take me out of it. What what town do you go in where they don't have a fucking IHOP or a Sears or like... Well, right. It's more or less like a commentary on the state of things, you know, in film now, as opposed to... That movie did that. Oh my god! Look at the movie Home Alone, where they get the close up of the Pepsi and the kids drink the Pepsi. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I always kind of just tried to look at all that shit like this is what you find in the wild anyway. Right. The fuck difference does it make? I just think it's something that basically like people that hate the movie, <laughs> they know that it has more product placement than any other film, so they're just gonna grab onto it. You know what I mean? Sure. They're going to grab onto it, and they're going to gripe about it. Look at this, too. Look at this. <laughs> There's a lot of product placement in this movie. I'm going to get blue. I don't know if this isn't fair or if we're lucky that Jake's not here. Uh, well, I, <laughs> because then we, we, we're we not going to get nailed by him on all this stuff with the Man of Steel. I know. I like it. <laughs> right? I like so it. So it's like almost stuff. like we could stretch our legs a little bit and have a little bit of a discussion. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it's art, like, okay, art of subjective. He yeah. has every reason to hate the movie. Yeah. Zack Snyder just blows stuff up. <laughs> Buildings falling down everywhere. Yeah, yeah it kills Product God. placement, and IHOP gets <laughs> destroyed. We win. I, I came in at the tail end of the live tweet with yeah. that, and I started tweeting at Allstate, and I was throwing pictures up about how. Uh, super beings coming to your town wrecking, wreaking havoc. Can't yeah. get property damage in Metropolis or Gotham. Yeah. Get a hold of Allstate. We can't stop your kids from being, uh, scarred from watching a murder, but, uh, we, we can cover your ass. Dude, I hope in the next movie he's just snapping necks left and right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's his move. It's like yeah. the finisher. Yeah, it him. is. It's like he's a WWE star <laughs> at this point. His move is snapping necks. They need, they need to get a crowd drop right there, too. Yeah. Like everybody goes, woo! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to see him in a ring. You know, he's got like WWE stars lined up, and there's just like a pile of dead ones from Snapnecks. Like, oh, there's the Miz. <laughs> the, the Miz is dead. There he is in a pile. Just make a parody of him, just snapping necks left and right. Have that be uh, like <laughs> Batman. I won't kill anybody. What's the problem? Who you got here? Zaz. <laughs> Dead. Right. Yeah, the reason they can stuff so many fucking characters in this movie is he, <laughs> he just snaps Batman's neck. <laughs> well, that's done. That's over. Yeah. Who's next? Yeah. Yeah. Crack. You, you want your neck snap? Come on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got some for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> neck strapping stravaganza. <laughs> just snap those necks. Um, yeah, but I'm glad you liked Man of Steel. But no, I mean, yeah, this goes back to, like we said, you know, we want that one, that, that virgin listener. Never yeah. listen to another podcast. Listen to our podcast. And just didn't go anywhere else. Didn't whore himself out to any other podcast. We still have not found that listener. No. This is kind of like, uh, you know, the on again, off again. No, no other part of the relationship is good but right. the sex, and he comes back right. for a little while, and then he leaves again. Yeah. God damn it. Right. <laughs> well, We're may- feeling used is here. It, is it the sex? Is it the sex, or is it just like, oh, okay, this podcast has a little bit of substance. I can talk to this podcast. I can relate to this podcast. But, yeah, I want to go out and see what else is out there. I want to sow my wild oats with this other podcast and see what's going on. Now, nah, if he was into us for, like, the uh, intellectual shit, yeah. He'd, he'd be sticking around. I think he's in it for the cheap thrills, and then when it starts to wear thin, he's going to bounce. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. 
Hit it and quit it, right? Pretty much. We're the hit it and quit a podcast. Never been that before. That's pretty fun. You're being used? Yeah. Being used is fun? Yeah. So basically, we're like a sex it, toilet? Well, well, I guess it depends. <clears throat> Ew, whoa. I guess it kind of depends on what you're being used for. Yeah. Like if it's like long and drawn out and your soul gets sucked along with your pocketbook, no. But like if it's used for like a... You know, uh, one night of mutual bliss, sure, why not? <laughs> you make it sound so romantic. One night of mutual bliss. No. And, I, then, he, and then, he get, then he fucking leaves us. I'm literally like the salesman that only gives a fuck about getting the consent, and that's good. I ain't worried about sweeping nobody off their feet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. I just need a yes, okay? <laughs> I, no, I mean, I want that listener. I'm still looking for that one listener. Right. You know what I mean? That hasn't gone around the block. That hasn't whored himself out. It's not going to happen. No. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, see, I think the thing is, is like if you've never listened to a podcast before and then you jump into this, you're like, holy shit. I yeah. never, I didn't know these were that cool. Well, what else is out there? Right. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking too much on the, on the, on the terms of like this as a relationship. And it's, it maybe it, it is. But it's not 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 as far as like just being committed. Maybe it's not like an interpersonal relationship, but maybe it's like a relationship like food. Yeah. Like, you know, you get a slice of cake. Yeah. And that's a really good fucking piece right. of cake. Right. You're gonna go back and eat that cake again later on. Yeah. Maybe might want some other kind of cake though too. Right. Okay. But you're still gonna come back to the other cake. Doesn't mean it's any less good. We're German chocolate. Okay. But every once in a while you want some red velvet, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll accept I can, it. I can get down with that. I'll accept it. But as long as we are German chocolate cake in their minds, that's good. That's good enough for me. Yeah, you want to be the staple. You want to be the one that they always come back to. Right. Not the one that, you know, you just dabble with. Right. Then... Like, we're Baskin-Robbins. There's 31 flavors. But you always like your Rocky Road. Oh, yeah. Frank, you're the almonds, baby. Uh, oh, I like almonds. I oh, love they're... almonds, too. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. I like the Snickers with the almonds. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I gotta they, not fucking talk to you about food, dude, because I'll get you so fucking hyped up, you're gonna like go yeah. wreck your diet, I dude. I'm still here. on this fucking crazy ass diet, man. Still I, on it, dude. I could not do it. It's man. insane. No way. Like the closest you're gonna get me to eating rice is going to Chipotle. That's it. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> dude, I'm not even eating rice. Carbs and shit. Oh. Staying away from rice, even even the wild brown rice and shit, dude. Now, how how does that work? Is it just in the idea of trying to just shed excess weight, staying away from? Because I know carbs, like if you eat them in the early to mid part of the day, your body's going to burn off that as fuel, and it won't change into the sugar. I'm well. What I'm yeah. Uh, I'm eating fibrous carbs. Okay. All mine comes from like broccoli, cauliflower, stuff like that. I'm okay. not eating the breads. Okay, so it's not the stuff that can possibly no starches. Right. I'm okay. not even eating red potatoes, man. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I, yeah, dinner consists of grilled chicken and vegetables, and Fuck. yeah, dude, even the sauces and stuff like that. I'm using like low fat sauce, like barbecue sauce. Surprisingly, yeah. It's got like fucking like uh like uh, I think it's like only like five fucking calories maybe that are fat calories maybe or is it, it's crazy. It's is really it like low. a specific brand or is that like the Sweet Baby Ratio? Dude, I'm doing uh Famous Dave's. Oh yeah, yeah. You can buy mm. the store and shit. Nice. 
Yeah. yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm so I'm so fucking addicted to food. Like thinking about your diet makes me feel sad. <laughs> well, once I get myself to where I want to be, then I'm gonna start going back and eating stuff, dude. I've been like my I've been craving like a Dairy Queen peanut butter parfait, like no fucking other. Gotcha. Like you wouldn't believe. Like I daydream about peanut butter parfaits. Oh my god! Now I'm thinking about those fucking blizzards. Oh, Jesus! Well, fucking food podcast. <laughs> See, the thing is, like, with the peanut butter parfait, yeah. it's clear. Like, it comes in a clear, you know, fucking, like, uh, yeah, the, the, the Sunday container. container. And they show you the different layers. Yeah. It's like food porn. Like, yeah. with the blizzard, it just comes in a cup, and it, everything's all mixed in there and shit. But it's a mystery. It's like a glory hole. It is, yeah, it is, a, it is a glory hole. You don't... <laughs> you, well, I, guess how, I guess you know what you're going to get. It's a disgusting... <laughs> it's a disgusting <laughs> experience. <laughs> <laughs> but with like the peanut butter parfait, it's like you see the different layers, and you know what I mean. It's yeah. like, oh, dude, I'm in the ice cream layer. <gasps> Ooh, we're hitting the hot fudge. <laughs> like you're teasing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. All right, so um, yeah, uh, Jake and Jared Gafford from the Joe Schmo Comic Show. They had their Man of Steel live tweet. Yep. Yeah. So what's the next one coming up? Is it the Iron Man three? Yeah, yeah, and I believe that is the twenty. 26- Second or twenty third. Okay. I'll look when yeah. we hit a break, and I'll say it again later because I don't want to give out the wrong information. I hate Iron Man three, and they <clears> want <throat> they want to get me on this thing, but I vowed never to watch the movie again. So I don't know if I'm going to be jumping in on that one. I I can hear Jake's protest in my mind, and so I'll just iterate it just for his sake. Yeah, he's going to say that you know, well, he went ahead and did Man of Steel like first just to show that it's okay. He can't do it. Yeah, you don't think you can bring yourself to? But I vowed. I vowed never to watch Iron Man 3 again. Like, it, it, episode 3, I said, I'm never watching this movie again. My uh, my first wife vowed <laughs> to love, yes. honor, respect me forever till the death yes. we part. You see how that ended up. <laughs> right, right. That's true. Yeah, but see, I'm trying to be faithful and truthful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I'm basically compa- you always- I'm comparing your marriage to me watching Iron Man 3. I, I I don't know, man. I I I, th- I think you'd have a better time than I did that first marriage. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Got an email here from Dan Hunter. He says, "Hey guys, I'm a listener of the horror movie podcast, Bloody Good Horror, and they do what they call a spectacular every so often, in which they get on Google Hangout and watch a movie and talk and make jokes about it and stuff." Since you guys did the Man of Steel live tweet, I thought that this would be a cool idea to try, maybe. But that might turn some listeners off once they put a face to a voice. So basically, he says we're we're ugly saps that <laughs> nobody should looking should be looking at. So thanks, Dan. He says I'm only kidding, of course. And he says also I just started reading Saga and I love it. Thanks, guys. Good deal. I, I haven't gotten the Saga yet, although I did check out the first. Uh Issue of Rat Queens. Yeah, that's funny as fuck. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. So I'm probably going to keep going with that. Um, uh, I don't know. I've seen those Google Hangout things before. Yeah, doing a, like a live version of a show. I think the only way that that would work out is if uh, I can't remember who it was several weeks ago. Somebody suggested that we do like a uh, MST three thousand or MST, like Rift Tracks type Mystery of thing. Mystery Science two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we were to do something like that, that would be the way to do that. But I think the idea behind the live tweet thing is that, I mean, we ain't the focal point of that. It's everybody you watching know, who gets, the movie. Yeah. And, 
yeah inter- interaction with with the army right it you don't want i mean the podcast is where we stand out we don't want to stand out on something like that we want that to be like the army's forum right so yeah it's good thinking something to think about yeah but yeah i think the, i think the other way just kind of keeps it all neutral ground for everybody yeah we'll think about it you know and if we get some more feedback on that if people like that maybe we can do that um our buddy Kenneth Tagger, he's a longtime listener of the show. Been listening since in the early days, probably of like, you know, back when we had Dan and Jay on. I Holy mean, shit. He's been around for a while. He, uh, he sends us an email. He says, just wanted to say I'm still here and still loving the show. It's the only pop culture podcast that I listen to. I'm on the edge of my seat every time you have episode seven news. I checked out Rat Queens because of the Tuppies and I love it. I haven't seen all the movies you guys have, but there was one I really wanted to get some recognition, Nightcrawler, and it did. I did seriously, uh, I seriously thought about writing an article on the new 12 Monkeys, but times are tight and I had to cancel my cable subscription. Lame. I hope the leftovers and Frank <laughs> are doing well in 2015 and I can't wait to hear what you think of Jupiter Ascending. Definitely one of my most anticipated releases. Have a good one, and I'll see you on Twitter. So, yeah, Jupiter Ascending, interesting. Oh, and I'm glad that, you know what? He he brought up a lot of great things, things that I love. I'm loving all this Episode 7 news myself. He reads Rat Queens. You just mentioned it. You read the first issue. You Mm -hmm. loved it. Yeah, it was cool. Unfortunately, Rock Up Church is not on the book anymore doing doing art. Oh. Yeah. Man, that was the coolest part of it. I loved his art. Yeah, it's all yeah. detailed. Yeah. Rock Up Church is off of it. Um, and then he brought up the 12 Monkeys show, which I've seen the first two episodes. I got the third one up on my DVR. Holy shit, Frank. It is so damn good. Damn. Uh, uh, it, it reminds me of, like, of course, like the 12 Monkeys movie mm-hmm. that came out. Yeah. But on the flip side, it almost has, like, the dynamic between – uh, the the main guy from the future that comes back into the past, um, it has that dynamic between him and the the doctor that he's working with. It almost has like a Terminator kind of relationship between like Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor in a hmm. way. It's really fucking cool. cool. And they like they haven't perfected like sending him back in the past. They like get the dates wrong sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they sent him back into the past. They accidentally sent him into like two thousand and four or two thousand six, and they sent him to North Korea. Oh, and oh, uh, <laughs> but they worked it into the episode in a brilliant way. After he got captured by these North Koreans that were, you know, questioning him. Yeah. And stuff like that. Such a damn good show. If you're not watching 12 Monkeys on Sci-Fi, it's on Friday nights. Definitely check it out on On Demand or go to SciFi.com. Watch the first three episodes. You'll fucking love it. Jupiter's Ascending. It's another high-concept sci-fi Wachowski movie. We're going to be talking about it, I think, later in the news section. I got some updated news for that. But I'm looking forward to that. And Kenneth, if if you know, are the, is are are the Wachowskis still doing that Netflix uh, series? I, I remember you told me about this, and I've been looking forward to the series because it sounds really, really high concept and awesome. But the Wachowskis are supposed to be doing like a Netflix series after this. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I'm glad you're still listening to the show, and uh, yeah, keep keep uh, keep tweeting us, man. I, I love your tweets, dude. You're awesome. 
thanks for still listening. He stuck around. There, there's been some like listeners in the past, dude, that have just like dropped the fuck off, and it's like I wonder where they are. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, thanks for continuing to listen after my ass dropped in. <laughs> Frank, you're, fuck, you're fucking great. I can't imagine doing the show without you. That's awesome. Even though you're not a leftover. That's okay, though. <laughs> because after you guys do your thing, I'm all like, stop. Hammer time. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Right. Just fuck. That's your middle finger at this point. You know, you're like, yeah. kid, you're kid rock and you throw it up. Stop hammer time. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah, thanks for listening still, dude. Yeah, it's very cool. I think like this goes back to like, you know, I think Kenneth has been listening constantly, but I talked about listeners that like drop off and come back. Yeah. I think they're doing that whole thing that dude was talking about, you know? Dude was talking about like how people go listen to other podcasts, but they always come back. Right. That must be it. True. That might be part of it. Yeah, maybe they go out there and like they they like some of the other shit because it's new. Yeah. And then after a little bit, they're like, well, yeah. you know, this is what kind of got me back into it. Maybe I ought to go revisit that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Andrew Ross, uh, he's been listening for a while. He's very active on our Facebook page, sends me messages on Facebook and shit. Very cool dude. He says, hey, leftovers, including Frank. Oh, whoa. Question mark. Exclamation point. Say what? Yeah. <laughs> he says, just want to say I'm signing the petition to make Frank a leftover, even though it will never happen. <laughs> I can still have hope, right? You know what no. he just did, Frank? You know what he just did? What? He set you back like 50 episodes. Oh, shit. Every, every, no, every time we get one of these where people are like, dude, Frank needs to be a leftover, they're just setting it back. It, you know what I mean? Right. You know what's going to happen? What's going like, to happen? Me, you, and Jake are all going to be in the same fucking room at the nursing home or whatever, like way later down the road. Oh, and God. Like, like somebody's going to get ready to kick the bucket. Like, like, say if it's you or something, yeah. you're going to be like, and Frank, a leftover you. And I'm like, waiting, is it like going to be R yep. or R not? Yeah. R or R not. And then you kick the bucket. Yeah. Then you're going to hear the flat line. Beep. No. Right. Yeah. Or if it's me, I'm going to be like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Honestly, I think you're just going to put the pillow over my face and finish the job. No. <laughs> Fuck. Man, I'm so like like with you getting back to the gym and shit, mm -hmm. I'm going to be wheelchair bound. There's no way I'm going to be able to get over there. Dude, I don't want to live a long life. I'm wondering like that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz my folks they're uh they're not in the best of health, mm -hmm. but I mean like physically even dad's in a wheelchair literally and he can't hardly walk at all without yeah. a cane. Yeah. Mom's got uh COPD. Yeah. So she's got oxygen and yeah. you know, she can't they they can't drive. Right. They can't go anywhere or do anything for themselves. Yeah. They didn't prepare well for retirement. Right. So they don't have any money. Yeah. So it's all on Social Security. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just don't want to live. And it's only going to get worse with like the economy trying to save money. You know what right. I mean? So yeah. I don't want, I don't want to live a long life. You know, <laughs> I mean, I remember watching an episode. Remember the show Dinosaurs? Yeah. Like it was like all the animatronics. I think it was like Jim Henson shit. Yeah. Where they had the uh, little baby dinosaur, not the mama. Not the yeah. yeah. So, like, basically, like, in that, they had an episode, like, once, like, the dinosaurs hit a certain age, they, uh, they just kind of, like, wheel them up the, up, up, a, up a, <laughs> yep. a, a volcano and drop them in. Yep. And that's it. You're old, you're yeah, done. Yeah, you're done. So. And sometimes, like, uh, like, seriously, 
old folks behind the wheel. Yeah. You always hear, like, usually around 4th of July, in the summertime, at least in central Illinois, yeah. somebody hit the wrong pedal or had it in the wrong gear and backed into a bunch of people. Right. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think that after a certain age, they should just have to take their behind the wheel every year just so somebody lays eyes on them. Don't they? Don't a lot, don't they hit like a certain age? They have to like go back and get the driver's license like renewed every year. To Not that I'm test? aware of. Oh. Unless you have like certain violations or something. Like uh. my dad, who is like borderline with dementia and stuff, like to the point where we won't let him get behind the wheel of a car by himself. Uh, he doesn't have any accidents or anything like that on his record, so he don't even have to go in. He just has to mail his shit in. Right. So. Nice. No, that's not nice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> People be dying. Yeah, that's true. I was saying it's nice for him. Well, yeah, it's nice for him. Yeah. Yeah. But not for everybody else out the road. <laughs> yeah, too, too bad for little Jimmy crossing the street that day. Yeah, sorry, little Jimmy. <laughs> D- Dad decided to f- forget where the radio station button was. Right. Dad's still driving the car, but little little Jimmy, he's, he's got a different set of wheels to roll around on now. <laughs> Holy shit. Dad's just cruising down the road listening to his old uh, 1950s rock yeah. and... Here's Jimmy laying what's left of his skateboard trying to swing around behind the car like Marty McFly. Yeah. Have fun being a paraplegic there, Holy Jimmy. Um, so Andrew says, uh, so I broke a few iPhones and I was without podcasts for a while, but after 25 hours of straight pop culture leftovers, Holy I'm pretty much caught up. I have a million things to say, but I will narrow it down to a few notable comments I wanted to make from the last couple weeks. Into the Woods, and he's talking about that movie that came out recently, Meryl Streep, right. Chris Pine. He says, oh, Brian, you are a lucky man you walked out of that steaming pile of shit. Definitely the worst movie of 2014. And they tricked me in thinking it was not a musical because they did not show that in the trailers, which was totally true, which was why I walked into it. I was wanting to see like this you know, fantasy movie and... Blah, blah, blah. And I almost went and saw that new uh, George Lucas animated movie, and I found out it's a musical. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, but he says, uh, other than the awful music, the story was abysmal and illogical. The tone was disturbing and not for children. Yeah, they made it out to be a kid's show, and I heard that this is not a kid's fucking movie. I hate when they do that. Yeah. Johnny Depp made an appearance as a big bad wolf pedophile, and yeah, that's an interesting what? combination. That's weird. <laughs> what does he mean when he tells Little Red Riding Hood that he wants to eat her? Well, I, I'll huff and I'll puff. I'll blow your house down. And, I don't know. Then I might violate some younger kids. That's, <laughs> Holy shit. That's fucked up. Um, and Mar- <laughs> Where's Granny? I ate her. <laughs> yeah, gosh. It tasted uh, like dust. Oh, Frank. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, that's when you want to have one of those fucking like beards that can do the job for you. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Ew. Never mind. Not even going to go there. Like a Swiffer beard to take care of that dust. <laughs> Wipe that shit up. Then you're sneezing all in it. And uh, you know, and anybody with a long beard knows the worst bits about it is if you do go down, it's all in your face forever. And then uh, when you fucking sneeze, <laughs> what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> what? When you go down, what's all in your face forever? <laughs> this is going to go down a road you may not want to go down. Yeah, I can explain it, but... Let's go into the woods. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> if you perform oral sex on a lady... Okay. 
and you're doing a good job. Yeah. You got a beard. Yeah. Or, you know, goat, whatever. Right. Your facial hair is getting sopping wet. Okay. In it. Okay. <laughs> so, like, what what do you do? Can you, is there anything you can, like, remedy with that? Do you, do, you, do you wear, like, a, I don't know, like a strap-on wow for your beard? <laughs> that would be amazing. But, no, I, when, you, when, when you take a shower, you wash that just like you do the hair everywhere else. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's the gift that keeps on giving, apparently. Hey, guys, smell my beard. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Oh man, we are disgusting, and we are losing listeners left and right this episode. Uh, He said Meryl Streep died halfway through the movie. Spoilers for no reason whatsoever. Not only did I waste thirty dollars taking my girlfriend to this movie, I saw it on Martin Luther King Day. So as an African-American man, I'm quite disappointed in myself that I saw this crap film instead of Selma on Martin Luther King Day. (laughs) That was a wrong choice. (laughs) Wrong choice, man. But it was my girlfriend's turn to choose the movie, so I didn't have much of a choice. And she hated it, too. Toss that shit. Dude, and that's the thing. Fucking Selma was an amazing movie. Right. Absolutely phenomenal. And it got snubbed by all the Oscars. I think it, I think it, for like, I think it got, uh, I don't know. I think it maybe got like a few Oscar nods. Maybe best picture, maybe. But then, like, best actor, it totally got snubbed. And I think, like, uh, who was it? Like, Bradley Cooper got a nomination for best actor, which, I think he was good, but I don't think he beat out David Oyuelo at all. I mean, I don't know. That's another story, another topic <laughs> for a different podcast. But right. he said, Brian, so happy to hear you're back in the gym. I work at a gym and did not work out for the past few months either, so I'm struggling to get back into shape as well. I work at a juice bar, so I get hooked up on really good protein. Let me know if you need a good deal. I might be able might be able to hook you up. Okay, this one I have been waiting to talk about for a while. Why do you have to trash on Star Trek Into Darkness so much? I understand your guys' perspective, but as a Star Trek newbie, I absolutely Tupperwared Into Darkness. It got me started on a Star Trek marathon that included shows and movies. Finding out about Khan and why he was such a big deal was exciting for me, and I wanted to keep learning more. Maybe the movie was made for people that don't know much about the Star Trek lore, but I love that movie, so stop the hate. Stop the hate, LOL. Okay, um, yeah. I've got thoughts. Go ahead. Okay, so like we were talking earlier about the opinion thing and how it's an art Art, form. Art is subjective. Yep, when you look at a picture, depending on your angle, it's going to affect the outcome. Right. A lot of these are subject to, you know, the order in which you watch them. If yeah. you've never experienced the Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. with having not seen this. Uh, How or, long has Wrath of Khan been out? Like 30 years? Oh, yeah. I we've think had, that was uh, in 1982. Yeah, we've had like say. 30 years to digest this movie right. and love this movie. Yeah, I mean, in almost every Trekkie I know, that's, that's the, like the best their movie. favorite, yeah. yeah. I mean, all the other films pale in comparison. Right. So... They rehashed a story. Mm-hmm. You'd have to know. I mean, and his opinion's fine. I mean, if, if, yeah. you, if you come into it and you see that and then you get really excited about it, cool. I'm glad that worked out for you like that way. I didn't have the benefit of seeing it like that. I mean, I grew up having watched The Wrath of Khan probably 
fuck over 50 times in my whole life right i mean i can recite lines of dialogue from this fucking movie coming off a horrible star trek movie oh yeah star the motion Tra- picture star trek motion picture was, was absolutely garbage. awful yeah so like this like <clears throat> totally rejuvenated the franchise yeah it had feels it had space battles right. i mean it, it was the whole package mm-hmm. and um for them to rehash a story, it's not even that they revisited a character. They rehashed a story and right. tried to turn it, it upside down. Mm-hmm. And it, it just took away from any other part of the story that could have meant something. They should have went a completely different route with it. We had one other movie with these characters. Yeah. Not, I'm not, I'm not talking about the original, you know, Shatner, Le- Leonard Nimoy, right. you know. They had I mean? a whole series. They had a whole series, and then they had that movie before that, and like you, I felt like the end of that movie, the big climax, you know, the death, I thought mm-hmm. it was earned in those because exactly. of the relationship that they had formed. I didn't feel right. like it was earned in this movie. And then on the flip side, you had J.J. Abrams saying, no, he's not Khan. He's not Khan. He's not Khan. Right. And then, and then finally, you know, the reveal that is he, it, that he is Khan. And then it's just like, oh, boom, 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 boom. Right. Here, we're going to flip the death. It's going to be the other character this time. And I didn't feel like it was earned. But on the flip side, like we said, art is subjective. This is our thoughts. But if that movie was the movie, the catalyst that got somebody else into the Star Trek universe, yeah, by all means, that makes me happy to hear, Andrew. Yeah, sure. I mean, and again, if if we had the ability to not have seen it, if we were Star Trek virgins, yeah, it would have come off on us probably completely different because we would have had nothing to compare it to. Yeah. But without having that perspective, we just can't see it that way. Yeah, when you love something so much and you feel like they just basically, you know, I don't know, this is like a blasphemy in the Star Trek universe as far yeah. as like how they approach that. And like, mm-hmm. I even tasted the movie. It's a retro toss for me. I tasted it when it came out. But even on that podcast, I did talk about this and how it did not sit well with me. Right. Uh, so. I, I taste the movie overall, even still, just okay. due to some of the action scenes. Yeah. And Cumberbatch did do an impressive job of playing Khan. Yeah. I, I particularly liked how he single-handedly was dismantling the fucking Klingons. Right. That part was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was worth a watch. Uh, it was worth one watch. I haven't gone back to watch it since. I've seen it twice now. Yeah. I did, I did finally watch it again and, uh, was still angered by the end of the film. Um, Star Trek 3, it'll come out. We'll see where it goes. We'll right. see where it goes. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about like this perspective thing. And mm-hmm. earlier you were talking about movies that you didn't like at first. Yeah. Uh, we've, bu- we've said before that like the fellowship. Yeah. Didn't like the fellowship at first. And yeah. Then went back after two towers, loved it. Right. And then got excited about the mythology and yep. fellowship meant more. Yeah. Uh, when the Hobbit movies came out, my son wanted to watch them. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out, like, okay, we did, we, I dealt with this with Star Wars with him. Like, do you show him the prequels or the original trilogy first? Right. Which I went with the original trilogy first Smart. on Star, Star Wars. Yeah. And then did the prequels. Um, with, uh, the Hobbit, I decided, okay, well, I'll go ahead and let him watch the Hobbit movies in the theater first. And then I'll let him watch Lord of the Rings. Um, first, in retrospect, like further down the road, uh-huh. um, the Battle of the Five Armies is yeah. a, a toss it. 
for me. I've, yeah. I'm gonna, I've, I think I tasted it before, yeah. but it's a total toss it now. Yeah. For a couple reasons. One, uh, Michael Cornish contacted me via Facebook and was asking me who the five armies were. Yeah. And I was trying to think about it and I couldn't come up with the armies. And he was, you know, trying to speculate like, are they counting the humans? Are they counting the two separate work armies? Well, I went back and looked and the, the title, The Battle of the Five Armies, comes from one of the chapters of the novel, The Hobbit. Okay. But in there, the five armies were elf, human, dwarf, orc, and warg. Yeah. There was no warg army in this. So I, right. like, it, it's, I guess it's a little misleading. Even but Ernesto, it, Ernesto Navarro, uh, my number one fan. Yep. Dude, shout out to my boy Ernesto. <laughs> I fucking love that dude. He's like, I love that dude. He's awesome. But uh, he said that in this one, uh, it was the Eagles. Okay. And he's yeah, like, they were the, there. he loves the Hobbit movies. He's just like a diehard. He, he feels the same way about like the Hobbit, the same way I do about Terminator movies. I just love Terminator. Gotcha. I, um, for me, what's disappointing is like, if you go back and watch the Lord of the Rings uh-huh. trilogy now, yeah. all those practical effects feel so much more tactile. The right. orcs and goblins are scary. Yeah. There's nothing scary about those Hobbits, but they did that on purpose, I think, to help it appeal to kids. And Nothing if, scary about the hobbits. In comparison, yeah. If you if you do a rewatch and watch uh-huh. the Uruk High, the right. big motherfuckers from the Two Towers, right? And then you, like if you do like a side by side, the uh, complete CGI orcs and stuff from the Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. they seem like cartoonish, right? They don't they just don't have the impact. But yeah. and granted, my son, I only got him to watch uh, the Fellowship. Yeah, but like I'm struggling to get him to watch the Two Towers because he thinks it fucking sucks in comparison to the Hobbit movies that he's already seen. It kind of makes sense. I mean, if you are gonna like, if you are gonna break this down, like you know, like, I, I think like the Hobbit, the original book, it was a kid's book, and then, and then it got really more like adult and in depth once you did read like you know the Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? Because so this may be something that he'll want to watch and appreciate more when he's older that's probably true yeah the uh harry potter series kind of did that too in the beginning the first couple of years the the threat was there but it wasn't as dire and serious and then shit really hit the fan at the end of uh book four the fourth movie yeah i love how they do that though you're growing up with the character right so like consequences are going to be a little bit more yeah you know i think like once even like in uh three when they introduced like serious black and mm-hmm. stuff like that it got even more and like yeah, yeah the battle with like the you know like the the one teacher was it lupin that turned into the werewolf yep yeah 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 that was good and then um at the very end of the fourth book with uh the death of uh cedric right diggory. yeah cedric diggory Who, a lot of people had a problem with that uh, why? I, well, I don't because now I realize it was Robert Pattinson. Kill that oh, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. Kill that Twilight motherfucker. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but he was actually good in that. <laughs> he was really he was good, good in that. that. Yeah, dude. But um, yeah, I'm not. Were people really pissed? That he died in that movie? There was a lot of I, – I, I remember talking to a few of my friends and they're like, yeah, this is like a kid's book and blah, 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 blah. And I want my kids to read this. And then it got to the point in that movie you know, uh, where they killed a character. They yeah. killed a young boy. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, I, I, don't like the, I don't like the book anymore. I won't, I won't let my kids read it. You know, they, I, that was just like my personal. This wasn't like I don't. I, I didn't search like out in the web like what people are saying, but like that was right. his big problem with it. That hmm. a teenage boy died in the movie. Huh. Well, I mean, it was it, it like you said. It, it turns darker the further it goes. Yeah. 
So I I accepted it as just part of the story. Well, the thing is, the same thing with like fucking Star Wars and shit. You know what I mean? It gets a lot darker in Empire. Yeah, yeah, big time. So uh, let's see here. It says my last comment is directed to Frank. Oh, I I I completely agree that Gotham has more continuity and plot hole and plot hold issues than most shows. Uh, for some reason, I notice a lot of the little things that my, my that bother me too. Issues that are not hard to fix. The one example I can remember is from episode two or three. Two Gotham cops were in the back of a van while five guys were shooting the back of the van. So what do the cops do? They bust the van door wide open just to be blown away seconds <laughs> later by the five guys shooting at the van. Right? How stupid can a cop be? <laughs> I work a lot as a production assistant and I notice a lot of small production issues that can be that can and should be fixed by assistant directors and prop specialists on set like the coffee. Despite Thank you. <laughs> this, despite this, I still Tupperware the show and Jada Pinkett Smith has finally stopped overacting and has fallen nicely into a role where I actually care about the character. I completely agree with that. Yeah, I wasn't picking it apart to say I didn't like the show. <laughs> right. I just I in comparison to how polished uh the Peggy Carter was, it kind of pointed out these flaws a little bit more so yeah. in Gotham for me. Yeah, I think Aaron Claude Miller, uh he hosts the Nerd Porn podcast, yeah. which I love. It's a great podcast, but he also agreed with you. He's like a, I think he's like a film major or something like that. And he gotcha. kind of, he kind of agreed with you too. I cool. guess I guess if you take a film class and stuff like that, you might notice these things a little bit more. I'm not so nitpicky when it comes to that stuff. I just I just thought it was fun to rant on about the coffee. Oh sure, thing. right. Yeah. Did you ever uh watch that episode? It was the uh premiere, the mid-season premiere. I have not. Ah. I'm like three episodes behind on Gotham. I'm I'm all the way caught up on Flash. That's like been my show. Gotcha. I this is the first uh week that I'm not caught up on like Peggy Carter and I, Gotham. I yeah, I miss the new Peggy Carter too. Damn, I know, I'm like kicking myself for it's just a busy ass week. I got other shit though. Yeah. But uh he says one of the other things I noticed about Gotham, especially early on, is that when it is an exterior shot from the streets of the city the cameras seem to focus on rooftops and perches, places where I feel like Batman would be standing and listening to a conversation, if he existed. I think it is some clever foreshadowing that the city needs someone to keep watch. That's a, that's that's awesome. That's cool. I'm yeah. going to have to look for that. Yeah, I, I can picture it in my mind, and absolutely. that That's really cool. That's a neat perspective to take. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I am also excited to hear that you guys have so many new listeners. I remember the old days before Frank and when Jake got arrested. Ha ha. If you don't know anything about that, listen to our Free Jake episode. Yeah, Free Jake. Let our Jacob go. Yeah. But I think you guys are in a serious groove right now and just hitting your prime. The chemistry is awesome and the structure and feel of the podcast flows nicely. Just so much fun. Keep up the great work, Leftovers, including Frank. Frank. Yay! Andrew Ross. P.S. I never stated my position before, but Man of Steel sucks. Aw. No, it's over, uh, you know. I, I got email wars going on here. We're I one. love it. I hate it. Yeah, we're one for two, though. Yeah, yeah. 50-50. Jay Cloth. Uh, he uh, sends us an email. I used to collect comics, but closed my box about five years ago. After I had my first child, $100 a month seemed a waste. 
I've missed my weekly book pickup and reading what my favorite characters were up to. I found your podcast on accident, and I've been listening since the Winter Soldier episode, or just before, can't remember. Since listening, I've often thought about starting my comic collecting again. Many of the movies that are coming out now are from around 2004-2005, right in the heyday of my collecting, and your conversations about your favorite books has started me to make started to make me miss them even more. After your recent episode when you spoke about the upcoming Star Wars comic reboots, I decided to go down to my local comic shop and reserve a couple copies of each of the new titles, one for reading and one for saving. I can't wait to get home and open up this book. Thanks for your suggestion and for getting me back to one of my favorite hobbies. You guys are great. And even if I'm lying, you are the first and last podcast I'll ever listen to. <laughs> You're faithful and not slutty fan, Jay Cloth. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Jay. That's great. I'm glad that, you know, our podcast, I mean, I know we don't talk about comics too much. I read a lot of comics, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that even though we aren't like a hundred percent comic book podcast, that we are getting people back into the comic book stores and reading these great books oh, and yeah. titles. You and Jay, you and, uh, Jake's, uh, passion for it is really infectious. And when you guys get to talking about all of it, it's, I mean, I'm not just casually sitting here listening. Like, I'm, I'm like, I gotta check this shit out. I want in on the conversation. I want to know too. Yeah. That's very cool. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Matthew, he was the dude who sent us the, uh, email last week about, uh, that we went off on the whole, no, a couple weeks ago, right? Where we went off on the whole balls tangent. Balls. Yeah. Yeah. The big set. <laughs> yeah. He, he does that foreign comic book collector. Right, yeah. yeah, gotcha. Here he goes. He says, ah, shit, boys. The balls episode was epic. <laughs> epic balls. Who knew my email would be the impetus to such layered and complex discussions about the human scrotum and the little sacks of baby juice they contain? <laughs> Damn it. Frank had me rolling on the floor when he couldn't keep it together about my quote, unquote, set. <laughs> When writing the email, I was kind of aware of the double entendre that was going on with my set talk, but I had no idea it would elicit the responses you guys gave. So I think some further explanation about what a set is might help. In the foreign niche of comics, of collecting comics, we have our own vocabulary terms with some stuff. A foreign set or set is when the same issue from multiple countries is collected. A collector can have a small set, a big set, or a particularly meaty set, like the one I sent you a pick of. So keep up the good work, guys. Hope you liked the article I sent, and big thanks for reading my email on the air. We'll definitely keep listening for my pop culture commentary needs, my friends. Nice. So... Oh, he sent you a set. Yeah, he, <laughs> he sent you a pick of a set. He sent, yeah, he sent me a pick of a set. It's a clean. It was a meaty set, like he said. Well, there you go. Yeah, it was clean. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. Now I'm getting. I'm not going to start talking about uh, Brazilian <laughs> hairless. Hairless. Holy shit. As long as we stay away from the gooch. Oh, brother. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that one of the nastiest parts on the body? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <clears throat> There's no help there. I mean, they can bleach buttholes, right? Yeah. But yeah, what do you, is there any kind of like gooch? Can you can you do a gooch treatment? 
no clue. Where would you even start? Do you like Google like uh, you know like Gooch Gooch surgery? Gooch I mean surgery. How do you find that? You know, I have no idea. You, I'm sure you could find out. We'll have an answer next week. Like for like what? Shaving the gooch? Huh? <laughs> what no, are we just, talking just, about? Just, just making it more attractive. I don't think you can make a gooch more attractive. That's yeah. That's my whole thing. Can you? Like, maybe if you were to, like, flip upside down and try to pretend that, like, your balls were the dude's eyes and your dick was the nose and, like, color in a fucking fro like so its hair. Turn it into an animated character? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fuck watching Barney, kids. <laughs> Mr. Gooch is in town. <laughs> Hi, kids. <laughs> uh. Oh man! What what's, what's the what's the catch line for that show? You know what I mean? Look like I don't know. What's the catch line, Mister Gooch? Mister Gooch screwed the pooch. I don't know. Keep it clean, wipe front to back. Oh brother! All right. Uh, <laughs> Frank's losing it again, and he snorted. That just happened. That's a real thing. That's a real snort. Uh, you good? Yep. All right, man. I got a final email comes from Joseph Alavaras. He says, hey, Brian, just wanted to talk real quick. Thank you for the heads up on the Almighty Johnsons. Uh, I ran through that first season like a coffee enema. <laughs> Did it run through him, though? Yeah. <laughs> Did it run through him? Oh, my God. Coffee enemas. <laughs> Yikes. What was the one? I watched a recent um, My Strange Addiction, and what was the chick doing? She was eating brick. She what? Would, yeah, she would eat brick. Like, like just chopped she, up? Like No, she'd just like take it off the wall, like an old brick wall. She'd just chew the brick and eat the brick. Wouldn't it break her teeth? I Wouldn't it break your butthole coming out the other end? Yeah, probably. No, she said she was able to chew it up pretty good. Her teeth were in good condition, but you know what I mean? She was eating brick. She have fucking caps put in or something? She rocking like a steel grill? I don't, dude. Like I don't lock know. Jaw. <laughs> I don't. It was like old brick, that, and she was eating like uh, the um, uh, in her house. The uh, uh, I can't think of the fucking uh, the word for it. Stucco. Her, yeah, kind of like stucco in her house. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, drywall. She was like, holy the, fuck. Yeah, she's eating drywall and shit. She's like a mouse. It's fucked up. Like, they showed, like, different rooms of her house, and she's just got, like, big pieces of drywall missing from where she's eating it. And everybody that has one of these fucked up, like, uh, addictions, yeah, they all have, like, a significant other that's just like, I guess I'm going to stick it out with this brick-eating bitch, but... You know what? She's better be given, like, the best sex ever. Right. Like, she she doesn't bat an eyelash if she says, I'm putting it in your butt tonight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, it just went to anal. <laughs> But, yeah, back to Joseph's email. He says, uh, yeah, he goes, always, anyways, wanted to return the kindness and suggest a show on Netflix called The Inbetweeners. It's an England-based show that if you're not too keen on their lingo, you may want to put the subtitles on. If you've seen it, then you already know. But if it, if not, it's not too far from the dialogue of the Johnsons. There's a movie of the Inbetweeners also, but the show is where you want to start. Your loyal listener, Joseph Jedi Joe 3000 at Instagram and Facebook. 
Uh, Joseph, I have seen the Inbetweeners. Uh, four or five years ago, they ran like a marathon on BBC. I became addicted to the Inbetweeners. Very, very funny, hilarious. MTV tried to do an American version of the Inbetweeners. It was absolutely horrible. They bit off that first season completely. It just did not translate well to American audiences. But it is a huge hit over in England, dude. Like the first movie that came out, I yeah. think it was the number one comedy ever over there. Huh. I think they've had two movies. So, in betweeners, Frank, if you, you've got Netflix, oh yeah, you should watch it, dude. It's okay. kind of like it's kind of like uh, like I enjoyed the movie Superbad, Jonah Hill, yeah. Michael Cera, uh-huh. McLovin, all that bullshit, yeah. dude. This is like you get to watch like those guys every week, and it's like uh, it's like a combination of that and American Pie, but it's in the UK, and every week you get a new episode, and it's just. Huh. This, Awkward moments from high school, trying to get the girl that's out of your league, and you know what I mean? Just yeah. stuff like that. Dude, in-betweeners is just so fucking hilarious. That sounds Very, good, man. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. All right. So those were the emails for the week. Uh, what we're going to do now, take a quick break. We're going to come back with good pop, bad pop. Woohoo! Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow The Leftovers on Instagram at Instagram.com slash PopCultureLeftovers and on Tumblr at PopCultureLeftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, we're back. It's time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, uh, we are going to be doing good pop, bad pop. I love this. I love good pop, bad pop. I actually got some shit this week. Yeah, you do. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, and it's not all like weird shit. Now, if you, if you, hey, man, you know what? If you like it this week, if you get hooked on it, uh-huh. if you get hooked on phonics, I want you to come back next week and have just as much. All right. Mix then. it up a holy, little bit. Holy for shit. Me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Are you ready for good pop, bad pop? Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's do this. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. All right. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either liked or disliked. Uh, when we do good pop, bad pop, we do have a unique rating system. And uh, we want all our listeners to be familiar with our unique rating systems. Otherwise, they're going to have no idea what the fuck we are talking about. Right. Right? Right. It's kind of a weird rating system. Like, what are they doing tasting each other? Exactly. <laughs> Why are they tasting each other's gooches right now? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Why is that? What, is this a thing? What's Yuck. going on? What's oh. going on? And you know what? Frank's got the visual. I can already tell. <laughs> that's like a borderline rim job, man. Ain't no, 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 no. Yeah, no. that's not even a full fledged. 
No. That's borderline. Yeah, well, yeah. but like, like if somebody ain't all the way clean, though, you're going to be getting a tongue full of chocolate. Oh, Frank. <laughs> Fuck, it's nasty. Yeah, it is. Yuck. Wow. Hershey Kisses, Better right? hope everything's all shaved clean. Ugh. Uh, oh, my God. Somebody just threw up in their mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do have a unique rating system here on Pop Culture Leftovers. If it's your first time listening, here it is in all of its fucking goose glory. <laughs> the rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. The fuck's wrong with Clive, man? He hears the word Gooch and he comes strolling through wearing nothing but a jock strap and a fucking bow tie. Yeah, that was a little off-putting. What the fuck? Right. Like, nobody's going to do nothing with your Gooch, dude. We were just talking about it in a hypothetical sense. Just a hypothetical sense. Yeah, get your yeah. ass back on the plane. We'll see you next week. See you next week. No ne- Gooch. Yeah. No Gooch. Just bring the tie next week. I like the tie was a nice touch. Yeah, at least he looked a little clothed. Yeah, a little clothed. Yeah, I don't know. He he looked like a, a like a very much exhibitionist Chippendales dancer. Yeah, it was the jockstrap man, that open air ass. I just couldn't deal with that when he left. Oh, we are so disgusting. <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> This is not episode 69. No. Oh, shit. Oops. All right. You remember last week, um, Matt, you know, Soggy Mo. Yeah. Sent me uh, a walk among the tombstones. Mm-hmm. And that was like my homework this week. Was yeah. To watch a walk among the tombstones. If you haven't listened before, I kind of like, I don't know. I've been breaking Liam Neeson's balls lately about uh, some of these movies he's putting out. You know, Taken. Yeah. The one he's on a plane. I feel like they're all the same fucking movie. So, you know, Matt's telling me, hey, you know, this this uh, Walk Among the Tombstones movie is definitely not the same movie. And, you know, from the description that I read, I thought like, oh, you know, Liam Neeson's wife has been, you know, kidnapped <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. So I started watching the movie. And right off the beginning, you know, it. I thought it started to have a little bit of feel like those other movies. There's like a big, you know, gun fight, you know, and stuff yeah. like that in the streets and and stuff like that. And the movie takes place, I think, in the early 90s and then moves on to, like, 1999. But, like, in this first scene, like, there's this huge gunfight and stuff like that. And it was actually really pretty cool um, uh, as far as, like, the gunfight's concerned. Um, you know, I'm just going to rate it. I'm going to okay. give this movie – I'm, I'm going to give it a high taste it. Really? I was actually blown away by this movie. Wow. And how different it is from, you know, his other films that he's put out recently. And it, it is not the same type of movie that he's, like, we've been more accustomed to lately. Right, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and it wasn't his wife that was kidnapped. It was somebody else's wife that was kidnapped. And basically, it's a really cool detective movie. And, like, there is a montage of, like, Liam Neeson doing detective work. And within that five-minute m- montage of, like, him being a detective, I've got more out of that five minute montage of him being a detective than I've ever gotten any Batman film of Batman being a detective. No shit. Yeah. Huh. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like a chess game and, he, and, and he's trying to figure out, like, you know, who did these murders and he works alone, man. He works alone. He's hired by, uh, like, a, like, kind of like a drug cartel. Mm-hmm. A group of people, so like they can't go to the police to find out like you know what happened because like this guy works you know he's a, he's a, he's a drug lord right yeah so they hire 
Liam Neeson to like find out who the killers are. And like what I thought was really cool was like, oh, don't just find out who they are. Find them who they are. Bring them back to me and I want to kill them. Oh, all right. So I'm like, wow, wow, this is cool. Okay. This is very cool. Yeah, it's not just him blowing everything up. And what's also awesome about this movie is like, you know, like you watch any like CSI crime show or whatever like that, you know, like the people that they interview, they're trying to get clues from and like get leads from. Yeah. Those characters, I feel like they're just kind of like uh, just random actors and they just come in there and they give their lines. Yeah. No, these actors, like they're really fleshed out characters. Okay. Really fleshed out characters. Like one character like catches him in a lie. Oh no shit! And Liam's like, "Oh, you're on to me." And I was just like, "Wow, th- you know, like, you know, these aren't just idiots that are just spilling like leads and like, hmm. you know, fucking clues and shit. Like, these, okay. they actually serve a purpose in this, and they're really cool characters. Um, it's a really, really, really good movie. A um, lot of detective work. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um, there was really one scene in it that I kind of thought was kind of weird and out of place. Uh, it's the scene where the two, uh, there, there, there's a couple guys that are the villains in this movie and they're in a van and they're trying to figure out like who's going to be their next victim, who are they going to kidnap next. And it's this little girl and she walks out in like this red jacket, mm-hmm. this red coat and she's skipping along and it goes into like a slow motion skip with this music behind her and they're watching her. And it was just, if you watch the movie, it just didn't fit with the tone of it. It felt very weird and out of place. Hmm. But other than that, this movie is spot on. It's great. Um, the ending is, uh, kind of bizarre too. Um, but, um, I did enjoy the movie overall. Uh, he had like a young kid working with him. It takes place in 1999. So there's like a lot of Y2K ah, stuff going on okay. and you hear about the Y2K stuff and yeah. Liam Neeson character is not too savvy with computers. So he hires this young African-American kid and this kid is from, uh, one of my favorite parts of, he, he's one of the best actors in that movie, Earth to Echo, the found footage film with the alien robot. Yeah. But they, th- this kid's in the movie and he He's phenomenal in it, and I really liked him in this movie, and they form a friendship, and he kind of acts like his assistant throughout this, and mm-hmm. it's not cheesy, though. It's a really cool dynamic, okay. and and um, I really enjoyed the movie. I had a lot of fun with it, and uh, definitely a movie I will sit down and watch again. I'm glad I own it, and I want to thank Matt for turning me on to the movie. I just wish Liam Neeson would make more movies like this. Right. Do you think that uh, being jaded at all coming into it mm-hmm. um, affected your rating in such a way that if you would have seen it when it first came out, uh-huh. would it have been a Tupperware back then? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I, I think, I think overall, I love the detective work, but I think the ending, it was, although I, I liked it, I think it fell into a few of the tropes that some of these movies do fall into at yeah. the ends of movies, like where you think somebody might be dead. Oh. They might, you know, or is, are they coming back? You know right, what I mean? And yeah. I think it fell into some of those tropes that I kind of like, I wanted something a little bit more creative, but on the flip side, this is a solid movie and it's a high taste and it's one of the better Liam Neeson movies that have come out in a long time. You know, I'm not going to knock Liam Neeson too much. The reason he's making all these movies and like signing on for every project is, you know, his wife died. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to keep himself busy. 
True. just acting. And he'll, yeah. it's like almost like he's taking on any role. He's, maybe he's not being too picky with these things. I, I just don't want to see Liam Neeson fall into fucking Nicolas Cage territory. Right. It's almost like the... And, and the only thing that with Nicolas Cage <clears throat> that died was his fucking soul. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, Liam Neeson, his, his, you know, God forbid, his poor wife died. And oh, so, right. yeah. But, um, I mean, he's poking fun at himself a little bit when he did that, like, promo with uh, Taken 3, that video, why is everybody always taking my yeah. shit? Yeah. So, I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe he kind of acknowledges that, yeah, okay, this might be the last one. Either that or he's just having fun doing it. Yeah. So, I don't yeah. know. Hey, he's working, man. Yeah. More than I can say for Daniel Cutmore. Cut Hell yes. <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> oh, I need a job. <laughs> You know, um, another movie that I watched. No, thank you, Soggy Mo. Um, Walk of the Tombstones. I'll definitely be watching it again. Um, it was a great movie. I just want to see Liam Neeson get more roles like this. So yeah, thank you so much for turning me on to that movie. Second movie I wanted to watch about, I think it was Kenneth Taggart been wanting me to watch this for a long time because he knows I'm a big fan of the actor Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Who we'll talk about later in the Fantastic Four trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be the new Johnny Storm. Yep. But, he talked to me about this movie that I've been wanting to see. It came out in 2013. It's called Fruit Vale, uh, Fruit vale Station. Okay. I knew nothing about this movie. All I knew was that Michael B. Jordan's in it. Well, Michael B. Jordan's in it as well as uh, Octavia Spencer, who is also rumored to be like you know Amanda Waller. Right. But yeah. now it looks like Viola Davis is going to get the Amanda Waller role. Mm-hmm. But Fruitville Station is a, an amazing movie. I'm going to Tupperware this movie. It's right. absolutely fantastic. Um, basically, it's based on a true story. And in this movie, they start off with real footage of the actual thing that this movie leads up to. Oh. The real event that happens in this movie. Okay. Um, at the beginning of the movie, they show the characters that are in the film um, in a train station. And... In this train station, all the it, they're African American males, and they're up against like the wall in the train station, and the cops are harassing them. And I mean, one of the guys stands up and starts talking to you know the police officer, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, sit down!" And they kind of like throw him down and stuff like that. And then yeah. the cop starts making racial slurs towards these gentlemen, which is way out of hand. And then things get escalated. Police officers start making some really bad decisions. They're really forceful with these guys. One of the cops flips the guy on his back. Next thing you know, yelling and screaming going on. People on the train are watching this, video recording that, and that's why we're able to see this. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it cuts to black and you hear – they don't show it because it cuts to black, but you hear the actual gunshot. A cop fired a gunshot, I think, like near – the car- the guy's car- the kidneys uh-huh and that's when the movie starts oh shit. and it shows you the whole story of this guy leading up to that point so like automatically like i'm invested in watching this film like right. where is this going to go and what does this have to do with this fruitville station they call mm-hmm. it the bart station and so basically you've got like you, they introduce you to michael b jordan's character and he's kind of like a former drug dealer He's 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 spent time in prison, had a rough time in prison, and you know he's coming out and trying to work a regular job. He's never worked a regular job. He's just kind of like sold drugs and stuff. Loses his job, but you know what? 
he says, fuck it. He's got like, I don't know. He's got like a bag of dope that he can sell. But you know what? He, he, he makes a trip down to like the ocean and he just dumps it in the water. I'm going to make a clean start. I'm going to start, you know, and he's got a kid and he's got a girlfriend. He's going to try to stay faithful to her. Mm -hmm. And the whole movie is about this guy cleaning up and trying to be the man that he wants to be. And, um, it all leads up to New Year's Eve and going out with his friends and getting on this train. And the whole reason he gets on the train is because his mother asked him to be safe, get on the train. I don't want you drinking and driving, blah, blah, right, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then the other <clears throat> things unfold after that, which leads to that event. Um, but after the event happens, I'm telling you, there's, it's, a, it's a great story up until that point. But then it gets even more amazing. The director, after that point of where he gets shot, it's almost like you're there. They don't skip anything. I mean, it shows the reactions of his friends. It shows the, it, it, of, uh, after he's been shot. And I mean, from there, like, it takes you to the, the emergency room and you get to see how everybody's reacting. And you get to see Michael B. Jordan throughout this. And it's just, it's heart pounding after that. It's just heart pounding and amazing. And it is an absolutely phenomenal film, especially the way it's cut at the end. I mean, they skip nothing. It feels like, it feels like once at that point he gets shot, it feels like they are taking you to the hospital and you are on the journey with the family to see what happens to this guy. Wow. It is so fucking good. Michael B. Jordan is just an amazing performance. And when did this come out? 2013. <clears throat> really? I'd heard nothing about it. Yeah, it might have been like in Redbox for a little bit. I, I caught it on like a Stars Weekend or something like that, where they had like a free Stars Weekend. Okay. And I recorded it, and I just watched it over the week. Yeah. Fruitville Sta Fruitvale Station. It is so damn good. Wow. Tupperware, this movie. So wow. I think it was Kenneth Tagger that wanted me to watch that. So, Kenneth, thank you for the suggestion. Nice. Yeah, you should watch this, Frank. Yeah, it's man. Really I, fucking sounds good. really, really good. Yeah. All right, Frank, you've got good pop, bad pop out the fucking wazoo, out the gooch this week. <laughs> out the gooch. Out the gooch. Yeah. So man. hook us up, dude. I got some shit. Right on. All right. Uh, I've actually got a um, recent video game review. Okay. Uh, yeah. For a uh, survival horror game that came out this week called Dying Light. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the premise is it's like a parkour based first person type. Uh -huh. It's not really a first person shooter because I'm about two and a half, three hours in and I still haven't gotten a gun. Okay. I'm just like wielding a pipe Could or whatever. Could it turn into that kind of a game? I don't think so. Okay. It, it, you might end up with a gun uh -huh. later on, but like I, I don't get the impression, at least this far, that that's like the, the main focus. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Uh, it's from developer Techland, which I'd not heard of them before. Right. And uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment, which they're not known for being a big publisher in the industry or anything yeah. for video games specifically. Sure. Um, so you have this contained like outbreak area at the a fictional city of Haran. Okay. And it's like it, it is like a, a post-apocalyptic thing, but there's still a government trying to help these people infected in the area. Yeah. And there's a file that gets out of a serum that's not complete. Well, is the is the area totally like blocked off? Has the government yeah. like blocked off this area? Yeah, people okay. people can't get out. Yeah, and um, it, it's kind of set up like shanties. 
And it, it's not that way in particular, I don't think, because of the apocalypse. You hear people, N- NPCs, non-player characters, yeah. talking in the game about how it's been three months, where's the government? So it, it hasn't lasted real long at okay. this point. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so this uh, file gets out with this serum that's incomplete, and if somebody makes it, it it's more toxic than the actual zombie virus. Okay, so, so this is a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you have to go undercover into this, like, survivor zone to try to find out who stole the file. So it's kind of neat because you're doing some, uh, like, stuff if you were a survivor in this, you know, area. Uh, you have to go set traps. Everybody's warning you about, like, a- avoiding the zombies and stuff. Um but like I said, it's like a parkour type game, more or less as opposed to running around and blowing the shit out of stuff. Right. Uh, it's more like skill based. Like you, they want you to be able to run around and climb up on things because that's like where you're Splinter safe. Cell, maybe. Uh, not so much Splinter Cell. Uh, last gen, the game that was kind of like this was Mirror's Edge. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's more about interacting with your environment. And, you know, first hour, hour and a half, I mean, I'm, like, getting the idea. Like, you got some firecrackers, and the zombies are all real slow. There's a shit ton of them. Right. But, I mean, they're real easily distracted. They're You throw a handful of firecrackers, even if one's staring you dead in the face, it's going to turn and shamble towards the, the firecrackers. Right. So, like, sometimes that's how you go set up these traps. You got to get down on the street, throw some firecrackers, and then fuck around with the engine. Uh, See, if that's the case, dude, I think they should just celebrate the 4th of July and just fucking wipe <laughs> them all out. <laughs> well, and, and there's bits of the story that's still unfolding. Like there's some kind of government conspiracy because uh, if you get infected, it's not like an instant death sentence. They how, got, how do they get infected in this game? Bites. Bites, okay. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, like when you, you get parachuted into this area yeah. Um, and like you land, your chute gets hung up on a building and then you let yourself drop onto the ground. Well, they hear you, and then, like, within the first two minutes, you're already bitten. Oh, So shit. you're already infected. And uh, you got to get this stuff called antizen, which holds off the change. Uh-huh. There's no cure for it, but as long as you keep taking the antizen, you're pretty much okay. How do you get a hold of this antizen? Well, there's uh, government drops okay. of it. And then you get into, like, the political side of the game, where you're trying, like, the survivors themselves have their own like ecosystem set up where they barter and have enemies and stuff within the survival zone. Right. But then also you being a double agent or whatever sent in from the government, like you go find a drop and you're thinking all your people really need this shit and like the people you're undercover with. And then the uh, government chick that you're talking to tells you to destroy it because it's going to force a confrontation between the people you're undercover with and another group. Uh, so it's like a political move, but like you're doing this. It's not one of those parts of the game where you have like a choice and you can say, do this and it's good, or don't do this and it's bad. Right. It just happens. Okay. And you watch it. Your character has dialogue and stuff. The voice acting is really good in the game. Yeah. Um, but after about an hour and a half, I mean, it's got a mildly intriguing storyline thus far. Um, but after about an hour and a half in it, and I'm like, okay, well... I'm really fast, you know, the character's really fast, a lot yeah. faster than the zombies and stuff, and I mean, the the combat kind of stinks, um, it, it feels kind of floaty, like when you swing your wrench, it doesn't feel like you're making contact with anything, so it's kind of hard to tell, like, distances and stuff, whether you're going to swing and hit air or them. Right. That's really the only flimsy part 
that I had experienced thus far. But um, I'm like, okay, so I can run past them, knock them over, and climb up on a building. This is no big deal. Well, right after that part where um, I had to destroy that stuff, right. you're out, you're caught outside at night. And everybody's been making a great big deal. Don't be outside at night. Don't be outside at night. I'm like, okay, well, okay. I, my experience with zombies is like the walking dead. Okay, so there's just more of them out. <laughs> Somebody says, be careful of the volatiles. Uh-huh. These motherfuckers are fast, they're strong, and they're scary as fuck. So these are like the European zombies, like in the movies, like 28 Days Later, yeah. where they run and shit? Yeah, and uh, they're, um, they can climb, and they're scary. Here's a picture of one of them. Holy shit. Right, yeah, like their lower jaw unhinges Yeah, and stuff. And that's a promo shot. For wow, the game. I like those. Yeah. I like the look of those, though. So Scary. At, at nighttime, during the day, it's more strategic. Like you're you're able to stop, look around, like what can I climb on? Where can I go? Right to get your shit done, and you want to avoid you know getting caught around a bunch of them. But at nighttime, you fucking run. Yeah, you can't kill them. They beat the fuck out of you. They hear the noise. You got a flashlight, and this is where the game really gets cool. At night. If you try to run without the flashlight on, you can still see like darker shadows and shit from like the buildings and stuff. So I mean, right. it's like being outside. You got the moonlight. Uh, you turn your flashlight on. You got this great big panel of light. You, you, when you're booking it, and all of a sudden you accidentally flash your flashlight on one of those things. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, like we've talked before with like Jake, and Jake said that uh, like, oh well, it's a cutscene. The picture that I showed you, that's exactly how the Sons of Bitches look in-game. In-game. Wow. And while you're running, the developer did such a good job of, like, capitalizing on knowing that the people playing are wanting to be a little scared at night. Yeah. As you're running, you can press triangle and look over your shoulder. And the game itself slows down. That way you're not, like, barreling full-on, full speed ahead. Yeah. But you can look over your shoulder and see how close these bastards are behind you and, like, they're, like, reaching for you and shit. Oh, that's creepy. It is creepy as hell. Yeah. And uh, so it's neat. And then you can go take naps and stuff. So basically you have control over, like, certain missions and shit you do during the day. Right. And certain shit you do at night. Uh-huh. So it, it – it really picked up right there. I honestly started to get a little bored at that hour and a half mark until it hit nighttime. Yeah. And now I'm like, holy fuck. Right. I can't wait to get back into it. Question. Okay, so like you, they drop you off in this, you know, environment. Yeah. Are you saying like they give you like no weapons to begin with? Right. Wow. That's... Well, no, you had a handgun. Yeah. But and when you landed, you fell into like uh some of the rebels or bad guys right. or what have you. And uh they try to take you out. They start beating the holy living fuck out of you. And when you pull a gun, they stop. And it's mm-hmm. not because they want to get shot. They said you're going to bring them. Oh, okay. Because of the noise. The noise. And then uh well, when they start beating the fuck out of them, dude says I don't care and shoots one of them anyway. Well, then yeah. out they come and that's when you get bit. Yeah. But uh it's actually the people that you're supposed to get undercover with that come and rescue you at that point. Uh-huh. Um now, even though it sounds like I'm gonna Tupperware this thing, okay. I'm gonna give it a high taste it and I'm gonna say why. Okay. The parkour part is awesome. Okay. The um the settings and the immersion in it, like yeah. my ability to be scared while playing the fucking game yeah. is really high. That's awesome. 
the the bat the fighting, which I don't think is part of the like the like main thing you're supposed to do. Right. That's weak. That's really weak. No, it sounds like it. I mean, you're talking earlier about like your character like fighting him with a wrench. Yeah, I mean, the the idea behind it would work fine. Like anybody who's used to playing first person melee games, like uh, Skyrim or. Yeah. Um, the one that came before it, I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but uh, all those Elder Scrolls games. Yeah. You can, in a first person game, you can swing something like that, and when it makes contact with your target, you can kind of feel, like, through vibration in the controller, even. Yeah. And, like, what happens to the sword or whatever when you make contact. Right. This, like, you swing, and they might get hit, but your wrench just keeps flying like it never touched anything. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's odd for how well weighted, like, the running portion is right. Um, it's even balanced to the point where, uh, when you're walking over like one log or like a plank, uh-huh. you sway back and forth, like in with wind, it gets worse and you can balance it. You look down at your feet and then like be real careful with it. It's so well done there that I'm very disappointed with how the combat feels. Now right. I am only like two, two and a half hours in, it, some things could change for me down, later down the road. There's there's like skill trees, yeah, for things that you can unlock, and maybe with unlocking enough of those, maybe it'll it'll feel different. Sure, it'll change. sure. So that's a possibility. Yeah, because like me and you right now, I can tell you that I'm probably not skilled with the wrench. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not like hand to hand, you know what I mean? Wrench combat, I'm probably not going to be the best. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, well, I mean, they got a lot of skills in there, like your, when you swing the wrench. One thing that they, so what they were trying to get at that I did like is, whereas in The Walking Dead, yeah. you see people, and even like wafy thin little girls like Beth and Maggie, stabbing these things in the head like it's no big deal and they drop and dead. Yeah. A human skull is a thick, thick thing. Right. And a zombie that can't feel pain isn't going to drop just because you hit it in the head with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do appreciate the fact that they tried to make the combat feel harder. Like, to give you the impression you're not supposed to try to fight these things. Right. When you swing something heavy like a pipe wrench, you got the stamina meter and it goes down with every swing. You can't just sit there and swing it as hard as you can repeatedly over right. and over Button and over. Button mashing. Yeah. yeah. After like three swings... You're tired. You got to take a minute, right? And, so, and you, unless you knock them down and like aim right at their head, so you can smash their skull. Yeah, they they just keep getting back up. So, but th- even if combat isn't a main part of the thing, of the three skill trees, combat is one of them. So yeah. that's why I got to have that affect my rating a little bit. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, Jake and I have talked in the past about how some of these games, when they ship, they're broken. Yeah. And this is this game's first week. And while I haven't seen anything that breaks the game, like where it locks up or anything, I took some screenshots on my PlayStation 4 because that's where I played it. And uh, I'll see if I can't try to figure out how to send them to you or post them on Twitter or something. Right. But, uh, like, some of the graffiti on the walls isn't on the walls. If you, like... Look at the wall and then move side to side. You can see the graffiti like floating there, like the texture isn't where it's supposed to be. Right. In game. Right. Okay. And then there's one part where uh, you look. I was walking around looking for something, and part of a wall, like the lighting, 
stuck out on the side mm-hmm. to where the shading on the stairs wasn't accurate. It sounds like little bitches, and they are. This goes back to the coffee. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's it's broken. It, yeah. it, and when you have a bit of graffiti that, like, floats there like that, and then right next to the word safe that doesn't, mm-hmm. it, it, it when it points itself out like that, that's when you're like, wait, what? Right. But... That's something that's easily fixed. And for like, okay, unlike a movie where when you have an error and it's in a cut and it's done, it's done. Mm-hmm. This they can go through in a week and do a software update, and that problem will no longer exist. Yeah, the combat is the thing that is keeping it from being a Tupperware. Were that combat tactile mm-hmm. and felt good to do, even if it's not the main draw. It'd be a Tupperware, but being that is a portion of the game, it's cutting back for me. So Dying Light is a high taste. It yeah, and um, with games, the deeper you go, because there's different things you unlock and shit. This is subject to possibly being bumped up or bumped, not really bumped down, but like if I unlock perks that enable this to feel a lot better and actually be worthwhile, yeah, then that would of course change my experience and then change the rating. But as it stands, high taste it for dying light. Yeah. I just feel sorry for this guy and his job. I mean, that sucks. What a horrible fucking job. Oh yeah, man. I, I it's, it's bad for him. Right. He, he's a government agent gets dropped in to do a job. First thing yeah. he's fucked because he's bit. So he needs this antizen just as much as the right. people he's in with. And then he gets a crate full of like 300 vials of this shit. Yeah. And uh, he's got to destroy all of it. Right. Yeah. I'd be thinking about a new career path. So he better be getting paid a whole hell better of a whole, fucking Yeah, buying. exactly. So, Jeez. Okay, yeah. yeah. High taste it for dying. High taste it? Yep, high taste it. High taste it. Could change. All right. Uh, moving on here. No, that was cool. Very cool. Um, let's see here. All right, so yeah, moving on to the next good pop, bad pop for me. Marvel and toy company Funko. Are you familiar with the Funko stuff? Yeah, the Funko Pop. Yeah, the little Funko Pop toys. Yeah. Little little bobbleheads and Mm -hmm. shit. Yeah, those are real popular right now. Marvel and toy company Funko Pop, they've teamed up for something new. It's called Marvel Collector Corps, called the first-of-its-kind subscription box service for exclusive Marvel collectibles, apparel, and accessories. Wow. So, I mean, I've heard of, like, Loot Crate and Hero Crate. I've never subscribed to them, but a lot of people get them. They send you some stuff in the mail. Sometimes you get a comic, you get a T-shirt, you get a figure, stuff like that. You get something new every month. Sometimes they have, like, different, like, themed ones. Like, uh, it's Walking Dead month or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. This is all Marvel and Funko, and they're teaming for this. The debut box, which ships in April, will feature items from Avengers Age of Ultron, including an exclusive 6-inch Iron Man Hulkbuster Pop vinyl figure, a t-shirt sporting one of four exclusive designs, another stylized vinyl figure, and two premium accessories. A new box filled with merchandise valued at more than $50 will ship every two months for $25. Plus shipping and handling and taxes. The next box, which shi- oh, next box which ships in June, will feature Marvel's Ant Man. The Marvel Collector Corps website offers two subscription options: the recurring 12-month plan, which comes with benefits like an annual free gift and bonus exclusive items, 
and the recurring bi-monthly plan, which doesn't come with the annual gift. So I just wanted to let our members know that this is something new that's coming out. You know, I don't know if you're still liking the Hero Crate or Loot Crate or all that stuff. This is another one. I, I think it costs a little bit more. Um, but it sounds like you get a lot, a lot of bang for your buck. It might be something to like, you know, try out for one month. And especially with like these tying into like the movies coming up, Avengers Age of Ultron, and then the next one being Ant-Man, uh, might be something for people to check out. It's a good way to cross promote that kind of thing. Yeah. It's going to strike while the iron's hot. You'll get people that are always into it. They want to keep renewing that way they get the next newest thing. Yeah. I think it benefits Funko <laughs> a lot too. Yeah. You know, I know they do a lot of different figures like, you know, Game of Thrones figures. Yeah. Tons of figures, DC stuff. But yeah, this is a good, good thing for them. And, and it's a good thing for, uh, you know, Marvel to kind of provo- promote those movies and, and sell some merchandise too. Maybe some stuff that's just exclusive to this, uh, to this, uh, Marvel Collector Corpse. Yeah. So. It sounds good. I mean, I like the Funko stuff. I've got a full set of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, those are cute. I like to, you know, put them around. Yeah, this is kind of like uh, the Legos of bobbleheads. You know what I mean? Lego yeah. has so many like different like you know they can do Thundercats, they can do you know what I mean? Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and and all that stuff. So this is kind of cool. Yeah, man, that that's awesome. Uh, Frank, what's your second good pop at pop? Hawksby pointed me in the direction of Lego. Um, he had posted something, I believe, on our. Uh, is it Reddit or Instagram that they handle? They handle Instagram. Gotcha. Okay. See, I don't want to do the Instagram or the Reddit, so when I see a picture of it, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. But uh, <clears throat> I'm old. Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he uh, showed me a post that he put up over there, and it's the uh, Helicarrier from the Avengers, a Lego set. Right. And that son of a bitch is supposed to be like 350 bucks. Damn. Yeah. And uh, me and him both got the uh, Ghostbusters Ecto set. And that's a 10 and up. And that's pretty difficult. Yeah. And uh, this, I'd have to double. I got to check. I think it's uh, 17 and up. But it's not because like it's rated wrong. It's just so many pieces. So many pieces difficult to put together. Yeah. So uh, it's really cool, man. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's going to be included in that service that we talked about several months ago where you can rent the Lego sets. Oh, yeah. Because that'd be badass. Yeah, forget about that. Yeah, that thing's fucking huge. But, yeah, it looked like uh, 350 bucks is when I was looking. And uh, no matter what I could find, I can't find, like, a re- release date, uh, like, officially. Right. I can't find anything from Lego. Do you know Lego. how big this thing is? Like, how wide how long no not right off i'm trying to find the uh um picture where it it shows on it how many pieces is involved pause for a second sorry aye aye captain (laughs) all right frank what'd you find out man all right yeah i was a little wrong the age is 16 and up and it's got 2996 pieces Wow. And I can't find anything on uh like how big the thing is, but I mean with that many pieces, holy shit. Yeah. But uh this is a picture of it. Let me check this bad boy out. Oh, that's awesome. It looks great too. It's really fucking detailed. Yeah, it is. So yeah, I mean I I don't think I could pony up that much money for a Lego set, but uh that that might be something if they include that in that rental service. Yeah. I'd be down for that because that's fucking awesome, man. That's huge. It's going to take you a while to put it together. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. I'm bad at that. I got to I gotta try to get to Hobby Lobby or someplace yeah. uh, to get that matting stuff 
because that puzzle Jake got me. Yeah. I was looking at it, man, and I, uh, I, I want to make sure like it sticks, like set it up like a poster or something. Uh huh. So I want to get that before I get any further with Hell, it. Hell, I've still been trying to do this fucking Rubik's Cube from 1986. So <laughs> shit. Fuck that shit. I ain't, <laughs> I'm not doing that, man. Right. That, that, I, I'd be lost without the fucking directions. Yeah. Like somebody needs to, when that thing comes out, I wonder if somebody was going to do like a YouTube thing, like see how long it takes somebody to put it together without using the directions. Yeah. I'd like to see somebody like unbox it. Number one. Yeah. That'd be cool. And then do like a, like a fast forward is like them putting it together. Oh yeah. See how they put it together, how long it took and stuff like that. Yeah. See any montage of like me trying to do anything like that. You'd have to pause it every couple of seconds to hear me cussing because I don't know what the fuck. That's what I was going to say, dude. I was going to be like, if they showed you doing it, there'd be like, you know, halfway through it, you just pick it up and throw it on the ground, break it. God damn it. You cocksucking son of a bitch. (laughs) Right. Oh man, yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. It looks really nice. Yeah, so thanks, Hawksby, for pointing that out. Yeah, check out our Instagram too. All right, I wanted to talk about another movie here that I saw recently um, in theaters. And dude, I went to my theater to check this movie out. I saw that they were finally playing this movie. It's yeah, Cake with Jennifer Aniston. No, it, yeah, really serious role. Serious role. And like, this is like, you know, uh, nominated, I think, for Golden Globes. I'm not sure if it was nominated for anything for Oscars or anything like that, but it's huh. called Cake. Okay. Uh, title makes no sense until later on in the movie. Uh, but I wanted to see this movie and I get there and the lady tells me that, yeah, we're playing it, but the theater that you're going to go in, the heater's out. So you're going to have to watch <laughs> it. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like 60 degrees in there. It was more like 50 degrees Holy in there. Shit. So I'm like freezing my ass off watching this fucking cake movie. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm a man. I can handle this. And, and once I'm in there, I'm like shivering and shit. I got my hands in my pockets and stuff like that. I'm like, fuck, this is cold. But uh, Cake with Jennifer Aniston, different type of movie, dude. Like I've seen her in comedies. You know, like uh, she was in Horrible Bosses. Horrible yeah. Bosses 2, really funny. She does a lot of comedies and stuff, and she's great. I've never seen her do like a serious role like this. At the beginning of the movie, you see her, and she's like in a uh, support group for people that have been through um, like uh, extreme uh, chronic pain. Okay. So she has chronic pain. Apparently, she'd been involved in like some sort of accident. And they don't really flesh that out until later. They hold on to that card for quite a while. She's got scars all over her body, so and her face and everything like that. So she she does not look like Jennifer Aniston, like all dolled up and pretty and stuff. Like she looks pretty beat up, dude. Okay. It's not like Charlize Theron and fucking Monster. She's not that bad, but gotcha. I mean, yeah, you can tell. Like you know, her face has been pretty fucked up. And uh, she's in this support group, and one of the girls in the support group ended up killing herself, suicide, and I guess couldn't take the chronic pain. And she becomes obsessed with this woman that was in the support group that she had nothing in common with, didn't even really care for, became obsessed with her and, like, why she died and stuff like that. And it took me a while to really get into this movie because it really didn't start to, like, unfold until, like, later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a taste of it. With all the accolades that they're giving this movie, I thought it was really good, but I didn't think it was great. But I think it was one of the best performances I've seen out of Jennifer Aniston. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, she starts uh, having, like, visions of seeing, like, you know, this woman that killed herself. She's talking to her. She, like, comes into contact with this woman's, like, you know, uh, wit- the, her, her widowed husband and stuff like that and starts to find out more about this woman. It's an interesting movie. It's definitely worth a rental, but I don't think it deserves maybe all the accolades it's got, but it's definitely a taste it and something that I'd watch again. Gotcha. 
So yeah, yeah. I, I could see her doing well in a serious role. No, she did really well. She did really well. I mean, it's uh, I think she did better than Reese Witherspoon in uh, Wild and Wild. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. Reese Witherspoon kind of shocked me. She had a nude scene in Wild. Really? Yeah. So we got to see Reese's pieces. <laughs> it was. I never thought that she would do that, but she did that. I'm going to have to check that out just for that. You dirty old bastard. <laughs> was that uh, was that knocked up where they were making the website nothing but uh, sex scenes? Oh, yeah. Uh, was it knocked up? I think it was because that was all their loser, his loser buddies wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then they said there was already a website that does that. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Skin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sad that I remember that. <laughs> Frank, what's your next good pop, bad pop, man? Okay. Um, this this is like a true story. And so I, I don't know that really you can give it a rating, but like I cross-referenced it six ways from Sunday. And I don't know if you might have heard about the uh, zombie cat from Florida. No. Okay. So a guy was looking for his cat. Got hit by a car. Right. Found it in the road in a pool of blood. Uh huh. He buried it. Yeah. Five days later, the cat comes back. It's got a broken jaw and a, uh, its eyes fucked up. Let's see if I can't find a picture here for you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, like, cat gets hit by a car. Yep. Cat gets hit by a car. Like, they think they're pretty sure it's dead. Yeah, it's not like there's a cat coroner that came out and pronounced the cat dead, but they just thought the cat was dead. Yes. And, and, he, uh, and he buried him. Buried him. Five days later, the cat shows up at the dude's neighbor's house. Right. And uh, it's was alive. The, was the cat, like, wanting revenge for being buried, like in Kill Bill, <laughs> where the bride got, you know? No. No, nothing like that. I mean, it's it's just a cat. But, but the cat went to the neighbor's house. Yeah, they took it to the vet. Yeah. And uh, it just recently had surgery to fix the broken jaw and remove yeah. that eye. But, uh, oh, man, I'd love to find a picture of this fucking thing for you. Um, I'll keep looking. But, yeah, man, I mean, that's fucking weird. It was buried for five days. Yeah. And it came back. I bet that grumpy cat feels like a real dick now. He has nothing to be upset about. Yeah, no shit. Like this my- poor cat. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that the cat's alive. That's an amazing story. I, I don't know if you could see it through the... Uh, you got to scroll down a little bit, Chief. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's big enough. You should be able to see through the... Aww. Yeah. But, like, people are people are calling it zombie cat because, A, the picture. I mean, it is a little disturbing, but the fact that I mean they they swear it was dead oh, when they so, buried it. Yeah, that's a great so, story though that yeah. he came back. Yeah, and uh, they he they did a uh, GoFundMe um, for the guy's legal fund or not legal fund uh, the medical bills to pay for it because he said he'd pay for the vet yeah. bill for them to do yeah. surgeries and shit. But uh, now the Humane Society is saying that he shouldn't get to keep the cat. Oh, because he buried the cat. Yeah. But he's not a doctor. Right. I mean, I don't think he did it out of being malicious. Yeah. And if the fucking thing came back and he intended to hurt it, would he have come forward with it and took it to the fucking vet? Right, exactly. So I think that's a little extreme. Yeah. Somebody needs to do like a change.org thing for this guy, maybe. Yeah. So Try to get some pet- a petition going. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people were freaking out like, holy shit, like, mm-hmm. it, did it rise from the dead? 
And right. I really thought it was just some stupid prank at first until I looked it up. Like in like CNN reported it, ABC News reported it. I'm assuming this ca- this cat's not declawed. To get, uh, to get no, you know what I mean? I didn't catch that. Yeah, I'm yeah. just assuming, you know, in order to get being buried and then like claw its way back to true. You know. I wonder how deep though they buried it. Yeah, true. So, right, but still crazy. But yeah. yeah, it's good that you know it made it. Awesome. Yeah, it was hungry and shit <laughs> when they found it. Oh, but, I bet. But yeah, it's doing okay. That's awesome. You know, and like that's the kind of cat that like you know. That'll love you forever. Oh yeah, those cats that have been through these things mm-hmm. and like, I mean, um, all my cats are like. Uh, first cat was abandoned. My second cat I adopted, and then um, my third cat was like outside in the cold. December was gonna die, and just a kitten. And I brought him in, and you know these cats love me. I mean, they're all lap cats. Love to lay <laughs> next to me. Yeah, I'll like go to bed, dude. I got one cat in between my legs, another cat on my back, <laughs> dude. They love me, and I love them. So kitties. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Watched a couple movies uh, in theaters this week. Um, the first movie I wanted to talk about is Project Almanac. Aha! Produced by Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, this movie, it's a time travel movie and it's about a bunch of kids who find their dad, like the one kid finds his dad's, uh, experiment that he had been working on for years. And, uh, it's called like cerebral displacement or something like that, which is the same thing as time travel. So they ended up putting this together. Um, I'm going to cut right to the fucking chase when it comes to this movie. All right. It is a pile of fucking shit. Aw. Like, the first thing I see, I see is, like, MTV films. And, like, when I was 20 and I saw MTV films, I used to get excited and shit. You know, I love Joe's Apartment. And yeah. Stuff like that. This movie is catered towards, like, teenagers. It's, like, you know, a teenage time travel movie. The It's a found footage film. The acting is horrible. And it's a movie that tricks you into thinking it's going to be a good movie. Like, there's times where you think, like, oh, wow, this is going to be really cool. All the stuff that they show you in the trailer is, like, the best stuff. And once you finally see it in the movie, it's fucking ridiculous. The time travel makes absolutely no sense. Like, James Cameron, Robert Zemeckis did it so much better. You know, Back to the Future, Terminator, those fucking time travel movies. Yeah. So much better. The time travel in this is bullshit. There's, like, a scene where the kid has to take this chemistry test and he fails his chemistry test so like they go back in time so he can go take the chemistry test again with the answers and it turns into like he makes a groundhog's day joke because the guy keeps throwing him different questions for like this oral test he finally goes back and passes it but each time they go back in the past they don't run into themselves in the past in, you know what I mean? They don't yeah. run into themselves doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's just really, really loose time travel. They kind of like make up their own time travel rules. It's stupid. It's awful. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Project Almanac is Project Almacrap. It is. <laughs> dude. It is so fucking bad. You know, and like, I wasn't turned off by like the produced by Michael Bay thing. He's just a fucking producer. I thought it might be okay. I don't blame him for the movie. It's just the acting's bad. Everything's bad in this movie. It's fucking horrible. Do not watch Project Almanac. Could it have been something as simple as, hey, Bay, we'll give you some money if we could slap your name on this. Okay. Yeah. Well, put some butts in seats. Bye. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, it might have been that thing. Or they, it, like, I honestly think, like, okay, if they went to him for time travel advice, 
that's where they went wrong. You know, right. you don't go to him for time travel advice. Like Brian Singer, at least was smart when it came to X Men: Days of Future Past. He went to Cameron, right? James Cameron, the expert in time travel, in my opinion, went to him and got advice. This is just fucking just. They just make up their own rules for time travel. That's fucked up, man. And it's evident. It's lazy. It's stupid. Half of it is like them at a concert, and it's like an MTV video. It's fucking horrible. Fuck Project Almanac. It's like, and I'm not, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like if if Josh Trank did, you know, he did Chronicle. Yeah. Like if he just fucking took a bunch of, like, LSD <laughs> and, and fucking watched the time travel movie. This is what you get. This is garbage. <laughs> That's what would happen if he got San Diego Comic Con drunk. Yeah, exactly. If he got Frank Hammer, San Diego. Con- if he got Frank Hammered, <laughs> Frank Hammered. And Dan West uh, coined that phrase, by the way. The oh, I'm sorry. San Diego Comic Con drunk. Oh, okay. Because uh, last night he got San Diego Comic Con drunk. Oh, did he? Yeah, he said. Uh, usually he's real good about pounding the beers back and then just like stopping himself. But last night. Full tilt. Just wow. kept going. And that's what happened with me on San Diego Comic-Con. So there we go. That's a thing now. Dan West went south, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, okay, uh, next movie I wanted to talk about was a palate cleanser for me. Ooh. When it came, I just watched Project Almanac, which was a pile of bullcrap. It was horrible. <laughs> anyway, I was either going to watch the movie The Loft that's what I was set on watching. It's the new uh, James Marsden movie okay. uh, with Carl Urban. Looks like a really cool like crime thriller, crime thriller, murder mystery film. Um, I really wanted to see that, and I'm going to see it next week. But I saw that my local theater, the Avon, is playing Whiplash. Right. G- Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons, and then the new um, Supergirl, Melissa Bonoist is in ah, it. Gotcha. Um, but I wanted to see Whiplash. It's about that drummer. Um, it's a drummer movie and, uh, it's Miles Teller and he goes to this like top drummer school, like this music school. It's called like the Schaefer School of Music. It's like the top, you know, music college. Out of curiosity, yeah. just to satiate my music geek, uh, is he like, um, playing like a snare in a marching band, like a trap set, like you'd see like a rock band have or? He's got like a kit. You know what okay, I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, dude, it is uh, a phenomenal fucking movie phenomenal movie it is amazing this is the kind of roles that i want to see miles teller in this kind of stuff um he wasn't as like snappy and witty as he was in like um the spectacular now mm-hmm. but there were where there were flashes of that there's like a dinner table scene where you saw that in him yeah and this movie is so damn good if you're into music if you like if you're a drummer like my buddy Dan Siples a drummer yeah and i'm going to definitely tell him to watch this movie he'll really appreciate it uh it's a, they play a lot of jazz movie jazz music in this movie it's really good and JK Simmons is so phenomenal in this he must have like worked out like crazy for this cuz he's got like huge guns in this movie hmm. really been working out really fit and if he does not win the best supporting actor of the year it's fucking rigged. Gotcha. It's fucking rigged because he, out of all the supporting actors I've seen this year, he is the best. 
This movie is so damn good. He is such an asshole to these students <laughs> in this movie. And, like, he pushes them. He makes them cry. He kicks them out. Some people lose, like, first uh, spot on the on the drums. And it's back and forth with him. It's always mind games. He's this trying shit to- gets serious. Yeah, dude. This shit gets very serious in this film, dude. Uh, dude, I loved this movie. Even if you don't like fucking like music or like m- movies about music or like, this is not fucking Drumline. I've never seen Drumline. Maybe it's a good movie. This is not Drumline. This is fucking like, this is so fucking in, it's just, it's just raw. It's just right. very raw, man. I like Drumline. Uh, it seems like this is going down a similar but slightly different path. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it sounds really good. It's and that, so that shit good. really does happen. People yelling and screaming at each other yeah. and stuff. And just the interactions between Miles Teller and fucking J.K. Simmons is so good. J.K. Simmons is so damn good in this movie. Right. He's so good in this movie. And for anybody that's not really familiar with the name, he's the guy that was J. Jonah Jameson yes. in the, uh, what I call the original uh, Spider-Man yeah. trilogy. The Raimi films. Raimi's. Dude, did you hear he was on Howard Stern recently? And he kind of slipped up, like, you know, Howard Stern's talking about them making, like, you know, The Amazing Spider-Man 3, and, like, you know, how, like, like, I think he got an email from J. Jameson in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Andrew Garfield got, like, an email from him. Okay. And so, like, they teased the character, so, like, in the third one, everybody thought, like, oh, okay, they're going to be having a new J. Jonah Jameson. Well, like... Howard Stern brought it up like, you know, hey, have you thought about this Amazing Spider-Man 3? Would you ever come back and do one? And he kind of slipped up and used some like verbiage like, oh, yeah, that's been talked about. And then he kind of like backtracked. Whoa. So I wonder if they're going to just like have – I mean there's nobody else perfect exactly, for that part but man. him. Like for uh, – we got the Marvel Universe now getting ready to be like more movie-ized. Yeah. But they're going to make the characters more like what we've seen in the movies. Right. J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Like, yeah. perfect, right down to the comic character. Yeah. It, it's just perfect. And I know this isn't the same thing, but, like, remember, like, uh, in the uh, Batman movies, there was Batman, Batman Returns. I'm talking about, like, the Burton Schumacher. yeah. Yeah, there was Batman, Batman Returns, Batman and Robin... No, Batman Forever, then Batman for Robin. They use, even though they weren't reboots and they just used different actors, yeah. they still had the same guy playing Alfred. Alfred, yeah. That's, and I mean, I think like this guy knocks it out of the park more than that Alfred dude. Yeah, that's fine. Why, why mess with a good thing, exactly. man? Exactly. Bring back fucking J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah James. Hell yes. Yeah. We should start a petition. Dude, and you know, it's like J. Jonah, uh, J.K. I keep, I keep wanting to call him J. Jonah <laughs> I Jameson. know. <laughs> but if J.K. Simmons gets beat out by Mark Ruffalo for his performance in Foxcatcher, which was really good, yeah. I'll be pissed because J.K. Simmons stole that fucking movie from wow. me with this whiplash. Yeah, dude. Highest of Tupperwares for this movie. It's a shame I didn't get to see this movie in time for the Tupperwares because I think it could have won some things. Gotcha. So very fucking good. Frank. Dude, you are a good pop, bad pop motherfucker this week. You got more for us. Yeah. Holy shit, Frank. Blow our fucking minds. This uh, this kind of rides along the same lines of news, but I thought it was really neat, something that's going to be coming out. Sure. Uh, HBO greenlit a Lewis and Clark miniseries with Casey Affleck produced by Brad Pitt and Tom Hanks. Oh, wow. So they're going to... It's produced by uh, Tom Hanks and who else? Brad Pitt. Holy shit. Interesting combination there. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Uh, it's a miniseries, so you know it's going to have an endpoint. Yeah. So it's not something they're going to try to have to drag out. 
And uh, we know Tom Hanks can do good work, you know, behind the camera and producing and things like that. I oh mean, yeah, look at Band of Brothers; mm-hmm. it was fantastic. And I love historical pieces anyway. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I thought that was really neat. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm trying to see roughly when it, it comes out. I mean, it, they just greenlit it, so we got a long way to go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be something that'll be really neat. I, I, I Tupperware the idea. Yeah. Did you know there's a tree here in Peoria that's rumored as a tree where Lewis and Clark would meet? No, I did not. In Peoria, yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty awesome tree, I guess, as far as trees go. It's no Groot, but <laughs> it's pretty fucking awesome, I guess. Gotcha. You know, if the if the rumor's true, like a historical... I don't know. I never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I don't know. This guy may have been full of shit. We got a lot of Lincoln landmarkers, especially our little dinky hometown. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Final thing I wanted to talk about for Good Pop, Bad Pop. I listened to a new podcast, had not heard of this podcast. I love this guy. Um, big fan of him when he was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Now he does, you know, um, the uh, Goldberg's TV show, Jeff Garland. Okay. Love Jeff Garland. Big fan. He does a podcast now. Oh, really? It's called By the Way. Hmm. And uh, I've only listened to the first episode because uh, it reteamed him with his Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, cohort, <laughs> Larry David, you know, the creator of Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yep. And, uh, oh my god, I love the show. It's, it's, uh, recorded in front of, like, a live studio audience. But I don't know how the rest of the shows are, but I had to listen to this one. It was hysterical. I learned a lot about Larry David. And he's kind of like the same fucking guy that he is in Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's so funny. Ah. And to listen to these two. And, and the banter between them is just like the same banter that they have, like, on the show Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's like, I can see that show, like, a lot of it being just like, unscripted like these guys just going off the cuff and like them recording you right, know what I, I mean? love that stuff yeah it's the best um but this is so good like larry david talked about how he never has used a camera in his entire life he's never taken a picture really never taken a picture wow that's weird oh it's so funny though to listen to him talk about it and they <laughs> they just ask him like questions like what has he not heard of before and what doesn't he do and like I don't know. It's just so funny. So check it out. It's called By the Way Podcast with Jeff Garland. Nice. Yeah. A lot of ads in it, though, which I didn't care for. Oh. How many times do I need to fucking hear about Squarespace and Audible before I want to <laughs> fucking blow my brains out? Right. Gosh. Speaking of uh, podcasts, uh, I listened to – it was the third attempt. Yeah. Uh, I listened to Pointless Pod with Kevin Pereira. Yes. And this latest episode, he had Blair Herter on, which if you're not familiar with uh, the name, they were on uh, G4's Attack of the Show together. And then yeah. Blair Herter uh, went on to do a little bit more hosting with um, the video game review. Uh, uh, X, uh, X-Play? X-Play, X-Play yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, after uh, the uh, other fellow left. Uh, Sessler. Sessler. Adam, Adam Sessler, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and there was some bad blood there. Oh, they, Adam Sessler, he left with a lot of bad blood from G4. Yeah, I don't know any details about yeah. what happened. Well, he but. was one of the only guys, like, when it back when it, it started off as, like, that network started off, he started off with ZDTV. Yeah. Then it turned into... Tech TV, Tech right? TV, then it turned into G4 Tech TV, and, like, he was one of the only guys that actually survived that merge. Yeah. Adam Sessler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been reviewing video 
games for a long time. I actually need to double check and see what he's doing now. Yeah. Because he was doing a uh, online one. They were doing a lot of YouTube reviews and shit. Right. And then he just very recently left that. So I know he's doing like a production company. Nice. But uh, yeah, so Kevin Pereira and then uh, and Blair Herter. And Blair Herter is also married to Jessica Chobot. Uh, and yeah. she does a lot of reporting for Nerdist. And, um, yeah, it was just these guys talking and really where it was a great conversation that they had. They did really like a lot of what we do, just bullshit about whatever. Yeah, it was kind of cool because I listened to the same one because uh-huh. I'm a big fan of Kevin Pereira and the Pointless Pod. But it was cool, like, uh, you know, Kevin Pereira is, you know, seeing somebody and he asked him about having kids. And then Blair yeah. Herder is talking about, like, his experiences with his kids and, like, uh-huh. how he couldn't fucking stand the kids, like, the first, <laughs> like, nine months or so. Yeah. And how the baby was driving him crazy. But the, he had like that one moment uh-huh. with the baby where the baby kind of looked at him and bam, you know, he <laughs> had that instant connection. That shit, that shit's legit. It's, too. Re- it's real. You, you can, you can attest oh, yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. You're used to just sitting there doing whatever the fuck you want to do, playing games, watch TV, scratching right. your balls. And then next thing you know, you got this little kid running around right. and you can't do any of that. Looking at your gooch in a mirror. You're almost bringing up Tinkerbell and the secret of the wings on good pop, bad pop. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's some of what I watched this week. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, they talked about that. They they touched on a little bit of the stuff with G4, but not really, like, any of the trouble. Mostly, like, their experience, like, yeah. being behind the camera and yeah. what they got to do and stuff. And then um, they, I, I, the whole time I'm listening to this, I'm, like, thinking, like, this is all right up Brian's alley. Not even knowing that you'd listen to the same one because um, – Blair Herter does a lot of like fitness stuff. He does CrossFit. Yeah, he does. And then he's got a buddy who is basically starting like a new gym for nerds. Yeah, and I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like if there was something that would pull my fat ass into the fucking gym, it'd be that. Right. You know, to you know, I I, I get the idea of a lot of shit, but I ain't got the motivation to go. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that was really cool. They talked a lot about that and like how they'll all watch a movie and then you got like the workout the next day from the movie. Yeah. So that that was a really cool thing. Yeah, and none of the nerds that are working out like judge each other. You know what I mean? They're yeah. all there to push you. It's not like you walk into a gym with a bunch of meatheads that you feel like, "Wow, should I really be around these guys?" You know, here right. they are. Here they are putting up, you know, like crazy weight and here I am with like, you know, I'm curling these like uh pink dumbbells, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. At least color the motherfuckers black like everyone else. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, if you're using these, we're going to make sure everybody knows Sissy, yeah, sissy, right, exactly. It's like the only thing missing is like a neon light saying "pussy" pointing right at you. <laughs> I swear to God, the last time I fucking went to the gym, first day, I'm over there and I'm doing these fucking curls, right? Um, and this chick walks over and grabs the weights ten pounds higher than mine. Oh, and starts doing the same fucking exercise, and I'm like, really? Ah. Like. She, this is some premeditated shit. Yeah. It wasn't like she didn't know that hers were bigger than mine. Right. That she wasn't sitting right down next to me and then doing the exact same fucking thing. Right. I'm like, all right, thanks for denutting me. Jeez. But, uh, yeah, yeah so they, they went on to talk about, uh, doing podcasts and being like hosts and being behind the camera and the experience and all that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
Pereira's podcast actually, you know, for being as big a name as what he is, is kind of in its infancy. Yeah. He's got more downloads than what we do, of course. Oh, but absolutely. He's just now starting to dabble with advertisers. Yes. And uh, that that's neat to see because it'd be real easy for him to say, oh, yeah, I'll sign my name to anything because he had a lot yeah. of visibility sure. as the host of Attack of the Show. And um, it, it's awesome that he doesn't do that. I respect him a lot for that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like uh, Gafford, any of you guys that are doing these podcasts, too, uh, definitely give this one a listen because, I mean, you're going to be able to connect to it big time because they're talking about, you know, the young up-and-comers. This is like the new form of media because mm-hmm. everybody gets a voice. So, uh, yeah, if you're doing one or looking to do one, this is definitely one to listen to. Absolutely. Pointless Pod, Kevin Pereira, great show. I'm glad you brought that up, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, I've been championing that show and championing him and... I, I was uh when he did the show Hack My Life. Uh-huh. Later on that night he had like a live Twitch thing and, and like you I like you kind of set me straight and said with Twitch you got to play a video game. Yeah. What they were doing in order to talk talk about the show and promote it, yep. they were playing that old PC game Oregon Trail uh-huh. <laughs> as they were talking about it. It was really cool. Yeah, they're doing that shit like you yeah. have conversations while you're just doing whatever. Exactly. So that, that's their way around it. I'm yeah. sure they're going to end up cracking down on it sooner or later, but I wish they yeah. wouldn't. I can see you playing Leisure Shoot Larry. Oh my god! And, and talking about whatever, dude. Yeah, it, you have no idea. I got the shit ready to try to like do some of that streaming, but yeah. I'm always embarrassed because like the first fucking thing I do, what do I do? I play in Destiny and I walk over to the dude that's supposed to give you stuff. I talk. I'm. I can't remember if it was Dan West or Aruda, but I immediately dropped my character to her knees and started like stuck his sucker face. In the guy's crotch. Oh, I'm like, Frank. All right, give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. I want the good stuff. <laughs> that is disturbing on so many levels. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I, I do all sorts of weird shit like that. I don't know if anybody gives a you're not, fuck you're, to play it or not. But you're not down to bang a sex robot. That's, that's in real that's, life. That's where man. you draw, that's where you draw the line. That, that's in real life. I'm not putting my dick in anything like that. But like in the video game, hell mm-hmm. yeah, I'll fucking beat up the hooker and take my money back. <laughs> wow. Okay. Grand, that, that's a Grand Theft Auto 5 reference. <laughs> oh, dude. Sorry. I, love, I used to love the Grand Theft Auto video games. Oh yeah? Like the Vice City was the last one I played. Gotcha. Dude, I, I dug the fuck out of that. I just started playing 5 again the other day. I got yeah. it on PlayStation 4 and you can actually uh, play in first person mode. Yeah. That makes the game a whole sorts of different. Yeah. That's fucked up. Did you ever see the uh, Super Mario Kart Grand Theft Auto video that they came out with you? Yeah. That shit was funny. Yeah, that was some good stuff. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to uh, stop right now. Unless I don't know, Frank. I don't. Maybe you're on, you're on a roll, Chief. Maybe we should keep going. <laughs> like when you said that, dude, I'm immediately thinking like Paradise by the Dashboard, that dashboard Light. Stop right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's stop right there. I got to know right now. Maybe we should have stopped when I <laughs> said we should have stopped. I don't know. See, it's the praise, man. You broke me. Anytime you say I do a I good know. job, I fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's the secret to my success. Be a dick to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll start treating. Oh, fuck. I just said that. I'll start treating you like shit again. <laughs> Be like the old days. All right, we're gonna we're gonna break and we're gonna come back with the pop culture leftovers news.
hey, we're back. Uh, we are going to be kicking things off with the pop culture leftover news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, so this is where we talk about some of the news things that came up this week. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about real quick, don't have a lot to talk about when it comes to this. Transformers World of all, I don't know, I don't know, of all the fucking uh, news sites that could break this news, they broke news about a possible GoBots movie. I heard about that. Yeah, here's what they wrote on January 21st and on January 24th, Hasbro has applied for a new GoBots trademark. This is not a renewal. Under distribution of motion uh, under distribution of motion pictures, ongoing television programs and toys, games and playthings, namely toy vehicles and accessories for use therewith. Thoughts on a uh, I don't know. I I grew up with Transformers. I never really grew up watching too many GoBots. I think some of that stuff may be like region specific. Uh, at the time, I was living in Florida, and GoBots were not bigger than Transformers, but they were almost as big. Oh wow! Because I think some of that was because the toys themselves were a lot less expensive. Like if you were going to get into a Megatron or an Optimus Prime, you were going right. to plunk down like forty, fifty bucks. Yeah. When these things were brand new. Yeah. And like Optimus Prime or not Optimus Prime, Jesus. Uh, leader One, yeah. the, the good guy leader, the jet. You already know more about the GoBots than I do. <laughs> He's, he, he was like five bucks. <laughs> yeah. In, in the, uh, Psykill, the evil leader. Holy shit, Frank. You know way more about, <laughs> you know, you know, like, uh, uh, out of all the things I know about the GoBots, you've just beaten me by like 200%. <laughs> wow. I know nothing about GoBots. Really? Yeah. It's just like a poor man's Transformers. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're instead, like, in, uh, Transformers, you have Bumblebee, who back in the day uh-huh. was a bug. Yeah. And, uh, in this, you had Scooter. 300% more than I know. <laughs> he, he was the one that would talk to the human child, and he was the weak little thing. Right. So, yeah. Was even the human child a shitty... <laughs> like, like, regurgitated like, spike. Did he suck? Well, It's like I, a regurgitated spike. Did, did he have, like, mental issues? Like, <laughs> Oh, you're a robot. <laughs> Like, like, was he a fucking idiot? No. <laughs> like an imbecile? <laughs> like, no. Like, he, he couldn't even hold a conversation with the regular robots. <laughs> Their budget was so low, they couldn't even get an artist that couldn't draw a cartoon to <laughs> right. look at the camera. Right. Hi. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, man. I mean, like a new cartoon recurring? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a movie. There's not a fucking chance in the world that a movie would do well. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I understand, like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it blow your fucking mind, though? Like, uh, the Transformers movies, they've done really well financially. Yeah. But critically amongst, like, Transformer lovers, people that love the property, we've kind of shit on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, some of the- But what if, what if the GoBots movie was fucking 
fucking awesome. Like, what if it was like everything we fucking wanted? Like, oh, what if it was like set in the eighties? You know, they, they they it was set in the eighties, and it looked like they they look like the toys that you fucking grew up with. You know, the like I guess therein though lies the problem. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I mean, like I said, you're talking like five six bucks for these premium right number one things. They were so poor. When they fucking set this thing up, they couldn't they couldn't afford trademarks, so the fucking jet looks as cheesy fucking plastic generic jet you've ever seen. The fucking motorcycle, same deal. Yeah. The, the scooter is literally like one flat piece of plastic with the dude on his back with his legs up. So basically, <laughs> that's bad. It is bad. So basically, like, in the Transformers world... Like, if we're comparing this to, like, Saved by the Bell, each one of these robots, they were all Screech. <laughs> Hell yeah. They were all Screech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you've got, you've got Optimus Prime, who is fucking, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Zach Morris, and then Ironhide is AC Slater, and the, the GoBots were all Screech. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. They were, they were the, uh, Nerd group, all the ones that were wearing the pocket protectors and yeah. everything. Yeah, Jesse Spano screaming, "I'm so excited! I'm so excited!" Holy shit. And then so much so she had to end up in a strip club. And scooters, like for what? We're the fucking GoBots, <laughs> dude. The fucking theme music for that was terrible. You guys hated on the uh, theme music for Electro and uh, the Amazing Spider-Man yeah. Two. Oh my god, the GoBots, the GoBots. <laughs> God, there's no shit. The fucking theme song. <laughs> they must have got the human character from the show to actually write the lyrics yeah, for it. Maybe fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, when you're done, when you're done looking that window, do you think you can finish up the script for the show? <laughs> uh, I, ro- I wrote the lyrics for the song on this napkin. <laughs> The... I wow. still catch up on it. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, if, if they redid, in all seriousness, if they redid like a recurring <laughs> cartoon, yeah. it could be okay. The premise, the premise is all right of like a you know transforming things yeah. where they 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 have blasters in their fists and that's most of their power. And that piece of shit fucking scooter, his power is is he can like do holograms. Yeah, and stuff. It, it could be cool. It's got a decent premise. They just fucked it up real bad the first time. Uh, who came out first? You know, like uh, was it GoBots or was it Transformers? Oh, who, I'm, like, I'm sure it was probably Transformers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of like wannabe knockoffs. Like, uh, so people up here, I think, are mostly more familiar with <sighs> Voltron. Yeah, all Voltron. the lions, and like in Florida. Uh, they had Transor Z. Oh yeah, I've heard of Transor Z. Yeah, where this dude's uh, pilot in this like egg-shaped little jet or whatever, and then it lands in the you know the head hole. <laughs> what? <laughs> it just sounds bad. So you got Transor Z, this giant robot that okay. he, he docks the ship in. So the egg it, ship docks in this uh... with with Transor Z. But his head, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It's like there's a hole there that he latches onto. Right. But like to say his head hole sounds stupid as fuck. But it, it was an okay show from what I remember. So a fucking egg latches onto this dude's head? <laughs> <laughs> I can no, see him sitting around like at this, the table. It's a crappy ass animation. Guys, I've been watching this GoBot show. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's going to take the world by storm. I got an idea. An egg ship. 
latches onto a fucking head. What do you guys think? <laughs> Transorzy. Oh wow. Yeah, but that was I mean that was like their cheat I you know, I unless something's fucked up with the continuity or whatever, I always looked at it like, well this is just a shitty little knockoff of that. Yeah. Because whereas you have five lines that came together and that was Voltron. Yeah. This you have like one pilot and he controls the body and then okay. He just he he merges with the one part of the robot and that's it. Right. So imagine like in Pacific Rim, yeah. if they could fly the fucking heads around independent of the rest of the body. Oh God. So yeah. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That's that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Now that'll be the next thing. Transor Z. Transor Z. Before a Voltron movie, which has been like more in than like likely, post produ- yeah. like not post pre production hell. They've been trying to do that forever. Right. And that would be fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it would. Now that I wouldn't mind seeing fucking CGI out the wazoo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I'm 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 wanting to see this fucking go I'm wanting to see this fucking GoBots movie now. You should check out the cartoon. It, it's a little cheesy. Yeah. Like the sports car good guy. Right. His name is Turbo. Right. And he's red. I never had any GoBots toys. I wanted I wanted that fucking, I wanted the Transformers. Yeah, Transformers, like, okay, so, like, you remember when you transformed those things? And even, like, looking back at, like, the first gens, they look kind of crappy. Right. But there was still, like, what? I mean, some of your bigger characters had, like, 10 to 15 different motions when you, like, in the steps and transforming them. Yeah. These were literally, like... So Turbo's arms popped out away from his body, right? And his legs pulled down, <laughs> and you spun his hood around, and there was his head. So, like, if you're comparing, like, okay, building blocks, like you've got Legos, and then like <laughs> the fucking GoBots are like the Duplo. Duplos, yeah, yeah, they're like right. the Duplo. These, I mean, I, I'm totally not making fun of people who are handicapped, but this is what you would give a <laughs> handicapped kid. So they can play right. with it and not feel bad and feel like they could do it. Do your kids like robots? <laughs> Are your kids fucking idiots? <laughs> well, try the GoBots. I mean, they they were so small, too. Right. Like, uh, this Turbo that I'm talking about, literally, like, it's this big. Like, it, it's the same size as, like, a Hot Wheels car. Right, right. So, but those are of better quality. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, GoBots movie. I want to see it happen now. All right, uh, this is, okay, this is more interesting. Deadline is reporting that Disney is interested in doing another Indiana Jones film and having Chris Pratt take over as Indiana Jones himself. Okay, nothing has been confirmed. Pratt has not said yes. Pratt has pretty much his choice of any movie property out there right now. Um, I've got a couple questions for you. The first question is, what are your thoughts on Chris Pratt being Indiana Jones now? I like it. I can't say that I absolutely 100% love it. I would kind of like to be able to see Jurassic World first and see how he does in a little bit more of a serious role. Mm -hmm. It's not that I want Indy to be completely serious because those movies were not without their camp and funny bits. Oh, absolutely not. I, 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 I really, I mean, I'm definitely tasting this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we'll be able to know a little bit more after Jurassic World yeah. about whether or not he can handle the serious bits, but, uh, I, I, I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't want, you know, uh, the more I think about, like, I think, I think that Chris Pratt, I think Jurassic World's lucky that they got him. Yeah. But the more I think about him in this movie in the serious role, I don't want to see that. You know it's what I mean? Not his thing. Yeah, I, I kind of want. Like, why can't he be kind of like the? 
you know, the Malcolm, you know what I mean, of this movie. Kind of jokey yeah. and stuff like that. I want to see, maybe like in the second trailer, he is a little bit more, but I don't know, man. Maybe that's what we're going to get is in that yeah. second trailer to see it because, yeah. I mean, they had to know what they were getting when they signed him. So, Well, I think they signed him before Guardians ever right, was released. Even before that, he was just doing like parts, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Guardians is even more serious than what he's been accustomed to before. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, it could it could be just just the right thing. I know you say you don't want to really see him be serious, but what if he does it and he's like, "Holy shit, man, he's got it all." Yeah. So that could be. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still looking forward to Jurassic World. Don't get me wrong. I want to see it. I just um, I've heard also heard rumors. I think I read rumors like he could die by the end of this movie. Really? So, yeah, that might be the end of it for him in the franchise. But I think I just read that on one, like, independent site. So Hmm. who knows if that's true. Yeah. Because, like, doors are opening for him like crazy now. It's like I can't see him taking on every project. But Indiana Jones on the flip side, I would love to see him as Indiana Jones. I mean, he has that look. Like, I, you know, like, in a lot of the movies, like, you know, like, that's what I liked about Harrison Ford. He's a great-looking guy, and, and, you know, women flock towards him. But he's not, like, too pretty. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like you don't want fucking Zac Efron being your Indiana Jones. Right. But like kind of ruggedish. He's ruggedish, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Even though he's a jokester in those movies, now that he's, like, uh, you know, taken off of that, Taking off a little bit of the weight and he's more chiseled and shit. Yeah, the ladies he's, love him. The ladies love him. He's got that rugged look and I think like he's, he's a good replacement, but I can't see in the, I can't see Harrison Ford being too happy with this because he loves the character of Indiana Jones more than he loves Han Solo. Yeah. I could see, I see, I see Harrison Ford wanting to come back and do one more film before they do this, but is it really his choice now? No, and to be honest, after the Crystal Skull, no. I don't want to see Is he it. really to blame, though? I mean, he was still indie. Do you think – are you just saying his age? Like His age is the biggest yeah. thing there. I mean, yeah. I, I can separate that from the writing of that yeah. and the whole Shia LaBeouf thing. Right. But, yeah, I mean, he's at – I'm wondering how he's going to come off as Han, but Han – was never nearly like as physical as what Indy would need to be. He'd yeah. get into a fight if he had to, but like a lot of his blasting and flying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that'll be easier for me to bite off. But like I I can't see him running through tombs and stuff at however eighty years old. And that's what we want to see. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see him reboot it, and I think now could be a good time. Uh, I mean, even while it's still a taste, it I still think that Chris Pratt would be a better choice than a Bradley Cooper. Yeah, no, no. Now that now that Chris Pratt, we've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, I think he's a better choice too than Bradley Cooper in my opinion too. Yeah. yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Um And that's not to say any I'm not trying to jump in, but that's mm-hmm. not to say anything bad about Bradley Cooper, but I just see him as being more when he's doing like live action stuff, uh him being more like suave. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh more more collected. It, or as opposed to like a down and dirty like a Tomb Raider type, you know. What okay, I, mean? I don't see him doing like a Indiana Jones type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I both guys are really talented, um, and you know both can be snarky. Yep. But yeah, I mean now that they've thrown Chris Pratt in the mix, and I've seen the picture of him of what he would look like with it as Indiana Jones. 
I'm kind of really digging him in that role. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, now you get now you got it in your eyes. Yeah, and then also, I mean, he's wearing a lot of the same kind of stylish shit in the stuff we've seen from the Jurassic World trailer. So, it, you know, it's an easy correlation. Yeah, uh, Chris Pratt, though. I mean, who knows if he's he, if he's going to do this? I mean, he's got a lot on his plate right now. I think he's already accepted a movie. It's called uh, Cowboy Ninja Viking. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah, Cowboy I, Ninja Viking. Right. <laughs> yeah, crazy. It, I I don't know. The title is just insane. It it almost doesn't seem like it's real, but uh, and they might even get the John Wick directors, uh David Leitch and then Chad Stahelski to do this movie. Okay. I loved John Wick. So, um it's based on a graphic novel by AJ Lieberman and Riley Rosmo. Uh Cowboy Ninja Viking centers on an experimental governmental program that transforms multiple personality disorder patients into lethal super soldiers with three personalities, each with his, each with his or her own set of skills. Pratt will play the protagonist Duncan. He has the attributes attributes of a cowboy, a ninja, and a Viking. All right, and then. he eventually escapes and tries to track down the people behind the program. Well, all right then. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool because then he could use all three of those skills. But like, okay, so of those, I'm thinking like the ninja is like the stealthy assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the uh, cowboy is like the heroic do-gooder. Right. And then the Viking is just the barbarian fucking smash. Yeah. But, I mean, is he going to be using like traditional weapons? Is he going to have like, you know, (laughs) what I mean? Like pistols and... Like, uh, the ninja, like, throwing stars, and, and then a Viking, is he gonna have, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, an axe, or like a fucking sword, and. Right. And then is it like, does he gotta access one at a time, or can he use all of them at once? Yeah. That'd be know. fucking weird. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm kinda looking forward to that cowboy ninja Viking, but yeah, that's, that's up next for Pratt. He's taking on a lot, man. I don't want yeah. him to stretch himself too thin. Yeah. So. As long as he's careful. He wants to, you know, establish himself and not necessarily cash in, but I mean, he'll make plenty just by choosing the right roles. As long as he yeah. doesn't get either too silly or try to go too serious right off, he'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, the new Wachowski siblings sci-fi movie, Jupiter's Ascending, was supposed to come out in the summer of last year, but was pushed back to February 6th of 2015. I'll probably be watching it next by next show so I can give you my review on it. Gotcha. Um, was this a smart move? Um, I thought so because like, you know, with all the summer blockbusters that came out, um, this one might get lost in the mix. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I thought this might be a good time for the movie to come out when, you know, there aren't a lot of like high action movies coming out in February. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, Maze Runner came out at a really good time and I think like October or something like that. And yeah. It did really well in the box office. Like, but if it would have came out during like summer fucking mania. Yeah, no shit. Wouldn't have done so well. Exactly. Uh, well, the movie premiered at, uh, Sundance, uh, at what was being called a secret screening and the reception was not good at all. Really? Variety broke the news about this invite-only event, and according to those in attendance, people were walking out halfway through the film. Oh, wow. After the movie was over, not a single person clapped, which usually they do at these types of events. Right. Um, Here are some comments from people that watched the film. I hated it. It's just ridiculous. Another person said, 
it's a combination of a whole bunch of things wrapped into one. So it sounds like, like you know what I mean, just a lot going on. The sci-fi tropes and yeah, shit. Yeah, and mm. a lot going on and just kind of ridiculous uh, concept plot. So, uh, But Neville Kaiser, he's a screenwriter. Not for this movie, just a screenwriter. He thought that the movie was hurt by the fact that it was debuting at a venue more art for more artful films. You know, Sundance. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> this has got yeah Mila Kunis and uh, Channing Tatum, <laughs> Sean Bean. Right. Yeah. Uh, he says I actually liked it, but the Sundance but the Sundance context is weird. There are were so many people in the audience scoffing and sneering. They are forgetting that they are watching a movie targeted primarily to teenage boys. I'm sure those 15-year-old boys and hopefully girls will like it. So, I mean, I, I you can tell that, like, right now, just from, like, the trailers, like, this is not, like, a Wachowski film, like, Cloud Atlas, which was, like, really ambitious, high concept. Right. Um, but I don't think this bad press really helps the film at no, all. No, uh-uh. Uh, I'm predicting that this will be, like, the second bomb of the year. Big bomb, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Movies that cost a lot and then bomb in the theater um, financially. Like, the first movie that bombed financially this year, big bomb, was Black Hat. It made $4 million in the first weekend. Wow, that's um, low. Yeah. Um, this movie had a $175 million budget, and I don't see them making it back unless it does, like, gangbusters overseas for some reason. And, and like, 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 it's a hit in Japan or China or something like that. You know, like... The Resident Evil, Resident Evil movies, for example, they're, yeah. they're not huge hits here in the States. A lot of people do like them. Uh-huh. But where they make their money is internationally. And that's why they kept making so many fucking Resident Evil movies. There's because, another one coming out. Is there? Is yeah. it six? I think so. Yeah. I, I watched part of the first one and I never watched any of the others. Really? Yeah, they're not, I mean, they're very loosely related to the games. Yeah. But, they they uh, throw in some Easter eggs to keep like the, for the fans happy. Yeah, but it's that. very much its own thing right sure. now. Mila Jovovich is like yeah. bread and butter. It's about the only thing she does really anymore. Yeah, it's true. After, uh, you know, Fifth Element, you know, she might have done a few more things, but like, this has been like her, her franchise. But man, these things do like gangbusters over internationally, like hmm. Japan, they love them. Wild. Yeah. It, I don't know, I don't, I don't see how it would speak to them more on like a gamer level. It's a, uh, very, very Japanese, uh, style of, uh, survival horror. Yeah. The Resident Evil series is very yeah. different. Yeah, it's kind of uh, unfortunate though that this uh, this movie, this uh, Jupiter's Ascending, is getting some uh, cra- a crappy reception so far. The first trailer I saw, I'm like, oh shit, this is going to be terrible. But yeah. I saw a longer one uh-huh. uh, a couple weeks back, and it, it fleshed it out a little bit more. Like yeah. I got the idea of you know a little bit more of the plot, right? And I thought that was you know it gave me a little bit more hope for it. I don't, know. I don't know, man. I'm thinking like, you know, like Wachowski's like, I don't know, dude. They can either come out with like a great, like, you know, Matrix, the first movie or Cloud Atlas, which I thought was really awesome. Or it could be like another like Speed Racer. And that's what I'm yeah. worried about. It's entirely possible. Yeah. I mean, and unfortunately for uh, Channing Tatum, I'm wondering if people are going to try to use this at all to weigh his ability to be Gambit. I hope not. Well, the only reason why I make that connection yeah. is because this seems like it's going to be more of a serious role for him. 
Well, you did see a serious movie with him and uh, Steve Carell. Yeah, but I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. And I mean, he was good in that movie, but his character didn't have like too much depth. Wasn't oh. a very talkative character. Kind of an introvert. Gotcha. You know, opened up a little bit more as the movie went along, but it's just a totally different character. And in this one, he seems like he's going to be like the soldier type. Yeah. And like he's... I'm not trying to say he's a bad actor because there's just certain things that he does very well, like the jump yeah, streets. Yeah. But I mean that's that's his wheelhouse. Right. And like I get worried when he tries to stretch his legs and do some of these things because I just don't see him having that much range. Right. Hmm. So I don't know. I think he's got some. I think he's got uh, more range than people give him credit for. I mean. He can, I don't know, he, uh, like in, uh, 22 Jump Street, man, dude, he's hilarious. Very funny. 21, 22 Jump Street, he's very funny. Comedic timing's good. One, he's, some of the best scenes are just like him and Jonah Hill interacting with one another. And then like in Foxcatcher, yeah, he did step it up. It wasn't, I guess, too complex of a role, but I think like what he did put his heart into is like learning wrestling. Okay. Learning wrestling and how to like, you know, cause like when he wrestled with Mark Ruffalo, you could tell both of those guys had like worked really hard at like being like wrestlers. Like they, okay. I, they sold me on like these guys are Olympic level wrestlers. Gotcha. So I think he'll put the work in. I just, you know what I mean? To like the physical end? Yeah. So do you think we're going to see a lot of amazing like staff work? Out of him? I hope so. I think the biggest thing, the biggest judge is like when we get that first trailer and we can hear what his Cajun accent's gonna sound like. Right. That's what I'm worried about. I, I, I kinda think he can pull that part of it off. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's either gonna be, oh yeah, cool, or right. fuck, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I think he could do that. Yeah. He's, I, he said he's from a re- region, right? Yeah, but, I mean, he, he moved around the country and stuff like that. So it will, it'll be interesting to see if he can pull off a real Cajun accent. Right. I mean, there's people that are, like, linguists that'll pick it apart. Right. I'm sure. But yeah. I don't know. If, if he's got experience with it, like, if he lived down there for any length of period of time and he heard it. Yeah. All it would take for him to like jump start that back into his vocabulary mm-hmm. or his like linguistics right. would be to go take a long vacation down there. I'm confused like okay, he's going to be they're talking about him being in Apocalypse which comes out first. Uh-huh. And then doing the Gambit solo movie. Is like the Gambit solo movie going to be like an origin story and we're going to be like in, in in Apocalypse we're going to see him like later on. You know what I mean? It's possible. Because I think that's the way they should do it because like I want to see like Gambit like you know, in his element and stuff like that and get involved with like this under league underground group of like assassins and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like having people come after him and stuff like that. And, you know, he, he's in a guild of thieves and stuff like that. I want to see like this guild of thieves. Yeah. And- I could see him doing it that way. And that'd be really cool. I think that'd be about the best way to bring the character into the fold because right. when he's playing his part, they're working as a team and, you know, bouncing off of the other characters, yeah. it'd be easier to get a feel for who he is yeah. than just having the entire thing rest on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the Ghostbusters reboot, the all-female cast. We got uh, 
Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live, Kristen Wiig, another Saturday Night Live alumni who's done Bridesmaids, The Skeleton Twins, a bunch of movies here recently. Uh, Kate McKinnon, who's currently on Saturday Night Live. And they are in negotiations to join the already cast, Melissa McCarthy, for Paul Feig's all-female Ghostbusters reboot. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, this cast? Well, the only two I'm really familiar with is Melissa McCarthy, and that is an absolute toss-it. Um, I, I appreciate what she did um, in, like, Bridesmaids. Yeah. But... I just, I just, she's too slapsticky. Well, she had a cameo, like cameo appearances in Bridesmaids, and I, I think that's where she works well. But like then she did Tammy, Tammy. And Identity Thief. Yeah, and there's all these like Pratt Fall. I'm an uncoordinated fat girl. Not you know, not picking on her for that, but I mean that's what she plays to in these right. films. Yeah, or like she's loud and obnoxious. That's what I'm worried about seeing <clears throat> in this fucking movie: a scene of the Ghostbusters, the female Ghostbusters, and then j- them just playing to that. Like, here's a scene where like they've got to climb a bunch of steps in order to get the top of a building, oh, and of course God. you're gonna have her lagging behind and like you know panting. <gasps> I'll be there in a second, guys. I'm <laughs> on my way. You know what I mean? Just pl- low-hanging fruit, oh, like, yeah. ha, 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 that's that classic <laughs> McCarthy, that's funny. <laughs> exactly. You know what? That's I don't <clears throat> want that. That's low-hanging fruit. You know, and the thing is, it's like, we want these actors, like, these comedians to, like, play to their strengths and shit, you know what I mean? But yeah. I've seen her do the serious role. I watched St. Vincent, where Bill Murray was in that movie, and she did not play this fucking, like, uh, physical comedy slapstick thing. I mean, she played, like, a mother at her wit's end trying to raise a single mother at her wit's end trying to raise a, a kid. And she did really great in that movie. I'm sure. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to see her in this Ghostbusters universe. I agree. Uh, I definitely don't want to see her doing the loud, obnoxious bit. Right. If she could tone it down. And if they could find a fit for her, cool. But I mean, from what I've seen so far, I mean, that's just her go-to. So, yeah, but, uh, that's probably what Paul Five will write for. Uh, now, Kristen Wiig, uh, I, I taste that. I'll mm. taste a wig. <laughs> oh, my God. Woo! <laughs> Callback. Wigs. San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, she. Now I think she could be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. There we go again. Just, just fine. Like young Murph. Young oh, Murph. Fuck. Um yeah, yeah, it's a taste. It. I, there's nothing about her that turns me off to the idea, mm-hmm. and I'm unfamiliar. I don't watch uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, re- on the regular, like you and Jake. Yeah. So I mean, I'm un- relatively unfamiliar with uh, Kate McKinnon and uh, Leslie Jones. Yeah, since uh, Kristen Wiig has left Saturday Night Live, it's kind of like the Kate McKinnon show, pretty much. I mean, you know, you got Taron Killam; he's hilarious. But Kate McKinnon is one of the funniest female uh, comedians on Saturday Night Live. Okay. It'll be interesting to see her in this in this uh, movie, though. Um, and then Leslie Jones. She's great. African-American comedian. She's very funny. I think she's going to be great. Um, I like her a lot. And she was in the top five movie with Chris Rock. Really funny in that movie. Um, 
I think they're three for four. I, I like this. I think there could have been some other actresses that they could have gotten here. You know, maybe Tina Fey would have been a great pick. I, I was championing. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I was championing uh, Amy Schumer as well. Oh, that would have been great too. Yeah. You know, even Emma Stone, you know, to come in there and be like the Vankman character. Yeah. Anybody other than Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate. I think you're exactly right that he's going to write to her as being like the doofus of the group. Right. Well, I mean, the original Ghostbusters cast was supposed to be, I'm not going to name them all, but like Eddie Murphy was supposed to be a Ghostbuster. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Belushi was supposed to be a Ghostbuster. Gotcha. And that never happened. And so I, I just hope that they're not being like, oh, well, we, you know, we, you never got to see John Belushi be a Ghostbuster, but we're going to be, Melissa McCarthy is going to be our John Belushi. Oh, no. Don't do that. You can't compare Melissa McCarthy to one of the greatest, comedic actors of our time, you know, right. I'm talking fucking Animal House, Blues Brothers, Saturday Night Live, you know, I'm talking John fucking Belushi yeah, here, no shit. you know, I mean, I, I don't even put her in the same like realm of fucking Chris Farley. No, huh? You know what I mean? Right. Farley idolized Belushi. Oh, right yeah. Right down to his death. Yeah. People they, even were warning him, like, do you really want to go out early like he did? Right, right. Yeah, so, you know what, I think three out of four, I think they did pretty good. Um, I'm not going to bash the rest of the cast. I like Leslie Jones, I like Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, she's very talented, very funny. It's just this Melissa McCarthy choice has me really, really worried. Yeah, I'm, I, I tossed that to high holy hell. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if they were to do a reboot with an all male cast, who would you want to come see? Who would you, who are some of the actors? And you can name as many as you want to that you would like to see be new Ghostbusters for a male cast. Bradley Cooper. Mm. Sorry, you kind of caught me off guard. No, you're fine. Um. Do you want me to jump into mine? Yeah, and sure. Then you can think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number one. I would probably have um, Craig Robinson. Okay, yeah, that'd be great. I'd From love, The Office and Hot yeah, Tub Time Machine. Yeah. Craig Robinson. Uh, number two, I think I would go with um, James. No, not James Franco. I would go I would go with Jonah Hill. I would go with That's Jonah Hill. That's a good Hill. choice. I, it's a little bit more serious even than like Seth Rogen, but yeah. I think it's a good fit. Um, number three. I think I'm going to go with Bill Hader. Okay. From Saturday Night Live and, you know, Skeleton Twins and, and stuff like that. I'd go with Bill Hader. Gotcha. Kind of like the new Egon, maybe. Sure. And uh, number four, our new Vankman. If we're going to have a new Vankman, if you want somebody to take that Vankman role, he's a little younger, Miles Teller. Okay. I mean... I, Miles Teller is so phenomenal. He reminds me so much of a young Bill Murray. If you've seen Spectacular Now, he is Bill Murray. It's amazing. I've never seen anybody like him. Closest thing to Bill Murray I've ever seen. Gotcha. And so that's who I would have, those four. And then, like, the new Louis Tully would be, uh, you know, Rick Moranis. I'd get, I'd get a different version of Louis Tully. I'd, uh, I'd, well, I'd e- okay, I'd either do one of two guys. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. Or Danny McBride. Okay. All right. Yeah. Those are good. Yeah. I was kind of thinking uh, same kind of thing, but a little bit different direction, mm-hmm. like with Justin Bateman. Justin Bateman would be a good one. Yeah. He'd be a good straight man for it. You oh, know? yeah. 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 Uh, he could kind of be like, I don't know, maybe like the Dan Aykroyd type or... 
Or just reinvent the characters altogether. Yeah, yeah. And that'd be fine. Yeah. Fuck. He's good to bounce shit off of. He is. He's yeah. real good because he's always yeah. like the adult of the group. Right. Like he's always s- the dad. Yeah, like when somebody says something absolutely ridiculous, he's going to call him out. Exactly. He yeah. kills the fourth wall. Like, yeah. n- you're going to bl- normally, like, you'd think that the slapstick shit, weird shit is yeah. like a given, and he's like, there's something wrong with this. <laughs> right. Buster's got no hand. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a hook. <laughs> Oh man, I, I love I love him. He's a great actor. Um, Hit Fix had some rumors about the Ghostbusters reboot that I did want to talk about. Okay. Um, Kristen Wiig is playing Aaron Garber, a published author on the subject of paranormal. Uh, of the paranormal, Aaron now works for Columbia University. Leslie Jones is playing Abby Bar- uh, a- Abby Bergman, who co-authored the book with Garber. Since publication, the two former colleagues had a falling out and went their separate ways. Abby more actively chases ghosts a la Ghost Hunters. This tension between academic investigation, Wig's character, and mainstream media investigation, Jones' character, is central to the story. Kate McKinnon is playing Abby Berman's, Bergman's new partner, Jillian. Melissa McCarthy is playing Patty, a New York City subway worker who stumbles across the main supernatural threat in the film. Oh, that sounds exactly yeah. like she's a pratfall. Right. Oh, jeez. Uh, Sony wants Peter Dinklage to play the main villain in the film. Ooh, that sounds good. Love it. Yeah. Uh, whether his role is as a ghost or human is unclear. I love the dink. Sony also wants Bill Murray to play a character named Martin Heiss, a man who is a professional supernatural debunker who is out to prove that the Ghostbusters are frauds. Okay, that sounds like uh, the first one a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This man has no dick. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do now, uh, we are going to move on to Marvel. No, go ahead, Chief. Uh, Had you heard about Ernie Hudson's recent comments about the casting? I heard Dan Aykroyd had some comments about it, too. Um, I I read that a little bit. But, yeah, what about Ernie? Um, We talked before uh, when it was speculated about it being an all-female cast. He kind of made an ass of himself. Yeah. Sounded really sexist. Yeah. Uh, When it was announced, he put up a tweet that said two words, no comment, and then had a link to the ladies that were cast. Oh, okay. And uh, it's really bullshit that he won't fucking stand behind it. It ain't like he was being considered. Unless he was going to grab himself a better wig than Gal Gadot. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... And, and after that, he took that down. I'm sure some publicist, somebody somewhere threatened him with something or somebody talked sense into him. And then he regurgitated a PC line of, oh, I wish him the best. But, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of bullshit. Dude's really making an ass of himself out of this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You can look at it from one of two ways. Like, I'm sure he loves the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, you know, I recently saw him on like an episode of Comic Book Man where they were, you know, you know, he went to the, went to the stash and like they were giving out, you know, comic books to kids and some of those were Ghostbusters comics. So I know he still has love for his character as Winston Zedmore and I think maybe he just wants to bring that character back. Um, I wish he could have just been like, I wish you the best, but on the flip side, hey, 
I would love to come back as Winston Zedmore. Right. And I hope this happens. Yeah, there was a lot better ways to handle it. I think he just feels kind of defeated. Like, this is something he's, he's wanted to revisit, you know, with Bill Murray not wanting to come back and do it. And, you know, unfortunately, like, with the passing of Harold Ramis and stuff like that, he feels right. like maybe this is, like, you know, something like he's wanted this Ghostbusters 3 and might, it might never happen. And uh, he's a little upset, but, There's yeah. Acting a little childish about yeah, it, Yeah, just hand a little, with a little bit more. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just, I was just disappointed about that. Yeah. Yeah, cause I still, I still love Ernie Hudson. You know? I only know him from really Ghostbusters. The Crow? He was in The Crow? Yeah, dude, he was the cop, man. I don't even remember that part. Dude, oh god. I need to go back and watch it. It's been yeah. a long time, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love Ernie Hudson, though. All right, we're going to um, come back here with the Pop Culture Leftovers Marvel News. Uh, you know, I'll just pause. Fuck it. <laughs> okay, hey, we are back. We're going to be doing some... Uh, this is uh, time for Marvel News. So here is this week's Marvel News. Marvel news. All right. Marvel news. Marvel news. All right. So uh, we're going to be talking about. Hey, you know what? No, let's not, no beating around the fucking bush today. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're gonna we got tons of Marvel news, but what's the big Marvel news that we need to talk about, Frank? It's the Fantastic Four teaser. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about the Fantastic Four teaser trailer. We've been waiting for I don't know how long for this oh, fucking Jesus. thing. Forever, forever. We got nothing, and finally we got something. Yeah, and it dropped early. Just like everything fucking drops early. I thought <laughs> yeah. we were going to get it during the Kingsman. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Fantastic Four trailer. You know what? Before we talk about it, I just want us to rate the trailer. So we saw the trailer. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. But I want us to talk about the trailer and then rate it. Frank, what are you thinking about this Fantastic Four trailer? Toss the motherfucker. Oh, shit. Dude comes out with a toss it, man. Yeah, I, I ain't going to beat around the bush about All this. All right, Frank. All right. Yeah. I like this. Get into this, Chief. The, uh, the impression that I had as soon as I got done watching it the first time was, what the fuck was that? Yeah. That okay. was exactly my thought. Yeah. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. We were just talking last week about how when they show us something, it really needed to fucking knock our socks off. Right. I saw shit. Yeah. I, I, it meant nothing. The Ant-Man, now the Ant-Man trailer was a taste it for me. Yeah. So, I mean, my tolerance, I think, is a little bit higher than what you guys is because you both tossed that. Yeah. This was awful. There, there was no redeem. I mean, one of the big things we were looking to see was the thing. And okay, they teased the thing. They teased him. Right. We didn't get to fucking see him. Yeah. We needed to see him. We needed to see some shit, and we got nothing. We, they can make some pretty CGI. That's what I got out of it. That's your whole okay. I mean, what else did you hate about this fucking thing? It doesn't let me know who's who. The only character whose face I'm familiar with is Michael B. Jordan. Okay. So, like, I see him, and I'm like, oh, okay, I know this guy. Yeah. I don't get a feeling of who is playing what part Mm -hmm. by the trailer. I don't get a sense of what the big, like, the the fear is, the big bad, the threat that they have to overcome. Right. I don't have any idea what they're going to be facing. 
I don't know what the fuck is going on as far as like the setup goes. Right. We've got some crappy narration over and above talking about basically the struggles of mankind. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck does that have to do with this film? Yeah. The, the, it tells me nothing. The Ant-Man trailer, the exposition with that and the Michael Douglas uh, voiceover, uh-huh. that explains shit. That that tells you who's who and who's doing what and kind of what direction the film's taking. Mm-hmm. We got none of that. Yeah. So yeah. toss this flying turd. It's surprising coming from you because I thought that you would have uh, tasted this one. And I mean, I mean, <laughs> taste the shit. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it's like uh, on our Facebook page, a lot of people liked it. Really? Did you read a lot of the comments? I purposely avoided outer interaction. Okay. Because. Uh, at the time that it dropped, there, w- there was also a director's commentary version mm-hmm. that came out shortly thereafter. Right. And I'm going to play it. Okay. Well, and it's fine to now. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure that I got my opinion out before like got tainted by anything. Sure. Because I'm of the opinion that okay, we can we can dissect a Star Wars trailer because everything in there is probably going to mean something. Right. We don't really have any indication that there's anything. About this, the, like that, there is to pick apart. But uh, this does have uh, something in common with that Star Wars trailer. What's that? Nobody talked in it, except for the voiceover narration. Right. You had voiceover narration in the Star Wars trailer, and you had the voice narration in this, and none of the main characters talked. We never heard one lick of dialogue. But I will say this: the uh-huh. one big thing that that had that this doesn't. Yeah. Was when. The fucking Millennium Falcon flipped upside down, and that fucking John Williams music hit. I got goosebumps. Okay, yeah. I got yeah. nothing out of this. Right. I got no thrill, no anything. It doesn't make me excited for yeah. anything at all. All right, let me jump into this too. You know what? Like, okay, a Fantastic Four trailer. You know, this new one, Josh Trank uh, directed, Matthew Vaughn produced. Um, this could be a really good movie. This could be a really good movie, but. I don't think it's going to be a good Fantastic Four movie. If this okay. movie was called fucking Space Mission, colon, <laughs> Space Mission, colon, Dimension N, then it could be a really good movie. But this is not a good Fantastic Four trailer. This is not a good representation of the Fantastic Four. Agreed. It's not. Yeah. It is not. I mean, yeah, and, and, and you've got great actors in this thing, man. You know, Miles Teller. You know, Michael B. Jordan, great actors. Uh, you know, this Jamie Bell, you know, I mean, uh, uh, good voice actor and, and, and shit like that, you know, not familiar with Kate Mara, but I mean, you get, but this is not like, this is not fucking, uh, this is so, like, this is so grounded, it feels like in reality. Yeah. That it's not the fantastic, this is not the Reed Richards that I want. This is not, it doesn't seem like so, like it. I know he hasn't said a lick of dialogue, but just like the grounded reality that they've set this in, it's not Fantastic Four to me. This is not like cosmic. This is nothing. Right. You know what I mean? I want to see, like, dude, I wanted to see an older Reed Richards. I he want, looks like a boy. Yeah, it's Miles Teller. He's a young guy. And it, it's not like Miles Teller's not a great actor. I think he is a great actor, but just not as this Reed Richards guy so far. I think, right. it's, I think it's like miscasting for him. You know what I mean? They should have went with an older guy. And like, I guess I've, in the past, I've said like, oh yeah, you know, like, uh, this Tom Cavanaugh, he can't be such and such character because he's a TV actor. But I'd rather see like Tom Cavanaugh, who plays Harrison Wells in The Flash, be Reed Richards. I think that's the kind of guy I'd like to see be Reed Richards. Not Miles Teller. And, you know, I don't know, dude. It's just like, 
it just felt very interstellar. Right. It's not Jack Kirby and Stan Lee's vision of the Fantastic Four. Right. This is like, this is like a Christopher Nolan gritty version of exactly. Fantastic Four. Like, I would love to see Fantastic Four being like a family going on missions, a true origin story, and then maybe like later on, like, maybe like, uh, in, uh, the second or third movie, them introduce like the kids it, like years later franklin and valeria bring them into the mix i mean right. turn it into a real family voyage and shit you know there's no reason why they can't make this as exciting as guardians of the galaxy or out there like guardians of the galaxy i mean that's what fantastic four is um and man i dude this trailer was such a fucking disappointment to me it's a toss it and i know a lot of our listeners like you know, they, 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 oh, well, uh, uh, gives me a lot more hope for the, for the movie. And I, dude, I gotta toss this, toss this all fucking day. I've seen independent fan films that look better than this. It of was, anything. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's complete garbage. And real quick on the whole director commentary thing. Yeah. A, the reason why I avoided it is not only because I didn't want it to taint my opinion, but, it's a teaser trailer. Right. You shouldn't have to have that explained to you by the people who made it. It's one thing if we pick it apart because we're the fans. Mm-hmm. I got the impression that everybody hated it so much that they had to do this. Be like, oh, right. no, 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 you're not getting what we're trying to say. No, I got it. I don't want to hear what you got to fucking say. It sucked. This movie could be good, but it should not be called Fantastic Four. I'm not getting anything good out of this teaser trailer at all. I'm not getting anything Fantastic Four about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Fantastic Four. It's fantastic. Not. It's the disappointing four. Yeah, it's the not-so-Fantastic <laughs> Four. I mean, like, I'm just not getting a Fantastic Four feel from it. And, I mean, I'm all for, like, reinventing characters and stuff like that. But, like, this is so far from. This is, like, so gritty and so grounded. It's just right. – it's not Fantastic Four to me. If this movie, like I said, if it was called – Space mission colon dimension N. <laughs> then I might go in and be like, oh, this, this might be interesting. I'll right. check this out. But this is like, this is like nothing close to what I want to see from a Fantastic Four movie. Not at all. Yeah. I, I'm so heavily disappointed. Toss it, toss it, toss it. But, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I really wonder what Jake's thoughts are on yeah. it. Yeah. I'm willing to bet he's a tosser too. I don't I who knows with that guy. <laughs> I have no idea. But um let's see here. Let's talk about a few of the takeaways from this Fantastic Four trailer uh that we got in that two minute trailer. Um they are changing the origin again. Uh it looks like instead of the Fantastic Four getting their powers, you know, from going into outer space. They're actually getting it from traveling into the negative zone or what they call in this movie Dimension N. (laughs) So in the trailer, we see six people in the trailer that are walking into this teleportation device, the device that's going to take them to this Dimension N that we can assume that that's where they're going to get their powers from going into Dimension N. So from, from the trailer, we can guess that, you know, four of the characters, of course, are Reed, Sue, Ben, and Johnny. So that leaves characters number five. And then, like, a red shirt or something. So the fifth character is probably uh, Damashev, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. The sixth character is probably a red shirt. Um, he probably dies. Could be the corpse-looking motherfucker that was crawling around on the ground. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It could be. Could be. Um, 
from the trailer too, we also know we talked about the teleportation devices. There's not one, but there's two teleportation devices in the trailer. Uh, the, there's one that looks like super futuristic, like a team had been working on it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the same team, like when Miles Teller, like when they show him like walking on that, you know, uh, metal, uh, that metal bridge with the guardrails and he's looking, yeah, around. looking around. It's probably that same lab, that, that same science lab where that, you know, where this teleportation device is located. And he's looking around. This is probably where it is. And it looks really sleek. And the other one looks like it's more like homemade. And it might be a second device that maybe even Reed himself has constructed after the fact. Gotcha. You know? Um, we see a shot of young Reed later on. Remember that shot where they show the two little boys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they've invented something. Yeah. And uh, Reed, uh, and probably I'm guessing like a young Ben, him and Ben as children sitting there together. And it looks like, uh, you know, they're very young. And even at a young age, they're doing experiments together. And I think in the trailer, we see signs of Reed working on teleportation devices. I mean, I think that circular, that little tiny, tiny circular thing is like maybe a tor- teleportation device where he's, you know, working on early teleportation experiments. Right, gotcha. Uh, in the trailer, you see Reed uh, also with, you know, his glasses on sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the trailer, you don't you don't see him with his glasses off, on. Like, the trailer, like, you know, when he is walking across that metal bridge, yeah. he's got the glasses on. Mm-hmm. But later, when you can kind of tell, like, he's gone to Dimension N, he's got the glasses off. Yep. Um, in the comics, after he gains his powers, he's able to manipulate the cornea in his eyes. You know, he's elastic. Yeah. He can manipulate the corneas in his eyes in order to see perfectly. So I think that comes into play, which I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, we notice the containment suits that they're wearing. Um, these different containment suits, they're rumored to work with the individual that's wearing it. So they're tailored and specific for each person that's using this containment suit. Okay. Each suit is different with each ability. Reed uses his. It has like some elasticity to it. It's also got like little springs on it as well. Right. Uh, Johnny's, Johnny Storms, Michael B. Jordan's has like vents on it so he can handle like the flames and things like that. Uh-huh. You give me a look now. What'd you think of Jeep? I thought that thing was the stupidest looking motherfucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. How come we can't, okay. So, like, with a cartoon that did it, like, perfect, The Incredibles? Right. Make it something simple. Why do they got to have fucking vents on his suit? They're trying to get too grounded with the science and stuff, Fuck it, man. Just, just believe. It, it's flame-retardant material. Enough said. It ain't right. got to look like a fucking circus sideshow. Yeah. It's bullshit. I don't like it. Not a big fan. Um, by the looks of the trailer, too, it looks like uh, Dr. Doom or Damashev or whatever the fuck you want to call him <laughs> these days. Looks like his suit melts onto him and it's going to leave him like, you know, scarred and, and, and burnt up and damaged. So it's actually a part of him. Right. They show him laying on that table and yeah. it looks like the suit that maybe he, the containment suit that they put him in, it's kind of like melted and fused onto his body. Um, and this is cool. Uh, leftover listener and member of the leftover army, Dennis Aspero, he tipped me off to a cool Easter egg in the Fantastic Four trailer. And this is what he wrote. Easter egg in the Fantastic Four trailer on Sue Storm's screen. So there's that, you know, that part where they show Sue Storm. She's looking at the different screens. Yeah. One of the screens on, I think on like the bottom left, 
Uh, it had uh, and it, it had a bunch of numbers, which is actually an, an IP address. Oh, okay. So when you type it into your browser, that points to the Marvel Wiki page for Latveria. Oh, okay. So it looks like, uh, you know, I don't know. That's true to, you know, Dr. Doom. Yeah, that is. I don't know. It makes me think a lot of different things, though. Like, I don't know. Maybe, and this is way out of left field, like, maybe at the end of this movie we find out, like, Damashev isn't really Dr. Doom. Like, there is another Dr. Doom, or I don't know. You now know, you're getting kind of into, like, the uh, Iron Man 3 I know, shit. I know. The Yeah. Oh, fuck. I hope they don't do that. That'd be even worse. Like, I we know. got this idea that we know is a shit idea, so we're going to try to flip the shit and make you think it's good. I know, I know. The, the only thing I'm like, okay, I'm just thinking, like, you know, they're doing the reshoots for this movie. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe. Reshoots. I know. Yeah, oh yeah. God. They said it was going to be massive reshoots, but then Simon Kinsberg, Simon Kinberg, he came out and said they're only doing three to four days of reshoots. So... I don't know. All you bastards are under contract. 18-hour days. Fuck you. Oh, man. <laughs> but um, let's see here. Um, as far as the Latveria stuff goes, to put the icing on the cake for this rumor, yeah. the head of the makeup department for the film, he tweeted at Miles Teller recently and said, at Miles Teller, see you in Romania. Hmm. So it looks like they are going to be doing some, you know, shooting some Latveria scenes okay. in Romania. I just wonder how, you know, like, it doesn't make sense to me how this blogger is now going to become the ruler of Latveria. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. You know, know, and is he European to begin with? I don't right. understand this. There's uh, a lot that I don't understand. I have no fucking clue. Dude. <laughs> the trailer didn't help me out here. No, and hey, I made you watch, like, a fan had taken, like, some of the uh, vocal tracks from, like, the Interstellar yeah. uh, movie uh-huh. and then mixed them in with this trailer, dude. What did you think about that? Because, like, it was like a perfect cover. Wasn't it? Yeah. Talking about the plight of mankind. Yeah. And this is what we've done and where we're going. And, and they're showing, the, showing the, showing the, uh, the interdimensional, you know, teleportation devices yep. and all this stuff. And it and was crazy. It was like right down to the freaking drops of like the studio yeah. and the date that it was coming and then the title screen. Right. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show like, you know, Mike, uh, not Michael B. Jordan, uh, uh, they show like the even the cornfields, like the car driving with the cornfields, just like we saw the fucking cornfields yeah, in those stuff. I had a chuckle at that. Yeah. Oh, well, kind of, and this is like a car guy weird question. I'm wondering what that car was that uh, Michael B. Jordan was working on. It was a rear engine, so it was like mm-hmm. a Fiero or a Toyota MR2. <laughs> right. I that I don't know why I fucking think about that shit. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's just another reason to toss it, right? Uh, no, that ain't gonna have anything to do with it. Okay. That was about the only thing that was interesting to me. Um, okay. Well, because normally if you're under the hood of a car, it's the front of it, not the back. I just want to explain. <laughs> I just want to explain a little bit more, like, my reason that I'm tossing this. It's my attachment to the characters in the Marvel Universe, the 616. Okay. And how this has nothing, it feels nothing close to anything I've seen in any of the comic books. It's just so grounded. Maybe if you don't have that attachment to the characters in the Marvel 616, you liked this trailer. I don't have that connection. Yeah. And I did not like this trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't see how this grounded version of the Fantastic Four could even fit in with the universe that Fox has built with the X-Men. 
It's like they're going so far out of their way to make it not seem like it's special. They're yeah. making it so gritty. Yeah. Like, why not just call it the average four instead of the fantastic four bring that down a notch too it shouldn't even be called fantastic four this is not a fantastic four movie in my opinion it's a disappointing too for the number of minutes we had to suffer through watching it i i blame josh trank um i don't know if i blame kinsberg kinberg at this moment but i i blame josh trank and maybe even mark millar himself but what about a crossover with the x-men i want to thank brendan share for sharing this link to me just moments ago but the quotes here are from Simon Kinberg, who is co-writing X-Men Apocalypse. And here's what he had to say with EW. He says, the reboot of Fantastic Four really needed to work in and of itself. We were doing something pretty radical with the tone of the movie. If we wanted to find a way to connect them to the X-Men, we could. There's a lot of precedent from the comics. So they're saying it can be done. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> it feels so very fucking different. Yeah. It does I, not seem like it would meld well at all. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think, like, the first couple movies that they did, Fox did, kind of hurt this movie. I, I think the fact that those movies were more comic booky. They yeah. weren't done. They weren't done well. They were more comic booky. That they wanted to stay as far away from those that tone of that film that they didn't want to chase like what Marvel's doing in their movies, like right. the, you know Guardians and all this stuff. They wanted to be so far away from that shit, and then also far away from like you know those fucking movies that they did, like you know Rise of the Surfer or whatever the fuck they were called and then the Fantastic Four <laughs> movie. They just wanted to do something completely different, completely grounded. And then we got this, and it looks nothing like a Fantastic Four movie to me. No. And that, I I am, like, actually... So, Transformers 4, last year, yeah. I was like, okay, I gotta see it. Because I wanted to see it so I could have an opinion on it for the show. Yeah. This movie, I'm actually, honest to God, dreading having to look at. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. I am, too. But... I mean, it, it just seems like such a fucking train wreck. I can already think, man, you know what? I'm going to be very subjective when I watch this movie. I'm going to try to watch this movie, but I can't see myself leaving the theater and being like, wow, oh, wow, that was a great Fantastic Four movie. Because of my love for the characters, the characters in the 616, this just is not, does not scream Fantastic Four to me. Right. Needs young Murph. Yeah, young Murph. <laughs> Let's get her ass in Interstellar this, movie. this ass up. Uh-huh. She should have been young Sue Storm. Ryan, let's that would move. Be better. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's going to be hard for me not to toss this movie, but I'm going to watch it, and I'm, it may be a good movie, but it does not look like a good Fantastic Four movie. Right. I I can't say that I'm tainted going in because I got nothing to be tainted by. Right. You know what I mean? The teaser trailer sucks because it tells me nothing. Yeah. Agreed. They're going to go to Dimension N. They're going to get their powers, and yeah, I mean. The big bad's Damashev. They show him laying on a fucking table. He's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. quite a lot of lights. Maybe it's the 4th of July. And it looks like they want to go back to Dimension N because there's a second teleporter. Okay. So do they go back to Dimension N to erase what they did the first time <laughs> while they were there? I don't know. What's the point of this? I have no idea. Mm. The... Uh you said something about playing that director's comment. Did there, is there anything of value that comes oh, yeah. from that? Uh, I can play it. You want me to go ahead and play it? Yeah, if you want to. All right, let me play the director's comment. Hi, I'm Josh Trank. I'm Simon Kimberg, And this is our breakdown of the Fantastic Four trailer here on Yahoo. So stick around, because we're giving you an exclusive inside look. 
How did we get this far? Human beings have an immeasurable desire to discover, to invent, to build, to rape our childhoods. Brian Hitch and and his artwork and everything he's done and. A big thing that really inspired me from his work in The Ultimates was uh, seeing Reed in a garage. Mm-hmm. I absolutely want to tell the story of, uh, of a young Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I think because we wanted to tell a generational story, I and mean, you did it in Chronicle, and, and we do it in this movie of it being about the next generation, um, that's one of the reasons that we looked at The Ultimates as you know, part of the inspiration for the movie, because those are the younger Fantastic Four. You remember I told you I, I talked to Stan Lee mm-hmm. about this, and I kind of gave him a very, like, uh, not so much a pitch, but I just um, told him why I wanted to do the Fantastic Four. And he just genuinely loved the idea that somebody is, uh, would be taking the Fantastic Four seriously like that and putting them into a modern space, mm-hmm. which was really cool to just kind of hear Stan Lee you know, co-sign on that. Our future depends on us furthering these ideas. A responsibility that rests on the shoulders of generations to come. Miles Teller as Reed Richards, uh, Kate Mara as Sue Storm, uh, Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm, and Jamie Bell as Ben Grimm. I mean, I don't think we could possibly find four better actors uh, to portray these characters in this version of the story. Yeah, and I think because we wanted it to be grounded and dramatic, um, we went for the four best dramatic actors. But with every new discovery... Jack and Stan created the Fantastic Four in the 60s. They're in the, on the brink of um, uh, science really physically changing the world. Yeah, no, I think the, the, the same way that it was the next generation that sent men to the moon, it's now the next generation that's like creating the internet yeah, it's and like, yeah. the new frontier. And, and I remember from the beginning with this movie, you wanted to explore um, what that new frontier would look like and, and do a superhero movie that was as grounded in science and reality. I really wanted to see science and science fiction, uh, which I think we kind of rarely see. There is risk. There is sacrifice. Yeah, that will be uh, probably the frame that is frozen and uh, screen captured and emailed the most uh, of anything in the teaser, I would say. It only made sense to use mocap technology to bring Ben Grimm to life and uh, uh, being able to register all of the details of expression and emotion um, through the motion capture performance because Jamie Bell is such a terrific actor. One thing that uh, does stay the same uh, are the eyes. It's Jamie's eyes when he's not in mocap and it's Jamie's eyes when he is in mocap. And there are consequences. your idea to create these suits that had a real um, science function to them and that yep. they would we, we termed them or you termed them containment suits um, yep. and they would help them control contain these powers that were really new to them
Stanley and Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four. You have four characters that get into a rocket and go into space. They encounter cosmic rays, and that transforms them into who we know now as Fantastic Four. And it's one of the things that we took really seriously, um, and there's real science exploring it right now, is this notion of interdimensional travel. Yep. Be ready for what's coming. What is coming? The answers. This was the first most important superhero group in the history of modern comics. And um, obviously there's a lot of responsibility there. The most important thing about the Fantastic Four is that this is a movie about a family. I remember the first time I read a Fantastic Four comic, what was, what was so remarkable about it was that it was a, about a group of superheroes who were this little surrogate family. And that all the dynamics that are like good and bad that are part of being in a family were playing out in a comic book. And I'd never really seen that before. There's obviously people with families in comics, plenty of them. Or where it's like secondary. Right, you know. right, exactly. But this, the core of the Fantastic Four is seeing how far a family can stretch, no pun intended, mm-hmm. to put them into the most extreme of circumstances and see how far they can be stretched and, and yet come back together and be stronger than ever. Uh, that's just really what the Fantastic Four is all about. All right, so, yeah, dude. I mean, they talk about, like, uh, how family's important. And that's, like, the biggest thing with, like, the, you know, Fantastic Four is that they are a family. Right. And this just seems, I don't know, this just seems like I want to see them be a family because that's the most important thing. But this film just seems like a throwaway origin story it sounds like it's too much science based it's not like you know what i mean guardians of the galaxy was just so cool it was fun it was fun they didn't have to explain fucking everything yeah it just was yeah we don't need christopher nolan influencing a fucking fantastic four movie i know it's not what i want to see man right i mean this is this is bad yeah the bad thing is is like okay so like in the treat so they did this as commentary for the teaser but they're ta- they're not talking about the shit in the teaser. Right. They're telling you about all the stuff that you're not seeing. Ben Grimm's eyes are just amazing because it's his eyes when he's in mocap and when he's not. That's fucking wonderful. I wish I could have fucking saw his eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. It's great that you talked about it. <laughs> thanks for those eyeball shots we didn't get a look of. But yeah, <laughs> thanks for teasing it. I don't know. Jeez. Yeah, I, yeah. Just he- hearing shots about somebody's eyes does not put me at ease. Right. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, it is. And what what is up with that sad ass piano music in the background? It's like the poor man's lonely man shit from Bruce Banner. Yeah. Back in the day. It's more Interstellar trailer. <laughs> oh, no. This is bad. So bad. Yeah. I would have rather had nothing. God damn it. The only good thing that came out of this. <laughs> Is that during a Reddit AMA Q&A, looks like uh, Terry Crews, you know, since he can't play uh, Luke Cage, he wants to play Silver Surfer. Do it. Fucking do it. Oh, my God. Bring some life to this shit. (laughs) He said, again, it's hard to pick a favorite superhero. I always did love Luke Cage, and I'm really, really happy about who they cast in the Netflix version of Luke Cage. So that's something... That's already done, but you know who else I'd like to play? The Silver Surfer. I always loved, I, I thought I had the build, the body. I could get on that surfboard, <laughs> and if they ever do a live-action version of Silver Surfer, I think that would be perfect for me. 
I don't I don't see him fitting into this universe. He's too fun to be oh, Silver yeah. Surfer. They would strip him down of being. Right. That's a lot of silver yeah. fucking paint too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see him as Silver Surfer. No, but I'd love to see him fucking standing on that surfboard. Ah, boom! Like yeah. the fucking commercials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love those things. So yeah, Terry Crews. I don't think that's the right role for you, dude. I think it should have been Luke Cage all the way. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So. You know what, though? From what I'm seeing so far, stay away from this Fantastic Four bullshit. Wait until Marvel calls, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is crazy, dude. Look out for you, brother. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this movie, because if I eat crow on this one, and if it's like the coolest thing, best thing since sliced bread, I'll, I'll admit that I ate crow on it. But man, this movie just looks like garbage. You know, I know what they're going to say, too, because they're going to be like, you guys were shitting all over... Days of Futures passed, and then you couldn't mm-hmm. believe how much you loved it. I, I got two very different feelings mm-hmm. about what was leading up to Days of Futures past and what's leading up to this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk about a little bit more Marvel news. All right. So, hey, you know what? Let's uh, move on here. Uh, you know. I don't know. We'll move away from Fantastic Four. I tossed it. And for those of you that are looking forward to the movie, more power to you. Like we said, art is subjective. We just think this is a it's a shit storm waiting. To oh yeah. <laughs> on it, can't really comment on the movie because we haven't seen it. But the the teaser itself, on its own, yeah. toss that shit in the garbage, take a dump on it, and then leave it out for the garbage man. Yeah, exactly, man. I just did not dig this trailer, dude. Uh, didn't show me anything. Not exciting. Nope. All right. Ryan Reynolds talked to MTV about the Deadpool film, and I wanted to play the audio of Ryan Reynolds talking about Deadpool. Cool. Ryan, um, since it's been a while since... What happened? Uh, you're, you're, you're I'm lost waiting for your Deadpool eyes. question. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where I was coming right there? Is that How the cue that you took? To yeah, yeah, I knew it was coming. And so you yeah, just won't make eye contact. What do you want to talk about? You're excited. I was looking at Ben saying, just answer it for me. No, no, no. But... It's happening. It's actually happening. Yeah, it is. You've yeah. willed this into existence. Yeah. The budget isn't what we hoped it would be. This is actually the suit. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different way to go. Yeah. Um, but are you kind of shocked that it is happening? You've obviously been through a lot with this one. And it's- yeah, it's been a long time, and, you know, it's happening the right way, and that's all that matters. You know, we don't have the kind of money that most superhero movies do, but that's that's great, actually. That's that's what, you know, necessity is a mother of invention. and that's why we get to make the movie we want to make. So. And was Eddie Trepidation obviously being through Green Lantern, which had its ups and downs to say the least. And you, you, you yes, know, there were some downs. I mean, you don't want to be the guy that. No, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> did of course it again. not. Of course not. But you gotta, you gotta just have faith in the people that you're working with yeah. and have faith in the prep. And that's what that's that's all I'm doing. That's on this one. The prep's been 11 years, so. Yeah. You know, you'd like to think that you put your best foot forward, but we'll see. And a last thing on it, I mean, it must have been exciting when that footage leaked, because that really seemed to, like, generate, like, how this happened. Yeah, I would have leaked that footage myself. So it I wasn't mean, you if, guys? Uh, no, no, I would have had Fox's lawyers so far up my ass <laughs> they could smell Wade Wilson's feet. Um, so, no, 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 I didn't leak it, but I would have. Looking back now, in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know, I mean, I should, I should go home and scan the old hard drive and see what got in there. Yeah, but objects you can revive. Yeah, right. <laughs> Frank lost it with the uh, feet comment. I'm going to give him a moment to recover here. That is the perfect reason why Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. He is Deadpool. That is so yeah, fucking dude. awesome right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, you know, I, I'm thrilled that they're going to be making this movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. This is like the flip side of that Fantastic Four shit. Yeah, and this is Fox too. And I know, I, it's pure fun. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Right. I can't wait for it either. Dude, I can't <clears throat> wait for 2016 is going to be nuts. I know. 2000, we, like, we thought 2015 is going to be nuts. I mean, you know, Avengers <sighs> Age of Ultron and you got, uh, you know, Star Wars coming up, Ant-Man, all that stuff. But I 2016, have you thought about 2016? Check this out. Check this out. Listen to this shit, dude. 2016 Marvel's got coming out. Captain America Civil War. Then they've got Doctor Strange. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then DC has, in March, Batman v Superman, followed up by, like, I think uh, just a few months later, you know, I think like in August or I can't remember the date, Suicide Squad. Right. So we're at four films already. Fox <clears throat> has three, three superhero movies coming out that year. X-Men Apocalypse. Right. Gambit mm-hmm. and this Deadpool movie. Three movies. Oh. Dude, this is like, that's seven movies we got to cover. Hell yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Deadpool, and I'm glad that Ryan Reynolds is going to be their man, so I cannot wait for that Deadpool movie. I hope they break down that uh, fourth wall, and I oh, hope, yeah. you know, and I hope the character is just as hilarious as he was in that in that trailer that got leaked. Oh yeah, and then uh, it doesn't bother me like what he's talking about, like with the money and the budget. Yeah, it doesn't have to visually stun me as long as the writing is good yeah. and clever, and his dialogue is amazing. Yeah, that's what I want to see. That's say. exactly. I think even having like that lower budget that he's talking about, that's mm-hmm. going to push him that much harder on like the dialogue and the funny. Yeah, look at look at movies that, that get a huge budget, like fucking like Transformers and shit. You know, yeah, yeah you're going to get like this uh, great visuals and shit like that. But where a rally car comes flying over a hill and hits a dude in the face with the tire. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, but you're not going to get you're not going to get that great dialogue, that great writing. They they substitute that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like a Tarantino film. You know, you're going to get great dialogue and stuff like that, but yeah. they're, they're not going to have the budget of like a Transformers where no. they're spending like, you know, $200 million on a movie. Right. All that CGI is expensive and I'm, I'm starting to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It comes at the expense of any real good content. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Marvel. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna read a Marvel email, and then we're gonna talk uh, about a specific character that's brought up in the email. It's, com- it's from uh, Huey Cox. He says, "Hi, leftovers. Listen to your most recent episode. Loved your comments about the Punisher. I think John Bernthal would be the ideal choice for Frank Castle. I think an interesting approach would be a psychological crime drama like Taxi Driver instead of a traditional action film TV show." I'd also think introducing him as an antagonist to Daredevil would be clever. Love the show, Huey Cox. Jared Gafford of the Joe Shamo Comic Show has also mentioned um, John Bernthal as mm-hmm. being his choice for Punisher. And I think Kelly Claiborne, who listens to the show, I think he also mentioned John Bernthal. So we've got a lot of people that are like really wanting John Bernthal to, right. be, to be the Punisher. What are your thoughts? I Tupperware that idea. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he is. He can be very intense, mm-hmm. and and he's a good actor. A lot of people might just like oh, with Walking Dead guy, but no, I mean he's really gifted. Yeah. Um, and you know, if anything, what we saw out of him as Shane on The Walking Dead should be able to show some of his intensity. Right. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have to be running around screaming in order to. Uh, 
seem intimidating. So yeah, I absolutely think that he would be a great Frank Castle. Yeah, I'm I'm warming up to this, and I really like it. You know, bef- if, if before the whole John Bernthal talk, I would have said, you know, Carl Urban. You know, he yeah. put in Dread. Mm-hmm. You know, his performance in Dread, I thought he could play like a good Frank Castle. Yeah. I've also thought Anson Mount from Hell on Wheels would be a good choice. Right. Uh, but now that I'm hearing John Bernthal, I'm, I'm really starting to like the choice. I'm, like I'm going to give it a high taste it. Um, an article. Uh, I want to thank Kelly Claiborne for tipping me off to this article. I thought it was really cool. It was from moviepilot.com. Uh, it came out, it was titled, uh, Is This Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher? Where they talked about their top choices for Frank Castle in the MCU or in a Netflix series. And I wanted uh, to read some of these. You know, their honorable mentions were um, Frank, uh, Frank Grillo. Um, Played Crossbones in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, I've heard you guys mention him, and I just watched Winter Soldier. Who, okay, is, oh, was that the? Uh, no, that wasn't him. He was kind of like he? the mercenary. You know, he was working with Shield, and he was one of the guys that. Attacked. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the ones. He got in burned the, up at the end. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the ones in the elevator too when Cap yes. was like, "Anybody want to get out?" Right. Okay, but he's crossbones in that universe, so it's hard oh, to make the transition right. to Punisher when right. you're already in the MCU as another character. Gotcha. And yeah. it sounds like they're going to be using crossbones more. Okay, in future films, um, Carl Urban, like I said, that was one of their honorable mentions, and then Josh Brolin, which is another character they can't hmm. use really, right? Because of the similarity, you know, he's Thanos. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be hot, t- hard. Uh, their number five was Joe Manganiello. Uh, from True Blood, yeah, you know Magic guy. Mike, big guy, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, number their number four was actually John Bernthal. Okay, so he did come up on the list. Number three was Eric Bana. He played really? the original Hulk. Hulk yeah. yeah. Um, number two is John Hamm. So what was that? Who was he? Mad Men. No, you're not familiar with John Hamm. No. Let me uh, look him up. I'll maybe see his face, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, it's him." Okay, let me pause here real quick. All right, yeah. So Frank, you got a you got a face, but you're still not you're just not familiar with John Hamm, yeah? No, I mean I remember seeing him maybe from like a couple of uh, commercials for okay. Mad Men. Yeah, I mean now that I see the face, I see that, but not, not anything else. And uh, their number one is still Thomas Jane. Yeah, so. and he just talked about we talked about that last week. Him yeah. saying that he thinks that time to time to move on yeah yeah but he would if it was the right story he'd come back he said that too yeah i i don't know man that with the barenthal thing I, I i i could see him doing it um yeah i'd like to see john barenthal now yeah i'm kind of interested in that right he's Bring him into the u- universe yeah yeah and it'd be a good fit too i mean he's a up-and-coming actor mm. oh definitely he's gaining a whole shit ton of popularity and he's in a lot of these really good films yeah i mean he's a supporting character mm-hmm. but it might be time to like give him like uh, a oh, ne- yeah. netflix series or mm-hmm. something like that yep. yeah he was great in fury he was great in wolf of wall street yep yeah um, real quick, Marvel.com has announced that the 10th Doctor, David Tennant, will be Kilgrave in the upcoming Netflix series, Jessica Jones, and will be playing the role of the Purple Man. The Marvel announcement read, an enigmatic, ugh, enigmatic, I can't say that fucking <laughs> word, an enigmatic figure from Jessica's past. Kilgrave's reappearance will send shockwaves through the former superhero's world. 
Uh, executive producer and showrunner Melissa Rosenberg said this about Tenet in the announcement. He will make Kilgrave a truly original villain. So it's pretty awesome. It sounds like they're sticking with the comic books, you know. Looks like uh, Jessica Jones uh she's kind of like retired from that whole world and then um you know his his reappearance uh sounds like it makes her come out of retirement and um you know the purple man i think this is this is great i mean he's a daredevil foe too and uh you know he's a master of mind control and manipulation and he's jessica jones arch nemesis it only makes sense that he's going to show up in the show and i think david tennant could 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 really really excel in this role i'm used to seeing him as doctor who and he's my favorite doctor but uh i'd like to see him in this role i'm i'm I'm, i don't know i'm really really happy to see him in the marvel cinematic universe now or the netflix shows right uh i know a lot of whovians and they're big time behind this yeah i i haven't been able to get time to get into doctor who but yeah yeah, everybody everybody seems to like them a lot. Yeah. I hope they really flesh them out well. And they should be able to during the course of the show. It's sure. It's not like Malekith or Ronan. They should be able to really flesh out the Purple Man a lot through these series. Right. You know what we should do? What? Um, the talk of Tenet gets me thinking about the Doctor Who thing. And it's one of those things, like for me, it's probably like Game of Thrones for you, where mm-hmm. you know you really need to watch it and you want to watch it. It's just remembering yeah. To do it. Yeah. We should like challenge each other. Like I should watch so many episodes of Who and you should watch so many episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to set that bar at? <sighs> I'll try to watch two episodes a day. A day? Oh my. Okay. Well, when I can. Yeah. <laughs> it starts. Two, okay. <laughs> Three episodes a week. How about that? Look, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. Okay. I'm cool with that. All right. How we'll many ep- now are Doctor Who episodes, are they also hour in length? Yes, they are. They come okay. to about 40 minutes an episode. But there's also, like, Christmas specials and Doctor Who movies that okay. you'll need to get caught up on, too, because they, they really tie in. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll, I'll undertake it. I think i got a, a taller mountain to climb than, than Once you. Once you get past, like, the whole Eccleston season and you get into David Tennant, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you're going to fall in love with it. And is he the so next good. one right after He's Eccleston? right after, yeah. Okay. And he's got three seasons, and then you get into Matt Smith. And gotcha. Then, yeah, and then P- Capaldi's doing the new stuff. Um, last week we talked about the Wonder Woman movie that Josh Whedon never made. Now this week BuzzFeed talks to Josh Whedon after we learned he may not be coming back for Avengers Infinity Wars. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I did. I heard might, his statement. Yeah, might talk about that a little bit later. I don't know if I have – might have notes on that. And they asked him if he'd ever do the Captain Marvel movie. Hmm. Here's what he said. Um, I would never rule anything out because I like working here. By the same token, the biggest thing for me is that I need to do something that I create myself. It's been way too long since I created a universe. Captain Marvel, I don't know as well. There have been a few versions of her. I have the first issue of Ms. Marvel back when she was that and had the Farrah hair. My only issue with her is that she always felt sort of on top. She was very driven, a winner. I always like to dig into the soil of things to find my heroes, if I can. So it doesn't sound like he's going to do it. But right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Joss Whedon will do it. I, I think he's done. Yeah, more than likely. And I don't think it's so much like a bad thing as far as like his relationships there or anything like that. It's just really time-consuming. And yeah. he really does... Like, I, I've listened to podcasts, Nerdist Pod, when he was on there, 
And like the shit that falls out of this guy's mouth is like constant gold. Yeah. He's probably got ideas every other day writing it down and then some of them he's looking to explore but when he's all tied up doing this stuff it maybe probably stifles that creative side of him which he excels at right so i can understand him wanting to maybe step away from all these triple a limelight movies so he can make his own thing again that's a cool thing to do yeah it is but i mean as the fans we're gonna miss i know because he tells such good stories well and he's the one who kicked off this whole thanos thing anyway you know what i mean and to see him not finish it it kind of like uh it's bittersweet right you know so in a recent interview with empire robert downey jr talked about why he chose to be a part of captain america 3 and the role of tony stark for the future of the mcu and here's what he had to say they said to me If we have you, we can do this. Or Cap 3 has to be something else. It's nice to feel needed. And at this point, it's about helping each other, too. I look at it as a competition, and I go, wow, maybe if these two franchises teamed up, and I can take even a lesser position with people I like and directors I respect, maybe we can keep things bumping along. So. He's looking at it as like a sacrifice. Like, is that you know what I mean? But I think it's I think it helps him being in the film. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem seeing him in future films. But the kind of what I'm getting as the takeaway with that is that he would be wanting to like he wouldn't be like the headliner. He would just be showing up in like the Cap movies from there on out. Yeah. So he would be just like a and Iron Man is in it right kind of thing and you know they were probably giving him like okay we're at the crossroads like we're gonna go one way or we're gonna go another this is Mm -hmm. it for you and we're gonna move on with a different actor or get on board and we're gonna change things up a bit well but but it does say this i mean he did say like they came to him they said if we have you we can do this or cap three has to be something else so it's not like Okay, we're going to replace you with a different Captain America, uh, a different, you know, Iron Man oh, in I order to do the story off. that we want to do here. Um, no, but he was already signed for uh, the Infinity Wars. Oh, okay. Maybe they were going to lay some kind of groundwork. I just think, like, his involvement in Captain America 3 is, like, okay, we're going to do it this way if you're involved, and if you're not, then we got to find a different direction for Captain America 3 and do it completely different. Right. So... Yeah, Tony Stark and Iron Man, they play a huge role mm-hmm. in uh, Civil War right. in the comics. It might not even have been Civil War at that point. Exactly. Um, this might have been Cap, <laughs> you know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, some kind of like different title. And how they've done, how they've set things up in the MCU with Tony Stark's behavior, like in the Avengers, mm-hmm. when you kind of see how he's sneaking on the sneakers. Yeah. He, he's checking up on S.H.I.E.L.D. and shit. Uh, he's already got like plan B and C lined up right. for shit. Uh, and that's really cool. And a lot of that, I mean, comes out a bit in Civil War. Yeah. Cause you, you end up perceiving everybody, even your friends as a threat. Mm-hmm. So he's got to have contingency plans in place. Yeah. Um, he also talks about how this is the natural progression to the character and how it will make sense after the events of Age of Ultron. He says, it's natural to change your views. The main thing to me is what sort of incident could occur and what sort of framework could we find Tony in? The clues about where we might find him next are in Ultron. But what would it take for Tony to completely turn around everything he stood for? 
Josh brings this up all the time. It's kind of weird that these guys would have all these throwdowns all over the planet Earth, and yet when the movie's over, nobody minds. What would America, what would the American government do if this were real? Wouldn't it be interesting to see Tony doing something you wouldn't imagine? Hmm. So this raises the question, will Iron Man, the superhero, be the Marvel Cinematic Universe's biggest heel? The villain, I mean. Could be. Well, here's what Downey said. He said, I wouldn't put it that way. The biggest question is for Chris and for Cap, how do we bring Cap to a place where people go? Man, I never thought I would see such a vast change in Steve. After you see Snowpiercer, you're like, I want to see a little bit of that guy. So, I mean, I'm getting excited because I know exactly what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. When uh, when things come to a head in the comic yeah, and Cap goes rogue, he beats the living shit out of the guards. Right. I mean, he's a badass and you forget that. And when it's all about standing up for what he believes in and when it doesn't mesh, mm-hmm. I mean, these, these guys don't concede any ground. Right. It's going to be so fucking cool. It's going to be awesome. You know what I mean? They even showed, like, in the Avengers Age of Ultron, the the stuff that they showed at, was it Newark Comic-Con or San Diego Comic-Con? Like, the whole chopping wood scene? Yeah. Of those two going back and forth. Mm-hmm. So that's leading. I think that that's very telling of, like, their relationship is going to get more strain in this movie and then leading into Civil War. Right. And, you know, it makes perfect sense. They're lining this one up to be really dark. Uh, most of the scenes that we're seeing, there's already heavy destruction. You're not really seeing a whole lot of pristine, clean stuff uh, in the yeah. trailers that we've seen so far. So, And while we've already talked about how they can't really do things exactly the way that they did in the comic as far as the setup with, like, what was it, the New World Heroes? or I can't remember the name of the group. Okay. But uh, <clears throat> anyhow, uh, oh, yeah, all the destruction. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm not sure what Jake's going to think about this because people are going to die. There's going to be destruction. Right. Uh, but, I mean, it's a catalyst. It's what's going to have to happen. There's going to People are going to have to say enough is enough. Right. And that's what's going to lead into civil war. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it, hopefully it comes across. I understand what Downey's saying about, like, well, I wouldn't necessarily look at it like a heel. Uh, because at least how it was written in the comic each one had their own side that you could get behind. Exactly. You're going to, like, as, as, like, like I said, like, you know, like, I'd like to see people in the theaters showing up with, like, you know, Team Iron Man. Right. Or Team, you know, Team Captain America t shirts. Yeah. Because there's I mean? no cut and dry good or bad side. Mm-hmm. It's just different sides of the same coin. Right. And in one, on one hand, you've got a major infringement into civil rights. Right. And then on the other hand, you've got a potential danger to everybody. Right. I mean, I guess you could look at it like the same thing as the argument about like handguns. Mm-hmm. You know, should if you say that you got to take them away because they're dangerous, then uh you're going to be on team Iron Man. If you're thinking that no, we need our fucking guns. This is the land of the free and home of the brave. Yeah. Uh then that's cap. See, that's the thing. That's what Marvel <laughs> Comics have done everything like this for years. Like, you know, bringing like real world views into things. Like, you know, like, uh, the X-Men was basically like, uh, you know, the superhero version of civil rights. Right, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's awesome. All the courtroom drama and stuff mm-hmm. and like mutant and proud and all that. Right. Uh, let's see here. Um, 
Oh, you know one thing we didn't talk about? What's that? Um, the X-Men TV show. What Have about you heard it? about that? No, not uh, at all. Yeah, basically there's, uh, I forget who it was, maybe Deadline or something like that, reported that Fox is wanting to do an X-Men TV show. Okay. Um, they're w- wanting to bring the X-Men to Fox. Now, w- whether this is going to tie in with the Fox you know, superhero movie stuff, we don't know. Right. I don't think it will. I think they'll keep it separate. Um, that's just my, just my opinion, but who knows? Yeah. Um, but the problem is that Fox owns the cinematic movie rights. They don't own the stuff for TV. Marvel owns all of these characters on the TV side. Okay. Okay. All right then. So is Marvel going to relinquish rights? Not relinquish, but let them use the X-Men the way they want to on a T on, on TV. Right. Hmm. Part of me thinks like, no, like look what they've done with the characters in the comics. Like they, they got rid of the fantastic four comic, you know, right. Wolverine died, Deadpool died in the comics recently and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. And, uh, so that's one thing. I mean, I don't know if you have an opinion about that. It's, it's almost kind of backhanded to say, and it's kind of foolish on the same hand. To say, okay, we're going to deprive you of any future source material for what you have mm-hmm. in your stable. But that's not to say that somebody else can't write something completely off the cuff and have it still be a good story. Yeah. So I think it's a little childish to try to cut the cut the vein of wealth off if, like that. If that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they'll just say, hey, you want to you wanna do this? Yeah, go ahead and do it. Now, what would you want to see from a uh, X-Men TV show? Like, would, would you want to see, like, it tie in with the cinematic universe, or would you want this to be completely separate? I think there's so many X-Men, and people who have been X-Men. Okay. It could be separate. and You don't have to always go with the headliners and the ones that sell big bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, cinematically, we've had Nightcrawler, but not, you know, a real... He hasn't shown back up in other movies. He wasn't yeah. in uh, Days of Futures Past at all. Right. Um, but I mean, yeah, there could have, uh, lots of other lesser known mutants could be in the TV show, and it could still be interesting. It doesn't always have to be Cyclops, Storm, Jean Grey, Wolverine. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and like plot wise, um, kind of like what I would want to see is like I want to see like the government cracking down on mutants. Yeah. And mutants on the run mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and and every week it feels like they're in danger of being caught and stuff like that. Oh, sure. You could get real uh, – I don't want to say gritty with it because sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, I mean, you could get as far as, like, safe houses and stuff and yeah. sympathizers and things like that. Right, right. Yeah, like, you know, the people that are behind the mutants and then people that aren't. And, yeah, yeah. safe houses, that, that's an interesting idea. I like you, that. You could make it more about the political aspect than any of the special powers. Well, that's what that's what x-men was you know what i mean when 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 uh you know uh stan lee first came up with these characters that's what they were i mean right. you know mutants were like misunderstood and and uh 
that's what I want to see in a TV show. Stay true to that. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, I don't have to see Cyclops and Jean Grey and like, right. yeah, just lesser known mutants and, and, and it with cool powers. But like, is that going to drag the people in to watch this show on the flip side? I think that it could be done and Gotham is probably our proof of that. Mm-hmm. You've got somebody who doesn't have superpowers. He's just a cop and Jim Gordon. Right. And that show's doing just fine. Yeah. I think it comes down to like writers. Yeah. And writing these characters mm-hmm. and making them interesting characters, not just hanging your hat on, oh, these are mutants. Right. It, and, the, and there go it goes back to the clever writing and the dialogue. Yeah. And if you're going to try to, okay, like you said, mutants, mm-hmm. uh, just jump right onto the CGI train and be like, let's try to max out our budget and make this as fantastical as possible, but the story's shit. Yeah. Concentrate on the story. Focus on the story. You don't have to go so over the top. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're looking at TV in general, I mean, usually they don't get huge budgets. And like, oh, God, anytime Fox does give a show a huge budget, it ends up tanking, unfortunately. You know, look at Terra Nova and yeah. then, you know, Almost Human. Huge budgets for those shows. They tank. Hopefully... They'll just, they'll give them a moderate budget, a good budget for that first season, but it'll be up to the people that are behind this. Hopefully Simon Kinberg will like write it, like that first few, uh, you know, episodes of this show. Yeah, help get them going. Yeah. I don't even know if this show like will make it past the pilot. If the pilot even be, you know what I mean? Right. It might be a pilot that they order and then like Fox passes on it for all yeah. we know. But, uh, I'd be interested in seeing this show if it was done right. Yeah, I, I could get behind it like that. Yeah. I love it when they try to tie stuff in to make it seem like, you know, if you were to experience this in the real world, but it can still deal with fantastical elements. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, let's see here. Uh, real quick, Joss Whedon might not come back and do, you know, uh, Infinity. He said, I couldn't imagine doing this again. It's enormously hard, and it'd be by then a good five years since I created anything that was completely my own. So it's doubtful that I would take on the two-part Infinity War movie that would eat up the next four years of my life. I obviously still want to be a part of the Marvel Universe. I love these guys, but it ain't easy. This year has been more like running three shows than any year of my life. It is bonkers. So... We we could take this as one of two ways. Like, it's burning him out, or he's also saying, hey, Marvel, show me some more fucking money. I look at it, maybe it's just the idea that if you sign one, you got to sign both. You know what I mean? He'd have to do both parts and yeah. do, doing a double feature like that, that. That is a large chunk of his time. Yeah. He'd probably be interested in doing a film, but not the pair. Right. Makes you wonder, like, how long is, like, Zack Snyder going to stay on to the DC Cinematic Universe? I don't know. <laughs> as soon as you say Zack Snyder, I'm like, ugh. I love Man of Steel, but, man, all this fucking Batman v Superman shit. Oh, I know. I know the Batman v Superman stuff. I don't know. Dude, I'm still wanting to see that movie. Like, I really do. I really want to see it, dude. I don't know. I want to see that a lot more than I want to see the fucking Fantastic Four. Oh, no shit. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Um, oh, yeah, one last thing. Uh, he, Oh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth was asked by Digital Spy if the events of Age of Ultron would affect the Thor sequel, Thor Ragnarok. And uh, here's what Chris Hemsworth had to say to Digital Spy. And then lastly from Digital Spy. Will events in Avengers Age of Ultron have any impact on where we find Thor in the third Thor film? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it has to, doesn't it? <laughs> Unless I was standing on the sidelines kind of waving, but he's not. <laughs> Can you give us any any hints into that? Uh, no, I can't. But also, there is no script for Thor, the next Thor. You know, so I have no idea yeah. where we're going to end up. But um, it's uh, it's pretty big, this one. Yeah, so he really gave away nothing, so. Right. I don't, you know what? I don't blame him. Um, That's a good, safe answer. Yeah. Well, of course it does. Hannah has to. It's, <laughs> it's funny though. It's like he's doing like a like a press junket for like that Black Hat movie, but like they, they all end it with like a fucking Avengers: Age of Ultron question. Right. Well, that's the money shot, man. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody's trying to get new quotes out of these people, trying to get them to slip up and shit. <laughs> all right, we're gonna move on to DC news. Um, dude, one of my favorite shows that I watch is I love Joel McHale. I don't watch uh, Community, okay. which is unfortunate. I hear it's really good. I saw like the first episode, and I dropped off after the pilot, which that's my fault. I should have stuck on with it. But I still watch The Soup. I love <laughs> The Soup. Huge fan of The Soup. Gotcha. Guess, who, guess what show made The Soup this week? What? You know how he makes fun of different, you know, Shows, TV shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. and reality shows, and stuff like that. Mm. The Flash. Oh yeah, The Flash made the soup. Really? Uh, not this past one, but the the week before it made the soup. And uh, I recorded this off my fucking phone, but I wanted to play it for everybody. Okay. Here is Joel McHale, the Soup, talking about the Flash. Next week we're at the Super Bowl live, everybody. I mean, not during it on the Friday before. Anyway, welcome back on the Flash. Barry and Caitlin are down at Star Labs discussing their lives and loves, and while doing so, may have cracked a mystery in a manner that is totally plausible and not at all pulled out of their butts. Baby, try Indian food and scuba diving. At first, it was scary. And it was better. Hey, Caitlin. Scuba. What about it? Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. It's, it's an acronym. What if firestorm isn't a word? Fusion ignition research experiment and science of transmutation originating RNA in molecular What? Of course! It's an acronym, just like building underwater lanyards leading some hovercraft into Tacoma is an acronym. But pause. Write down the letters. Uh, and I thought the, I thought the soup writers were lazy, lazy everyone, so uh, it's reality show clip time. Oh, I thought that was fucking hilarious. Hell yeah, that was good. I had to play that for everybody. So yeah, the Flash made the soup, and like watching that episode, I didn't even catch how ridiculous that was. That's funny, but the way they laid it out, dude, that was fucking hilarious. Right, there's six degrees of separation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so we had a pretty amazing episode of the Flash. This last episode, first appearance of the Pied Piper, and that was pretty cool. Uh, but the most exciting things in the episode were things that Harrison Wells was like doing off to the side. Uh, we saw him in his home using super speed. Okay. Out of the wheelchair, walking around using super speed. This is the first time that I can recall that I've seen him using it. Okay. Um, you know, he's been revealed to be reverse flash. And at the end of the episode, we saw him using the Techion device that he got in the mid-season finale. 
and uh, we heard him refer to the Speed Force for the first time on the show. If uh, if you know Flash, you know from the comics and the cartoons, <clears throat> this is huge. Talking about the Speed Force now, the Speed Force is like what gives like speedsters in the DC universe, you know, their power. And a few of the speedsters have merged with the Speed Force. We've seen, you know, flashes vanish from the Speed Force, and we've experienced an infinite crisis. Uh, any number of things can happen now in this TV series. Now that they've mentioned the Speed Force, it's just like, what are they going to do with it? It's exciting that they brought it up, though. This is awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that. Harrison Wells, um, I his his character just confuses the shit out of me. I all the theories now about him, like I think it was uh, fuck, it was uh, Dustin Porter on Twitter. He thinks that Harrison Wells could even be Bart Allen. So Kid Flash, fucking Impulse. I don't know, man. I, I he blew my mind with that statement. I'm, I'm thinking it's Barry from the future. Now, I don't know, man. There's so many fucking theories out there. My mind is blown. I'm feeling real bad. I'm nowhere near, like, ready to even start the fucking Flash. Mm. I'm still trying to get caught up with Arrow. And I'm still buried in the first season. Yeah. I'm behind. I gotta get fucking caught up. And now now I'm wanting you to watch Doctor Who? Uh, You want me to switch and do these instead? No, I'm saying, like, I want you to watch Doctor Who on top of, you know, getting caught up on Arrow. Well, I can handle it. All right. I'm getting slow, work-wise. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, Flash executive producer Andrew Kreisberg, he spoke about the Speed Force in the TV universe, and this is what he said. Right now, the Speed Force is a little bit like the Force in Star Wars before midi-chlorians came along. It's an enormous thing, which hopefully for comic book fans will make them feel like we're heading in a certain in certain directions. For right now, it's a catch-all phrase that speaks to the grander universe and a grander power and ultimately grander abilities. Because yeah, once you are like once you can get like uh, in. in uh, once you can uh, become a part of the Speed Force, once you merge with it, you, like speedsters are granted like crazy abilities. Oh no shit! A lot more abilities than 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 before. It's it's very cool. He says if you know the comics and you know about what having access to the Speed Force gives you the ability, uh, what the Speed Force gives you the abilities to do. So yeah, this is crazy. Um, we could see maybe second, third season. You know. Barry merging with the Speed Force, and we get a really, really powerful Flash. Holy shit. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this, and I'm <clears> glad <throat> that, that they did drop uh, the Speed Force in this. As a comic book fan, and as a huge fan, Flash is my favorite DC character. This makes me really excited for the series. So. Good deal. Um, also in the show, we found out Joe West is doing a secret investigation on Harrison Wells. Joe West being, you know, Barry's adopted father after his father was sent to prison. And now he's doing this investigation on Harrison Wells with Eddie that could really harm his relationship with Barry if, you know, if and when Barry finds out about this. Because even though Harrison has kind of fucked over the team before this last episode, he kind of redeemed himself in their eyes. And, you know, Barry has said that you're more of a father to me than than anybody you know he looks at him as a father figure and he's even moved back in with joe west after iris has moved out and now living with eddie Mm. 
But I mean, this could put a strain on their relationship to where, you know, he, he's like, I can't believe you're doing this investigation on Harrison Wells. What is this guy? You know, what has he done to you? Blah, 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 blah. And then, I mean, he might not be looking at Joe as a father figure going forward once this is revealed. And he might be leaning more towards Harrison Wells. And I mean, we don't know what Harrison Wells' intentions are for Barry. So it could be very dangerous for Barry. Right. But, man, shit's really opening up in this Flash show, and I'm loving it. I got to get on the board this shit, man. I'm not I'm not sure if Arrow changes tempo. And I like Arrow a lot so far, but uh, it doesn't seem like it deals with a lot of uh, superpowers or anything like that. Does it change? Does you, it start dealing more with that stuff? You're going to get into a lot, lot more, like, costumed characters okay. in later seasons, and it really opens up. So. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's not uninteresting so far. I like it so far. They're still... Doing a lot of flashbacks with the island and stuff and yeah. his uh, fighting and that. But, uh, yeah, man, it sounds like a Flash like whole, it has a whole different tone. Like, almost everybody's super. Yeah, yeah, you've still got, like, that, you know, the freak of the week. It was nice to see Pied Piper. And, you know, we had the second appearance of Captain Cold, and that was cool. Uh, but I'm loving the Flash. It's just a fun show, dude. Just yeah, so much fun. Uh, Flash executive producer Andrew Kreisberg, he has confirmed the appearance of Gorilla Grodd, and it may happen this season. Really? Here's Kreisberg's tweet. Just showed a little Grog VFX in honor of Jeff John's birthday, and it blew our puny human minds. (laughs) Hashtag Grodd lives. Hashtag the Flash. So Gorilla Grodd is going to be VFX. So, man, they have got to be dropping a lot of coin, in my opinion. In order for it to look decent, yeah. I mean, yeah, dude. We've seen fucking uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, man, that shit's tight. Yeah, dude. And, I mean, how in the world are they going to be even close to doing what they did? You know what I mean? He's a fucking ape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm hoping it doesn't look like that fucking cinematronic thing from Chuck E. Cheese back in the day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> from the uh, Rock of Fire explosion. Yeah. That old man what, oh, it used to be uh, Showbiz, Showbiz Pizza Place before yeah. they changed the fucking name. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I love Showbiz. <laughs> I, uh, I got kids, and I've only ever been there one time. Learned my fucking lesson quick. What's nope. <laughs> bad idea? Oh, gosh. No, you don't go there with kids. Like, you, you, it's a sacrifice, dude. You go there and you let them into population. Yeah. And then you go sit your ass down and then hope nothing happens. Right. Like, you kind of half-ass, like, listen for your kid to scream, but you hope they don't because if they do, you got to go fucking wade through the masses of tiny people who their heads are no hot, t- higher than your waist. Uh-huh. They're rude little shits. They'll be pushing and knocking India and not even giving a fuck, and you're trying to find your one little kid that's screaming. No, fuck that. This <laughs> is horrible parenting advice. Don't go let to, your, let no, your, This is great parenting advice. Don't let go your to, kids run around and just listen for their screams. That's why you That's don't basically go. what I heard. No, well, that's why you don't go. Ah, oh, fuck. Kids screaming again. <laughs> Well, no, okay, so, like, you go in there, like, have you ever been there as an adult? Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. 
Well, hell yeah. Okay, see, I I, I, you, I go when there's that big ball, big area where you got the little ball pit. Yeah, the uh, slide fucking jungle. I'm gym playing thing. the games when I go, dude. I'm I'm. Well, yeah, they got the games in there too. Yeah, I'm ski balling it up. I'm playing the Mario Kart. You know, I'm playing the alien shooter and shit, dude. I'm not, you know, I'm not running around with the balls and stuff. Like at least like the one in Peoria is like walled off. Like the uh-huh. play area is like actually got a wall and a gate you got to go into. Right. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, the rest of it is like the restaurant area where people sit. Yeah. And you go in there and that, that that's what you see. You see all the parents all on the one side. Right. And the heathens all in the other. Yeah. So it's a fucking nightmare. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to, I like the one time I went, I was trying to be the good parent and go check on him and make sure he was okay and play with him. Yeah. And it was a fucking hell in there with those little shits and all the other parents are just over having their fucking soda, talking about taking their dogs to the groomers and what the fuck have you, right. while all these little animals are running amok in this fucking fenced-in area. Wow. I mean, they got security and shit up there to where, like, you you stamp your wrist or whatever, and the kid does the same thing. That way the kid can't leave with a parent who's not theirs. Yeah. You know, no kids can get took, which is cool, but... If you're a good parent, wouldn't you kind of be kind of with them anyway? Yeah, true. It, it, yeah, it's a little crazy. It's like totally not for me. Do I'm they the, still do the ball pit? Oh, man. I'm I don't to even look. think they do anymore. Like, more kids like shitting in them? <laughs> <laughs> Funny story. Uh, oh, I, no. <laughs> I worked at McDonald's. Uh, after oh. senior year of high school, dude. Right? Yeah, I, I got a story like this too. No, yeah. hook me up with yours, man. I got I got called up to the uh, office or whatever, and I got told you gotta go clean something up out of the uh, jungle gym thing. Dude, this is the exact same story that I'm gonna tell. What Holy was, shit! Was yours shit or puke? Mine was shit. Mine was puke. Okay, so we had different ends of the same thing. Yeah, some, yeah. Some little kid crawled up there. And puked this fucking Happy Meal right down into uh-huh. the fucking glass where you could see it. It was one of the clear ones. Right. So you could see it from down below. Not so and happy. No. And I ain't a little <laughs> was guy. It, was it chicken nuggets? It looked like cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. It's fucking nasty. Oh, fuck. And then, uh, so you got this damn fucking tight... You got to crawl around all these fucking stair things. And, I mean, I ain't little. And that sucks. You know, it's like, you know, at least like in a, you know, like a maze. You know, like a mouse running through a maze. At least Uh at the end of the maze, he gets like a piece of cheese. Like, you're going through a maze and your whole goal is to get to some fucking vomit. That's bullshit. (laughs) To clean it up. To clean it up. Yeah. So I'm like crawling through this fucking thing like I'm a kid. Right. right? And, there, I mean, I ain't like super fat or anything like that. But, I mean, I'm a little bit bigger guy, 200 plus. And uh you're, you're not like the main guy in uh, daylight. You're not doing parkour and shit flying no. around through this fucking, you know. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Uh I mean, yeah, 6 foot tall, 200 plus. And uh so I'm up in this thing and it was it was in the highest fucking part. Right. And I'm up there and it's supposed to be secured and the weight limit's like 275. I am not that big. Yeah. And uh I'm crawling through and one of the beams must not have been installed really good. I mean, I'm not in fear of this thing falling, but it's fucking rocking. Yeah. While I'm up in there. So this Are two, the kids out of this yeah, thing? Yeah, two kids are out. Okay. There ain't no more kids in this thing. I can imagine kids like freaking oh out. God. Oh yeah, ain't nobody like, going in there. They're yeah. all screaming about it. Somebody yacked up in there. Yeah. Uh so you go up in there and the fucking tube's round, right? What did you take what did you take to like clean it up? <laughs> For towels and some disinfectant shit. Oh man. Yeah. So I mean I'm crawling around with this stuff 
and I get up in there, and this tube's round, so it's moving, so it's really liquidy. The kid must have had a lot of soda, which perpetuated the vomiting. Right. And it's all slushing around. I about fucking puked when I was up there. Fucking uh, nasty-ass shit. Yeah. Ah. That's disgusting. Yeah, it is. All right, so here's my story. Okay. I'm working at McDonald's when I was, uh, when I was like, I think I was like, you know, 17 to like whatever. I was working at McDonald's. And of course, yeah, yeah, they, they, there's an emergency out in the playground. Some kid like took a shit. <laughs> so, so, apparently, you know what I mean? Like there's a bathroom inside. <laughs> right. Like what, you know, the kid's just like, ah, fuck it. I want to play. You know, the kid, kid's like, I ain't got time to go in there and take a shit. I'm just going to shit on this mat. And you get the worst end of the deal, too, because a kid can vomit on accident. Right. But this kid apparently must have had some, like, fuck it, I'm dropping my drawers. So yeah. Don't end up in my pants. Exactly. <laughs> this kid thought about this. like <laughs> Premeditated. Premeditated. Like, you know, dude, I got, I got some playing I got to do. You know what I mean? And so he's like, you know, fuck this shit. You know, time is of the essence. <laughs> I got to drop my drawers and take a shit right here on this fucking mat. Oh, God. So he didn't do it, like, up in the maze and shit. But, like, I was up in the maze anyway because the kids couldn't remember where the shit was. Oh, God. You're hunting for it. I'm hunting for the shit. Yeah. I'm like uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> in the pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that the last of no, the last movie? <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Skull fuck. Gosh. So I'm looking around for this pile of shit. and Okay, I'm up there, and I'm, like, walking through the tube and stuff like yeah. that. And finally, like, this one kid was like, I found it, I found it. And it's on the mat. So, like, they got the mats on the ground. So if kids are running around like jackasses and they fall, they won't hit your head on, like, concrete and shit. Right, yeah. Right. So, uh, okay, uh, so I, I don't know if uh, Loose Bowels McGee is still there. <laughs> I don't, I never saw the kid who took this shit, but there it is. Here's the shit. I'm staring face to face at this fucking turd and I'm like, Oh my God, how I, you know, I don't want to use my hands to pick this thing up. I've got gloves and everything else, you know, right, like I yeah. am decked. Hazmat. I, yeah, exactly. I, even if I'm in a hazmat suit, I don't want to use my actual hands to pick up the log. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Yeah. So I figured out this thing. This is what I did. I had a bag and there's the mat and I pushed the mat kind of t- together close to itself right yeah sure. and i did that thing where like you pop it back okay I, you know what i mean yeah like, you got something on a mat and you push the mat close together and then you pop it and whatever's on the mat it's going to pop up in the air uh-huh so here i am i push the mat together i pop it and the turd goes flying into the <laughs> oh air oh my god yeah so this turd is airborne right <laughs> it's in the air like this is like going in fucking slow motion and shit right and all these kids are watching this right so the turd's up in the air i pull the bag open and on the way down i slide the bag underneath the turd it lands right in the bag and i swear to god as soon as it went in the bag all the kids started clapping <laughs> I swear to God, all the kids started clapping. They're like, great. And so then, you know, I just sprayed down the the mat and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, I had to clean shit. You cleaned vomit. Gosh. A long time ago, I had a dog. And uh, when he would drop ass outside. Too bad you didn't have the dog with you that way. They eat vomit and shit. Fuck, don't remind me. Yeah. Yuck. Uh, So whenever he'd drop deuce outside and I had to pick it up. What I do is I take the Walmart bag uh-huh. and just have it over my hand, mm-hmm. reach down, pick it up, and then just pull the sides of it around it, and then like basically turn it inside out, so I never have to touch it. Right. So that worked out pretty good. Yeah. 
Here we are talking about how to pick up shit. Yeah. These are life lessons. Take notes, everybody. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to move on to some DC news. <laughs> some of these movies might be shit. <laughs> Where's my bag? <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street actress Margot Robbie, who has been cast as Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad film. She talked recently with Superhero Hype about how she's going to approach the character and how much of that Wolf of Wall Street accent that she had in the film will make it to the screen. And here's what she had to say. None of those things have been set in stone at this point. But according to the comics, she's from New York and I think Brooklyn. So there may be a slight, I couldn't imagine it would be as strong as the Wolf of Wall Street accent. The lingo will be the difference between that and the other character I played in Wolf. But I don't know yet. We haven't spoken about it. So I think she's going to do justice to the character. I, I, I think she'll get that accent down. I have more faith that she's going to be able to, you know, be able to, after Wolf of Wall Street, be able to do Clay, you know, like a, a quirky uh, Brooklyn accent than Channing Tatum would be able to do, you know, his Cajun accent. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we've at least got a chance to hear it. It's the same accent, but I think the easiest way, and like comparing it to some of the uh, animated films I've seen, uh-huh. um, easiest way for her to do it is just to make it not quite as pronounced, but make her voice just a little bit more nasally. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think that'd be, that'd be just perfect. Mr. Joker. Yeah. 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 Mr. J. Mr. J. Yeah, I don't want her to sound like Annie Potts in Ghostbusters, the secretary, no. but yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a softer voice version of it right. whereas like annie potts is like the hardest most aggressive version oh, yeah of she talks yeah real, really nasally yeah like almost like she's not even opening her mouth her nose is fucking talking <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> I, I can't talk through my mouth and my nose <laughs> right <laughs> oh man yeah um let's see here so in suicide squad news warner brothers is looking to cast rick flag senior and is still looking to replace Tom Hardy for Rick Flagg Jr. And they are considering Carl Urban, who was rumored to play opposite of Jason Momoa in Aquaman, to now possibly play Rick Flagg Jr. These rumors come from JoeBlow.com, who says the studio is looking at Ed Harris or Max Martini as Rick Flagg Sr., Interesting, okay. interesting yeah. choice. Man, they are going after some big names. They really opinion. are. And I, I, I really like the Ed Harris idea. I love the Ed Harris idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I could, I could see, I could see him as Junior. Yeah. You know, Ed Harris is kind of like, you know, to the Suicide Squad movie as, uh, you know, Robert Redford was for like the Captain America, the Winter Soldier movie. Right. And, you know what I mean? And He'll- I do see Ed Harris doing a better job though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are also saying that Joe Manganello is also, we talked about Joe Manganello earlier as like possible Punisher. And if you're not familiar with him, he's, uh, he played the werewolf in, uh, True Blood. Right. Uh, he's also in Magic Mike. And he also played Flash in the Sam Raimi movies back when he was clean shaven. Right. He's and been on How I Met Your Mother. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, funny side note. Uh, yeah. John Barenthal was also like in a real bit part on How I Met Your Mother. Was he really? Yeah, like the first or second season. Uh, I can't remember who Ted's talking to. He's trying to like bring a guy up to a girl. Yeah. And it, it's just a random dude and it's John Barenthal. He doesn't even have a speaking line, but 
his hair is all long and curly and shit, and he's just kind of like got this like expression on his face, like Keanu Reeves, like, ha, whoa. It's funny how like when you see that for like the first time, you don't notice it, of yeah. course, because well, yeah. you're not familiar with the actor. But like mm-hmm. later on, you see some of these actors, like they're like, oh my god, I recognize him. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, we, I pause. I'm like, holy shit, you know who that is? Yeah, dude. I, like I've noticed so many fucking actors like like that were like that got their start in Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Scott Wolf was in an episode of Saved by the Bell. Just played like a member of the Glee Club. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, fucking Luke Perry from 90210 did a Kit Kat commercial first. Or no, it was Twix or something. No shit. Yeah, fucking That's weird. Funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, Clooney. Joe- Clooney. Didn't he do Roseanne. One? He was in Roseanne. Yeah, that's right. And he was in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes Part Two. Right. And I think there was also a uh, a fucking commercial he did way back in the day too. I just can't remember what it was. Oh, um, I don't know what the commercial was Fuck. either. But I know that uh, what's his name, Joey from Friends. Okay. Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, Matt LeBlanc. He got a Coke commercial first. Okay. Michael J. Fox was in a. Uh, mcdonald's commercial that was his like big breakout right yeah yeah i mean these people come from all over the place olivia munn uh she was on attack of the show she attack co-hosted of the show. yeah and then she was in magic mike too yeah bared her boobies yeah and chris pine was in her <laughs> so <laughs> oh shit um let's see here uh i would love to see Joe Manganello for Deathstroke. I think that'd be kind of cool. Good role for him. And I hope it happens and I hope it kills all those fucking Joe Manganello Shazam dream castings that people are talking <laughs> about. I just can't see him pulling off the childlike stuff. Even though he was funny in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. I just. He's, he's always too much of like the bro. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, oh, fuck. There was a movie he was in too where he was kind of like that, that, that guy too. Yeah. It's not like he couldn't play off like a childlike character. I just want him to have more of a childlike face and be able to pull off childlike <laughs> expressions. It's the beard. It's the too good beard. Yeah, you don't want to sacrifice the beard for the part. Exactly. Ask Harmon. I mean, look at that beard. That's a glorious fucking beard. Back, Hell yes. Back to Harmon's beard. That's right. See, it's full circle. Yeah. The circle of life. I should never do that again. <laughs> never again. <laughs> Will you ever do that? <laughs> I, I pictured you singing that and cleaning up vomit. <laughs> the circle, and you're just wiping vomit. <laughs> circle of life. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking that uh, Brian's whole story is going somewhere else because, like, the kid had like malice in his heart when he dropped the deuce. But no, you fucking come out looking like the shiny hero, like. Like, yeah. Like, like after the turd hits the bag, I imagine you like winking at the camera or yeah. some shit. Oh, totally, dude. But me, oh, whoops. Me, my fucking, uh, my fucking glorious story ends in me running out of paper towels and having to crawl back down to get more because it's not all wiped up yet. Dude, actually, after that happened, I was hoping it would happen like a few more times. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I could become like shit. an expert at it. You know what I mean? Like I could do like that whole like push the mat together, pop it back, watch the turd go up in the air, and I'm like doing it behind the back, catching Holy it in the shit. bag. You know what I mean? I'm like fucking like Tom Cruise and Cocktail. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just doing amazing things, but instead of like flipping like, you know, bottles and shit, right. I'm just catching turds in bags. You know what's going to happen though? If that was the case, uh-huh. you'd be going to town with this shit and owning it and all that stuff. Right. And then, like, in walks the future love of your life and you're stunned. Yeah. And while the turds in midair, it drops right on your head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it 
boom, all done. Yeah, <laughs> that probably. Uh, you know what? That's probably. I probably would. I probably <laughs> did get saw by like seen by the love of my life that day, and that's why we're not together. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's he's awfully good at picking up that shit. Yeah, why is he so good at picking up that shit? Yeah, <laughs> is he practiced? Oh man. <laughs> Okay, let's see here. Uh, Joe Blow, they also talked about the Joker and Batman's existing relationship in the film. They said, the Joker is scarred all over his body because of his battles with Batman. He plays mind games with people and twists their minds, and everyone is afraid of him. Are we thinking Stapleface? Possibly. I'd love to see Stapleface Joker. That'd be cool. We haven't seen it yet. Yep, only in the Snyder comics, only in the Snyder run. And Snyder said he's doing, ah, uh, this kind of has me worried. I love Scott Snyder, but in the comic books, Snyder is going to do his last Joker story. And I think what he's doing is the origin of the Joker in the New 52. Okay. I like mis- mystery behind the Joker. I don't want a, an origin story, but I'm, I love Scott Snyder, so I want to see what he does. But he said it's his last joker story which has me worried for two reasons could he ruin the joker for me because he did such a great job in death of the family but also on the flip side is like is his run on batman running down i'm I'm worried about that i I don't ever want to see him leave the fucking book because it's that damn good i mean he, he introduced the court of owls which is like one of my favorite batman stories ever I don't know, man. I mean, I'm with you on the whole mystery thing. Yeah. That's always been the biggest deal about the Joker. And one of the coolest is that you don't know who he really is. You don't know where he really comes right. from. I'm I'm a little nervous about that actually existing in the wild. Uh, final thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, they talked about, uh, Joe Blow talked about Cara Delevingne's role as the enchantress in the movie. And how she's really powerful and instrumental in the film's prison riot finale. So, okay. I don't know. I guess there's a prison riot finale at the end, and I'm guessing like the Joker gets free at the end of that, and and other things could happen. Um, you know, they're talking about uh, Eisenberg, Lex Luthor being in this movie. I've also heard that he's trying to get himself into other movies too. So he could be like instead of like you know how the Marvel movies they have like the Nick Fury appearances at the end, right? That you we could get a bunch of Lex Luthor appearances in all these movies. True, yeah. Uh, but you know he might be trying to uh, recruit this enchantress for her magic abilities, and in the comic books, Superman's had a problem with magic, you know, Krypton and magic. Those are right. kind of his two weaknesses. So, man, I, I could see some ways that they could tie these together. And that could be a good catalyst about why it is Batman v Superman mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah. And then I like the whole tying it into their existing relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you could probably hear him be referred to in Batman v Superman as being like this ominous, scary thing. Right. And then throughout most of Suicide Squad being the same thing. And then at the very end of that, boom, he's let loose. And this is really the reason why we have to have the Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, for all we know, we could be getting an Injustice League. Right. Where Joker and Lex kind of team up, you know what I mean? Sure. I don't know if they'll go that way, but I'd be down for it. It'd be cool. Tyrese Gibson has been ca- uh, campaigning to play Jon Stewart, possibly, the Green Lantern. And uh, a few days ago, he posted an Instagram pic of him driving into the Warner Brothers studios that said, I don't talk, I move. Hashtag WB. Hashtag Green Lantern Mission. So 
maybe him petitioning some of the fans behind him, maybe the WB let him come onto the studio to kind of talk about like, you know, him playing uh, Green Lantern. And, and I, I see them not going with Hal Jordan, you know, after the Ryan Reynolds movie. I right. see them going with a different Green Lantern. Yeah, and that only makes sense. You yeah. can just di- differentiate yourself right there, right from the jump. Right. Um, Ezra Miller from the Perks of Being a Wallfowl Hour. He talked with HitFix about how happy he is that he's going to be playing the Flash in the DC Cinematic Universe. Here's what he said in his interview with HitFix. So I'm going to cue up that audio. Ezra Miller as Flash. And congrats on the show and congratulations to you. The Flash is a huge deal. Um, I'm wondering uh, what it feels like to know what your your big movie and your big projects are going to be three years from now. It's a mixed bag. I must say I feel really happy about it in one way because the idea of like actually having a steady job in my life is actually incredibly comforting and something that I didn't ever necessarily think I would have. And then of course there are the like, you know, the moments of responsibility dodging adolescent me that dwells inside that is like, no, I don't. I don't want to, but that's a very small part. That at this point is a diminishing voice, and I'm every time I think about that reality, it makes me extremely happy. You look kind of happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You hear it in your voice that you're stoked. I am really stoked, and I would do it. I would do it for forty years. You know what I mean? Like that contract could have said anything. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. Ezra Miller's The Flash sounds like he's really excited to do the movie. That contract could have said anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be making some big money in these films, man. Firstborn. So, I Executive think... producer gets to do anal on him. Wow. <laughs> You're talking about the actual contract. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just joking around. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, it's just teasing around. Yeah, he gets that. <laughs> it could have said you have to pick up, you know, shit from the other actors. Right. If they're per- shitting on mats, if they're vomiting. <laughs> Perform multiple hand jobs at staff meetings. It always goes back <laughs> to sex with you. <laughs> it does. I don't know why. Oh, man. Jeez Louise. <laughs> um, I hope you're not saying that because he's gay. No. <laughs> no, I didn't even know that. Oh, you didn't even know no, that? No, 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 not at all. I had no idea. Yeah, Ezra Miller is, uh, he's out. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, no, I had no idea. I wasn't being disrespectful. Okay. I just said that about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Equal opportunity handcuffs for Frank. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep. yep. A little, little bit of schlicking for the ladies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Okay. It's midnight and it's it is it is it's getting late. All right, let's see here. Uh, Where are we? Um, Speaking of actors who are excited uh, with their upcoming roles, Jason Momoa talked about Aquaman with the Daily Beast. He said it's awesome as an actor to know what your future is going to be because I have children and I've busted my ass. To put food on the table. It's awesome knowing that I'm going to be in the Justice League because my son is the biggest Batman fan and my daughter loves Wonder Woman. It'll be cool for them to see me in something because they're not going to be watching Game of Thrones or Red Road anytime soon. But now they can see Daddy kicking ass in IMAX. I've had to bust ass to be in this industry. A lot of things are very black and white. 
Aquaman is especially cool because being a Kanaka, my, my, uh, can't pronounce this. My Hawaiian is horrible. I've really got to work on my Hawaiian, Frank. Okay. He says, a Kanaka Maoli being Hawaiian, our gods are Kanaloa and Maui, and the earth is 71% water, so I get to represent that, and I'm someone who gets to represent all the islanders, not some blonde-haired superhero. It's cool that there's a brown-skinned superhero. I like that. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. You know, he started off on a, on his, his first gig was Baywatch, so he was a lifeguard, so now this works his way back into the water as Aquaman. Yeah, pretty much, so, there you go. Yeah, it all comes full circle. Yep. Yep. I like it. Uh, yeah, he was really good on Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. He, Kyle Drogo. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was awesome. One yeah. of my favorite parts. And intimidating without being able to speak a lick of English. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, he was speaking a made-up language, so it mm-hmm. was all facial expression and intensity. Yeah. So that speaks volumes about him as an actor. I'm glad that he didn't get the role of Drax. I mean, he was rumored. I'm glad that we got Batista. Yeah. So, but I don't I, think he would have been a bad Drax, but... Yeah. Batista was so good. He was. I can't imagine anybody else. Right. Yeah. It's just like one of those roles. Like now, I can't imagine anybody else but exactly. Batista doing it. Yeah. So um, we're gonna move on to Star Wars news, and then we're gonna wrap the show. Woo-hoo. So it's night. It's night. It's night. It's night time for Star Wars news. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking. I'm gonna finish the episode like this. It's midnight, dude. What? Uh, what? What accent is that? I have no idea, Frank. No idea. I have no idea. No, that's Russian. It's now time for the Star Wars news. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to slip into a little something southern. Something southern? Something southern. You sound like uh, you, like, you want to drink some sweet tea on your porch right now? Sweet tea's big down there. It is oh, big like down they, there. They, you ain't shitting like uh, Popeye's. <laughs> Frank's oh. like, let's get real about sweet tea. I ain't shitting you, man. <laughs> From the south, you are. Uh, you gotta be like they they do like that sun tea shit too yeah. down there. Uh, not a lot of people do that anymore because of the possible botulism that you can get. Yeah, but like uh, a lot of people still do it. Yeah, and then uh, I know like uh, five six years ago I went down to Alabama and Popeyes they sell sweet tea like by the jug down there. Like sweet tea goes like soda goes here. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. 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 It's crazy that we're talking about fucking sweet tea, Frank. Uh, we slipped into accents, man. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. All right. All right. It's now time for Star Wars news. You got What's a Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, uh, did you hear what uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger had to say recently about Star Wars? No, no, no. We have dates for the next Star Wars films. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, we know December 18th is dedicated to Star Wars Episode 7. Yeah. And this news hit the internet via Get Your Geek On, and here's what Iger had to say. As of, uh, he says, as one of the few people allowed to visit the set during filming... And one of the viewers who've seen most of the footage, I can assure the millions of Star Wars fans who have spent the last decade hoping for a new movie, this one will be worth the wait. And it's only the beginning of a new, steer, a new era of exceptional Star Wars storytelling. 
Next year, we'll release our first standalone movie based on these characters, followed by Star Wars Episode Eight in 2017, and we'll finish the trilogy with Episode Nine in 2019. Nice. Don't have exact days, but yeah, two years apart. They're not doing three years apart, like you know the original trilogy and then right. the prequels. Yeah. No, I'm okay with that. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. They don't need probably quite as much post-production as what those did either. At least the uh, prequels. Yeah, well, it sounds like they're fast-tracking it. I think Ryan Johnson's like doing work right now, man. More than likely. I, I don't know. You know, I don't think they're doing pre-production, but I think you know they got things in the mix and things in the works already right now. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Dave Gonzalez. Yeah, but it's cool. We got we we know when we're getting those movies two years apart. Pretty awesome. Disney, man, I mean, they're back, you know, back in Marvel. They own that, too. They are all about getting this shit lined up. Yeah. Disney's a machine, man. Uh, Dave Gonzalez of Latino Review says that there will be new huts in The Force Awakens. Really? Yeah. So, you know, of course, in Return of the Jedi, Leia kills Jabba. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we saw other huts in Phantom Menace. We saw, yeah. you know, at the beginning, uh, the yeah. pod race, the huts came out there and mm-hmm. rang the bell or whatever the fuck, and there was another hut there with them, Mrs. Yeah. Hut or whatever. Jabba and old Jake would know, I'm sure. Probably. <sighs> I, I can't remember the other one. Pizza the Hut. Pizza. <laughs> Spaceballs. Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what I like about this, there's some good takeaways from what Dave Gonzalez said here. Uh, we remember the Phantom Menace. Not Phantom Menace, but uh, yeah, Phantom Menace Hut was CGI. Yeah, and then you know when they when they did the um, the original trilogy. Yeah, that they, special cut extended yeah, thing. They uh, they did the whole thing of uh, you know Han walking on the CGI Jabba, right? And it looked very very awful. And you know the thing is too, I didn't get it at the time, but I get it now. Like the original films stand on their own without any additions or anything like yeah. that. Um, and you look at like that extended scene with Han and yeah. the digital Jabba, it may have been cutting edge for them at the time, but now, however many years down the road after they tried to implement that in, you watch it and it looks cheesy as fuck. It was horrible. Yeah. I didn't like it when it came out. And, 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 and the reason they left it out is because it didn't really, it didn't really fit with the story, but they wanted to show that deleted scene. The original Jabba the Hutt wasn't even Jabba the Slug looking creature. It was just a, a, like an overweight man. Yeah. He was wearing furs and yeah, shit. That's why like when he walked behind him, they showed the funny little scene of him walking on his on, tail. And, yeah. Whoa, it was just so stupid. Uh, but, uh, Dave Gonzalez says that these huts are going to be built, practically built for the movie, just like Jabba was in the Return of the Jedi movie. Good. Um, they, he doesn't know how many, uh, of the huts they will feature in the film. But he says definitely more than one. Um, as far as how they might factor into the story, this you know, there's speculation. Uh, though some of the early concept art uh, that they had shown depicted Leia meeting with the Huts, and they think that it might be to possibly explain why she murdered one of them. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. So. Because I mean, if I remember right from the things I've read in the past. They've got, like, their own little ecosystem, whatever, of, like, smugglers and all that mm-hmm. shit that they regulate. Right. So, like, taking one of them out, it's kind of like taking somebody out of the mob. Yeah. There's a hole there, so as opposed right. to getting retaliated on, it makes sense that she'd be talking to them. The Hut Sopranos. 
<laughs> that should be in, that should be a spinoff movie, right? Right. Jabba needs to find big pussy. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> pussy the hut. Pussy the hut. <laughs> oh oh <man>. yuck. <laughs> Uh, well, that's squishy. <laughs> after you get done with Pussy the Hut, you might be hungry and you can go on a Pizza the Hut there. <laughs> Pretty so, much, yeah. You, yeah. Need, you need one beard to eat the one yeah. so you can eat the other. I'd be the one having to clean up after Shit the Hut. <laughs> shit the Hut. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be cleaning up Vomit the Hut. Oh, my God. You know, I wonder if they're... Oh, no, that's so, that's bizarre. I'm not even going to say that. Oh, please don't. Jesus. It's bad if I stop myself. Yeah, it is bad. I'm, I'm telling you. Part of me wants you to go there. Part no. of me is just like, oh, God, there's going to be... You're going to say something so bizarre, and there's just going to be like this long pause of me trying to like soak it all in. All right, you want it or don't you? Do it. Go okay. for it. Fuck it. <laughs> you said shit the hut. Yeah. So maybe like you have this one fucking perfect turd that's like semi-solid and you can take a toothpick and like draw eyes. What? <laughs> you could like draw eyes on it. Uh-huh. Make it like and like turn it. It's like a tail. Yeah. So you take this turd and like you draw a picture on it. It can be shit the hut. Shit the hut. <laughs> shit the hut. Why not take those? You know, the, what are those? Like uh, you go to like the craft store and they got the little the the eyes, the bouncy eyes. Yeah, the little plastic those. eyes, and you can just pop those in there with like the black corn. Like Mister Potato. <laughs> yeah, like a Mister Potato Head. <laughs> shit the hut. <laughs> Actually, we could just make that. Oh, shoulda. <laughs> you know, we could just make that toy for kids. Shit the hut. Right. You could start production in about 20 minutes. Well, back in the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It comes with like a prune juice and some fiber one. You know? Make your own. Make no your own. No 3D printer required. Well, that's how they used to do Like uh, the fucking uh, Mr. Potato Head back in the day, they didn't have the plastic potato. They just used real potatoes. Yeah, it was a real potato. Yeah. Yeah, that was back in the day. I remember <laughs> like when we were kids, wasn't that right around the time when they actually came out with like the actual plastic body? Yeah. It's like, wasn't that the thing? Yeah. Because like, oh, I remember those. You could, Oh, you can snap his eyes in and his mouth and it doesn't make a mess. Right. We're fucking old. Yeah. We almost come back from the days where they played with potatoes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jesus, we just said that. <laughs> yeah. You do remember, like, My Pet Rock? Yep. That wasn't a thing, like, when we were kids, but 10 years before, that was, yeah. like, a big deal. Uh-huh. And, like, Slinkies. Yeah. I don't know. When I, when, I be, when I was 12 years old, it turned into My Pet Cock. Once I figured <laughs> out how to master it. <laughs> You know what I greatest mean? Greatest day in your uh, life. Oh, it was. It was the greatest day of my life. It's a callback to an episode. Yeah. It, it really is. was. Uh-huh. Oh, man. What a magical moment that was. Saw this dorkly video uh, the other day about, like, in real life, what would happen if, uh, like, a alien tried to get with a human. Like, they use super, uh, Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're messing around and, like, they're getting ready to do shit. And he drops his pants, and he doesn't have, like, a regular human dick. Yeah. Because he's an alien. Right. He's got, like, these all these fucking, like, tentacles. It's like Medusa down there, all these snakes and shit. Oh, gross. Like, like, well, this one's for sex, and this one's for peeing, and that one's cartilage. And she's, like, about ready to vomit and stuff and leave. He's like, well, are we doing this? <laughs> no. And uh, he's like, but it's your apartment. And she leaves, and he sticks his hand down his pants, and he's like, jig, jig, ow, jig, jig, ow, because they're biting him. It's fucking weird. That is weird. <laughs> Glad you brought that one up. <laughs> you wanted to go there, goddamn. 
<laughs> you took us down that road. I did warn you. <laughs> He's got like a Swiss Army knife dick. It's it seems like. Yeah. If I find the link, I'll post it on Twitter. Cracking beers open with one. Uh, I'm sure he could. They were, they seemed like it was like a multi tool of possible pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, and then like he he was misunderstood about a woman like a human female's anatomy. Mm-hmm. He said, "I can't wait to stroke your horn," and she's like, "My what?" He's like, "Your horn. I have to stroke your horn to soften it before my something penetrates your membrane." It it was it was funny. It sounds really bizarre, but it was funny. It was, it was a dorkly comic, so yeah. So it's somewhat legit. Can't wait for you to post that one on the Facebook page, Frank. No, I got I only got access to it. I'd have to post it as a fan. That's uh, why I got to do it off my Twitter. Because I can't you be do, restrained. You do understand why you don't have access to the Facebook page, Oh, right? absolutely, because of this. Yes. I totally know. Right. I'd be posting pictures of superhero dildos. I know. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Hey everybody! You know, Guess here, what? I'm posting pictures of like. <laughs> Look at my dick. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm posting pictures of like. Oh, this is what you know, like uh, Terry Crews would look like a Silver Surfer, and then Frank on the flip side, it's like, hey everybody, check out the uh, you know, the Incredible Hulk's veiny cock. <laughs> and that's why you don't have access. I completely understand, but I'm free reign on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm unleashed. Frank Unleashed. Uh, let's see here. MovieWeb.com had an article about the new Boba Fett movie, which is now rumored to be Boba Fett slash Han Solo. So those two together in a film. Okay. Um, answer, and I think, I think with, if that's the truth, if, if it's going to be Boba Fett and Han Solo in the same movie, I think this kind of like answers some of like our fears of like, can you do a movie that's centered around a villain or a gray character like Boba Fett? Easy. Pair him up with a popular, another gray character that is a little bit on more on the light side. Yeah, a little bit more on the light side, but even in his past, I mean, Han's got a dark past as oh, yeah. a smuggler. Uh-huh. So it'll be interesting, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I could see him playing off of each other really well. Yeah. Because maybe at one point in time, Boba Fett's actually on the side of good. I was kind of, I was kind of just kind of, I was kind of excited to see just like a, like a Boba Fett solo movie. And I thought like, if they wanted to get a good director in there, they could have got the director from Nightcrawler who showed like Jake Gyllenhaal's character as being like a complete, you know, asshole, like this complete villain, but it was still a compelling movie. I followed a villain the entire time and I really enjoyed the movie. Hmm. Get that guy in there to direct the Boba Fett film. But that, I don't know. I think that could have been pretty cool. Right. Yeah. I'd have to see Nightcrawler to get what you're talking about, but yeah, I, yeah, I like the idea. I, I, I find that. Uh, I'm more drawn to interesting villains than I am interesting heroes. Yeah, I mean, you look at like the uh, the Batman movies. You usually like, you know, Bale is good, but I mean, usually it was the villain that was more interesting, like Heath Ledger's Joker. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and even like you know, in uh, Thor, you know, Loki was always more interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Disney and Lucasfilm, uh, this comes from MovieWeb. I'm just going to read what they have. Disney and Lucasfilm's entitled Gareth Edwards directed Star Wars spinoff is start, is starting to come together, although we still don't have any confirmed plot details at this time. Last week, a report surfaced that the story will follow both Han Solo and the bounty hunter Boba Fett with the production gearing up to start shooting in Mexico. Today, we have a new report from 
iQuiz, which reveals that Michael Fassbender is the front runner to play the bounty hunter Boba Fett. Holy shit. It isn't known if the actor is in negotiations or if a formal offer has been presented to the actor at this time. Now, this might make sense because I think – I don't quote me on this, but I think Michael Fassbender dropped out of the Assassin's Creed project. That's correct. Okay. Yep. I knew you would probably know that following the video game side. Yeah. Yeah, he dropped out quite a ways back. I don't blame him. I, I think no, it was – I mean it's been something they've been talking about forever. It sounds like it's been like in uh, pre-production hell and it, just get the fuck out. You get that problem a lot with a lot of these video game adaptations. Yeah, they're hard to adapt. They really are because yeah. you have to condense what a lot of times is fleshed out anywhere from 15 to 30 hours of gameplay plus into a two-hour movie and have it make sense. Mm. That, that's yeah. a lot. I mean, in, in some of your really, really good, well-written ones, like uh, The Last of Us, yeah, or what this Dying Light seems to be, right? That's a lot of character development that you miss out on, and that's part of where they fail. Yeah, you have no connection to the character, and it's hard to cram one in. Your connection to the character in the video game is you're playing that character. Well, right, but a lot of times, I mean, you know, there's growth, twists, turns, just like any good movie, plot twists, and things like that. And then, like, to see the reactions to stuff that happened to them, when you take somebody, I mean, and a lot of times, the development of that character, like, they go from an asshole Mm -hmm. to someone who really cares about something, and, like, you can get behind why they were an asshole in the first place. Sometimes in just a two-hour movie, when you're trying to introduce the characters and the world and all of it, it's just too much. Especially for just one movie. Exactly. I mean, by the end of it, you might start to get there, but then it's like, okay, we've got to make this a trilogy. Right. And with these video game movies, it's like, are we going to see a Prince of Persia 2? Definitely not. From Jake Gyllenhaal is not going to come back. It'll be a directed fucking Blu-ray movie. A lot of what they're trying to do, and Microsoft has done this, and Sony's trying to do it too, is to make a lot of these like little miniseries things. Yeah. Like they tried with that Halo Nightfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to try to flesh it out that way. Yeah. Which is not a bad idea, but they actually need to be good. Yeah. That's yeah. I heard the, the production's kind of shit. It is. And... Um, it's a work in progress. I don't think it's anything that they're ever going to give up on because it, it's too lucrative. It's way too much of a tie-in. You get the story right. side where you can watch it, and then you get the game side where you play it. So There's video game movies that I'd love to see, like, if done right. Like, I'd love to see A Legend of Zelda. Yeah. I would love to see a live-action Hyrule. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would that would love, be badass. I would love it. And I would love to see a live-action Castlevania, but on the flip side, you know what I mean. You've got to get a you got to get a guy in there that can play Simon, you yeah, know, and that's Simon hard. Belmont that's gonna like you know knock your socks off. Um, and then I don't want it to turn into Van Helsing. On the flip side, exactly, it's like finding the right balance between a simple concept that you can get into on the fly for film, yeah, and also with enough of a, a story, enough of a hook. To get somebody invested to sit there and not interact with that world yeah. for the two hours or whatever. Right. It, it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, back to the Star Wars stuff. Uh, the story is reportedly set before Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And it's speculated that the plot focuses on the relationships between Han Solo, Boba Fett, and other criminals, which could be the Huts. While we don't have any further details on the story, iQuiz's source reveals that Boba Fett is actually a mantle as opposed to the name 
of an actual person. Boba Fett is a mantle. The name, the ship, and the armor gets passed down to a successor. That's how he is brought back for the films and explains the character for later stories. I like it. You like that? I like that a lot. I really do. Um, and I can also see them, too, like rubbing elbows at a cantina. And Boba Fett totally, like, giving him shit. Han being like, yeah, I got away from you last week, didn't I, or whatever. And Boba Fett being like, oh, just you wait. You're going to screw up. I'll get you, like, this time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could almost be playful. But, like, you could tell they totally fucking hate each other. Yeah. um, I mean, uh, but going back, is it going to make sense, like, going back and watching Star Wars episode, you know, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi? Okay. When, When, you know, there is, like, you know, they are in the same scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's not too much interaction between the two. Well, it's like game time there, though. Yeah. Shit's going down. They're not right. just, they don't have the opportunity. I mean, not that they would, but I mean, it's not time for talk then. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they both, like they're like was said in that report, they both know the same villains and other But you're saying, like, they're like friends that. and shit. Well, no. Like, I could see them maybe bumping into each other in ah, the film. Okay. And then talking shit. Because, like, they know each other. They've encountered each other before. Gotcha. Okay, so not, like, really a friendship or a bond. I no, mean, yeah. right. Like, they hate each other. Like, if there was an open bounty on Han yeah, right then, yeah. Boba Fett would be on it. But, like, due to his code or whatever. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Right. No open bounty on this dude, but I know his ass. He's right. going to slip up. I'm going to get him. Yeah. On the flip side in that scene, like, Han Solo uh, just came fresh out of the carbonite. He couldn't see shit either. Right. So... You know, yeah, because when they were on the scaffold, he was yelling at him, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? Yeah. He he didn't even, I mean, it was all way too much action, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really like the whole thing with Boba Fett being like a moniker instead of like a name. So like it, it lends more weight to the character for me looking back at that, you mm-hmm. know, scene in particular, yeah. Boba Fett, like, like the baddest ass ever, where? Well, and then it also opens up that like if they do it that route – the original Boba Fett did die in the Sarlacc pit. Right. Somebody else picks up the moniker. Exactly. Didn't somebody report something about finding some armor, or was that just speculation for Vader? That was speculation. Okay. I was going to say, if there was any truth to that rumor, then maybe it's not Vader's armor that's found. Well, there was, like, the... Wasn't there the um, the artwork of somebody, like, holding, like, a busted, like, Vader mask? Uh, somebody holding it? I can't remember. I, I remember th- hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the story goes on to say, if that is true, I'm uh, talking about the mantle. If that is true, though, it doesn't explain how young Boba Fett is shown in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, along with his father, Jango Fett. But perhaps that mythology is dealt with in some way in the spinoff. The unidentified source also reveals that Disney has even more plans for Boba Fett in the future. Fett fans are in for a few surprises. They, Disney, get the cult status of the character. So you're going to see more Boba Fett in the future. Chris Weitz is taking over the writing duties on the Star Wars spinoff with Tatiana Maslany reportedly being cast as the female lead, although that report has yet to be confirmed. While it isn't known when production may begin on the spinoff, we know that the actor will be shooting X-Men Apocalypse in Montreal starting in April, so it's possible that he could just shoot the spinoff after wrapping on X-Men Apocalypse. That'd be a pretty quick turnaround, though, right? Yeah. 
Damn, that's fast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Michael Fassbender That'd in the pitching. Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah, I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah, we just got a cast. I mean, I just want to see, like, good inter- – <clears throat> like, if he is going to be, you know, a young Han Solo, they've got to cast a really good, a really good Han Solo <clears throat> for him to bounce off of. I want to see them kind of, like, around the same age, too. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, oh, I, he's so good mm-hmm. in uh, first class <clears throat> and Days of Future Past. Oh, he was – Phenomenal. Starting to lose your voice there, Chief. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Yeah, don't sweat it. Something got tied up in there. Um, yeah, but man, uh, Han Solo, man. I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, who could play a young Han Solo, man? Because, I mean, we've heard the Aaron Paul rumors and blah, 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 blah. I mean, who can go back and forth? Because that's going to be the biggest thing. Like, when these two do come into contact, you want great banter between the two. You want good interactions. Like, who is Fassbender going to be able to bounce off of? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, fuck. I, I'm thinking in my head somebody like along the same – not Hall, but like along that same vein – but I can't think of anybody who would fit the bill for the age. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough, man. Having a hard time trying Fuck. to figure out a young Han Solo. Somebody like in their mid-30s. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm not going to say Bradley Cooper. I'm not going to say... <laughs> He's not, in everything. I'm not going to say Chris Pratt. Yeah. Jeremy Renner. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Han did shoot first. Yeah, so if any of the leftover army, if you have any suggestions on who could play a really good young Han Solo, let us know, because right now we're drawing blanks. Not Aaron Paul. <laughs> Not Aaron Paul. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm going to get some hate, but I, I don't think so. You're fine. I mean, I, you're the expert. I'm not, like, the biggest Aaron Paul. Well, I mean, the only thing I've really seen him in is uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to say I'm judging him too harshly, but, like, that character where they went with him... He's a good actor. I just don't see him as being able to take over like a playful or serious, confident Han Solo. Yeah. He was, you know, like a, a thuggish rogue or whatever at the beginning and had faux confidence, but it was sadly misplaced. Right. I mean, he's like the loser who would have got caught and locked up if it wasn't for Walt. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I just don't see him as being Han Solo. He was good in that, great in that, but nah. I just don't see him being able to stand like toe to toe with Hell Fassbender no. and scenes. No, he quiver and cower. Because I mean, I saw him in Exodus: Gods and Kings, and dude only got like four or five lines, and he was not impressive. So yeah, I don't know, man. Hey, that's uh, this is episode seventy-seven. Uh, episode seventy-eight is next. Seventy-eight might be, might be talking about uh, what is it? Jupiter's ascending. Is that uh, – oh, yeah, that comes out on February the 6th, you 6th yeah. yeah. So next episode, I'll probably be talking about that. If you want to catch it, catch it. I mean, Yeah, I'll have time. I'll have time. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to see The Loft, James Marsden, Carl Urban. Uh, but uh, this has been episode 78. Hey, get us those email submissions. Uh, title them, This Show Sucks. <laughs> Give us an email drop. Put your own personal twist on it. Have a lot of fun with it. Make it about 30 seconds or so. Uh, send those emails to uh, popcultureleftovers at gmail.com. Don't forget about the live tweets uh, that are coming up. We'll have Jake talk about that a little bit more next week. 
the uh, live tweets where they where you get on Twitter and you get the live tweet a different movie, a controversial comic book movie. I think the next one is Iron Man three. Iron Man three. Yeah, Frank. Any last words from you, Chief? Uh, no. <laughs> that was inspiring, was it not? Thank you, Frank. I got fried chicken waiting for my ass. <laughs> All right, fried chicken for Frank. Woo-hoo! All right. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us this week. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture, leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over Culture pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, and with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. Hello, hello. Yeah, you know, you're a fucking idiot, Brian. <laughs> what happened? I had dude input to input uh, output to output like <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot dude <sighs> shit all right recording one two three no fucking sucks it sucks to be me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>